Weird Science is the revolution. Weird Science is the revolution. Hello, Weird Science. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? Weird Science is the revolution. Hello, Weird Science. I like to kill it. Weird Science is the revolution. Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm your sexual Tyrannosaurus, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 395. 395, here we are, Eric. We have a bunch of books and not all bat books. That's that's a little bit of a difference, right? Well, from last uh, week. Well, yeah. Also, I mean, if we you still have two in the first section. We do. Well, we always do have that And there's that Nightwing, as well. which you consider a bat book as well, to a degree. Oh, my. How about Catwoman, Eric? Keep <laughs> Catwoman as well. See, we got a lot of bat books <laughs> well, this week, Jim. I mean, what are you talking you, about? If you do want to see bat books, just look into any of the entries of DC in the top 50 comic books sold as well so when everybody does money, complain, money, money. there is a reason there's a reason why they want to keep pumping those out in a uh, kind of a is weird it the quality week. well no it's the quantity oh. but still and it's the i don't know the the thing that sells but with that you end up having this week with crazy crazy things like oh my god the justice league they're all gonna die and how's oh, this no. gonna work and all that stuff and whatnot and i just thought to myself too with that i was trying to remember all of the you know, Justice League members that would be alive in Future State. This is a Future State thing because everybody oh. thinking that Future State Justice League is going to come into play now and all that rigmarole. We're going to have to see how things well, go. That is on. the case. We do know that in the Future State Justice League, the reason that nobody knew each other's identities because back in the day with our Justice League that's current going on right now in present times, somebody betrayed yeah, them. Yeah, somebody betrayed them. Well, it was Brian Michael Bendis, I believe, it was who betrayed them. Or, betrayed or us all. Somebody, you know, at the head of DC. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what all that means and what's going on. And me and you were talking about it in our spotlight and even some things later. Where when you end up having the announcement, I kept looking at that announcement, like really like keep saying like not Superman's dead or Clark's dead. Bruce is dead. It's just there's no Justice League book, but there's so many other options that you could just well, do. I'm in guessing the meantime. that you're not going to be able to like say like verbatim just because they have like, you know, here's the Superman coffin and the Wonder Woman coffin and the Green Lantern coffin and the Flash coffin. Like. But who is it? And I'm sure it's not going to be the characters that you think are going to die. Yeah, and who is it? I think those are empty coffins that they just don't know where they went. I think they zap out I just somewhere. don't know how we're going to do it because everybody's losing their minds. That, you know, we have all of these Green Lanterns on the cover. How Jordan front and center? I'm like, where's John Stewart? I how know. are they going to do oh, John no. Dirty like this? And all I'm doing is like, John's a freaking new, new god right now, a mortal guardian. I don't even know how you'd kill his ass. Yeah, well, we'll see. That's the weird part. And, and again, like I was saying, you end up where it really was centered on like almost like Joshua Williamson who did the announcement and stuff didn't want to lie didn't want to be called a liar so you have to look at the verbiage of it there's not going to be a Justice League book for a while doesn't mean that there's not the Justice League incarnate Justice League Detroit Justice League Quaker Town that's a little different and not saying who it was is to be coy to go with all of that and it all coincides with the death of Superman as well Uh, but I also think that even if it is the case you also don't want to you know, be caught in a lie or something like that. Because in the solicits of that mod, you have new things starting in, say, Detective Comics with Batman fighting the Riddler. But will that be, you know, of the past? Will it actually be Bruce? Or we'll will to, it be Method we'll Riddler? We'll have to see. We'll have to see well that it might be. Uh, but we'll have to see how things are going and everybody losing their mind. But we have a bunch of books here tonight. A lot of books came out this week, a lot next week as well. In a birthday week of Lady Jessica. So me and you are going to have to record weird next week. 
We're going to have to record dirty, as you say, Eric. I say that? Now, before we get into all of this, though, go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and then go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can help us out for all this stuff on this feed, but get a lot in return as well, a lot of podcasts, and this week, the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, uh-huh. they ended up picking the classics, Black Manor number five, right? Right. We end up finding out the plan of old Devil Ray. Who oh, oh, that Devil Ray. And also Wonder Woman number 783, where we got a dead man that's quite unlike a lot of dead men that we've seen before. The most powerful dead man you've ever seen in your life. Seriously. He is probably he's the, he's going to save everyone or kill them in the process. We don't know. Flash Gordon going to save everyone? Maybe, one of us? This, this dead man could do whatever he wants. But if you want to hear us lose our mind a bit on those books, go over to the Patreon. But with that, let's give a little shout out, a little bit of a prop giving roll call to the badasses who what picked them those props books. you're saying huh all the props they had there you like buying props right have you bought a prop have you yes. actually ever bought one oh, of course i have great. you have i'm saying all this i'm trying to desperately get to my deal ronnie g comics and pop reviews ted probes i love punchline michael s boris Polly, cam Joseph Wojcik, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Matches Malone, Niels T. Wart, David Fink, Joey Baratasco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G., Ken Howard, Comic Boom, Iraqi, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jigger, he buys props, that guy. Sure does. Algen Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Loma Marv, Luke Hollywood. Luke Hollywood buys manga in languages he doesn't read or speak. That's weird. Well, Simon, just ahead. Luis, yes, he's going to do that. Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, our man Rob Lewis, a B. Murr Brandy, who is getting ready, already drunk for the Bills game. I mean, he's smashed, and Double A Ron. But isn't he always smashed, though? All time Reggie. Double A Ron? Well, that too. I mean, Double A Ron, he doesn't come to the party sober. Why would he do that? I think that Double A Run is probably the life of the party, but then when he wakes up, doesn't remember the party. He's like you, right? No, no, then- you got to say that because you did some really terrible shit the night before, and you want everybody still to like you the next day. I don't remember what happened last night. I blacked out. That isn't really the life of the party. Then I, I grabbed what on who? Yeah, what? Huh? You're canceled. Oh my! Yeah. I was yeah. I was blackout drunk, and they're like, "No, you are just an awful piece of crap." But. Yeah, go uh, over to the Patreon and you can become a badass and be in that grand old roll call if you want, but also pick all the things that we do. But a shout out to all the other patrons as well. But we have a bunch of books to do, so let's get right into it, starting with what is the weekly book, Eric? Very weekly uh, with that. And who knows what theme might come about? I mean, hey, man, maybe. Hey, 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 oh, man. you mean the theme into the next yeah, section? Maybe. Like, are we looking for an overall theme to Detective Comics? I, I would like to find one. I'm, the tarot I'm gonna, card, I'm gonna, destruction, the tower. I'm going to struggle to once we get into it. There's a little bit of a foreshadowing, but we'll go off to that right now. Down. 
Yes, Eric, and here we are, and the lunatics have taken over the asylum, but awesome. are the lunatics running? Are they running the asylum? Where are we, the I lunatics? No, but we end up having the weekly book, which is the Shadows, Shadows of, the of the Bat book, but the, the story is called The Tower, <laughs> and but it also is Detective Comics, and also The Boy, Eric. I mean, The Boy. Who can forget him? Is it actually called The Boy, or is that just what you and I call it? That's what it says in the okay. solicits, which made me laugh every time I do the solicits. And meanwhile, in the backup, the boy. It just becomes like, Mystic River in my mind. Then we're going to know how they all. It wasn't me. It was the boy. And then I get sad because I was su- such a messed up freaking movie. It is funny, though. In this, you're like, that's the intriguing part, I guess. Who's the boy? Who's the boy? And I wonder if the ending actually means anything like oh my god it was the boy it was him or whatnot we'll You'll see only find out when he becomes the man yeah then he's just the man but who isn't never the trust man? the man you're a dumb man eric is what i say when i high five you i love doing that right uh but we do end no. up having you know some bat books here going on a little superman i i always say that i forget to put the john kent superman book the son of kal-el in its proper position in this first bit, because I still think of it as more of a Superboy book, even though it's a Superman book, and that's on me. I don't want to be a don't hateful be man out. or anything like that. But with that, I feel like crap. Are you ready to go? I feel like crap, and I I ended up I kind of told a little story. Well, we end up where the, we had Little Caesars in town, right? We we like the little keys. I love Little Caesars. There's a new place opening in that building. In that part of the deal where little caesar's was so and you're telling my me this destroys all hope that little caesar's would come back someday. oh yeah that's never coming back <laughs> but my my son's logan and rave saw that and ended up calling to see you know what they got or whatnot they were going to order something when they answered the phone there they said that they weren't open till monday okay and right. so rafe ended up oh that's a shame whatever and they said well come on over right now we'll make you a pizza all right, all right. And he's like, all right. And they went and picked up the pizza, called me and asked me, should we go there? Like, I don't know. This is or is this real, some kind of sex trafficking? Am I going to be taken, Daddy? This is a intricate deal to set up that, some freaking, you know, human trafficking. But whatever, if you get that pizza, bring me a piece. That's all I care. So they did. They're not did. coming they, back. They've already been shipped they, over they to They ended Europe. up getting the pizza, and they did bring me a piece, and I, I ate it. And then I started getting weirded out of like, is this the perfect crime of him? What crime is this? Are they poisoning me now? And why was would very, they want to poison you? I, because why would anybody do anything? I mean, it, for serial killers, all these things. The <laughs> motive, motive here is called motives. The motive is is that they're insane, and oh. they set up a shell corporation pizza a place shell to, corporation. to murder people. It's the insane. You don't need to have a shell. Co- it could be a real corporation where they murder people. What's more insane? Them wanting to murder me or giving out free pizza nowadays? Well, I don't know. Is giving you know word of mouth around town, like hey, there's this new pizza place. I'm going to give it out some free samples so people might tell their friends. Yeah, it's a weird free by sample that you, ha- you had to call them in, in, in a weird way. But it was okay. I'm not saying it, the marketing's great. I'm just it saying. It was very salty. It was salty. Not that it was yelling at me, Eric. It was just salty. And uh, But it opens on Monday. And then I said to 
Rafe and Logan, this kind of goes into your deal as well. I said, did they give you a menu? So, oh, no, no, they don't have a menu yet. I'm like, oh, well, they've oh. done messed up. <laughs> I mean, what did they do here? But, yeah, I feel weird now. And I don't know if it's just I'm afraid that I'm being poisoned. I, I, I swear, though, every time I talk to you and you say you eat anything, I don't feel good. Anymore. I, I feel like something might have been going on with this thing. So I, I, maybe you should just go on a hunger strike. No, this is yourself. the idea. This is the idea, though. Usually when I say that Until I Until you get your mind right, you ain't going to eat no more Twinkies. My tummy ache. I hate Twinkies. I have a tummy ache, Eric, or I got the runs, what I like to call the sprints when I get them. But this is feel bad, not in the way of I feel sick. I actually feel a little loopy. And I did when I like almost like, is, was that a meth pizza? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll see how this goes. Why would you uh, be I'm afraid of a meth you. pizza? That's going to make you feel good. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, really, if I'm dizzy. Here's the thing to get you scared. Thinking of me and how you know me, I actually feel very happy and like optimistic. Something's up, Eric. Something's going wrong. I just think and I put you in a good mood last night and it's continued on. That's why I say I don't feel right. It's not that I feel sick. I just feel like crap because it's opposite of what I usually feel, the misery and the darkness. Maybe it's just positive, Jimmy, coming into town. 2022. Right. Will that last through this first book, Eric? I doubt it. It is Detective Comics number 1049, The Tower, part three, part of The Shadows of the Bat. Also, a boy backup. Written by Mariko Tamaki, pencils by Ivan Rice, inks by Danny Mickey, colors by Brad Anderson, and Ariana Mayer on letters. So we continue with this deal, and my biggest problem with Mariko Tamaki in any book that she has been on or now is on two is the changing landscape of what's supposed to be important and to try to get a finger and a thumb on what we're supposed to be centered on in, in her stories. This happened in the detective comics before this, where we end up having, oh my God, Mr. Worth, mouth monsters. Oh no, it's this, that, the other thing. It always seems to change and change in weird ways. This, the problem is I never got a clear footing of what we are actually dealing with. So I'm not as irritated, but I want to know I feel like everything feels disjointed still in the story to me. And it feels like you're getting these swerves that are odd with the idea of an Arkham Tower in the middle of Gotham. People don't like that, but we're going to do it. They don't yeah. like that. Yeah, they don't like that. And Nakano, he just keeps fucking up everything. So whatever he agrees with, he should do the George Costanza. Go with your opposite. Go with what you think is go opposite because you always keep messing up. But in this you start getting the party crashers where they're involved in the drug trade that's not really spelled out. You still have the kind of the who is on the up and up, you know, with the Dr. staff, Chase with Marid. Yeah, Chase says. But you also see here where Dr. Ware knows that Chase is a plant, but he says it in a way that is obvious because they did make her work oh, there. Yeah. That was the deal. He says it almost like he's figured out something. This is Nakano's plant. Yeah. It, it made me laugh because it did make me, it made me think of my cousin Vinny. When, when Vinny comes back with all the, the files, oh. you know, when he comes with the files, he's like, get this. I smoothed him over and he had to give me all they of the files. They gotta give it to you. <laughs> and that's what it felt like when he's like, yeah, and we know that plant. No, no, you know that because it was full out right there. We're yeah. putting her here. People have to watch saying Yeah, so with that too, just in that, because you get this mention in this where you do have Dr. Ware talking to, I mean, not a real nonchalant undercover party. This girl comes in looking like, you know, the she's a street kid. It looks, but she, she comes in. She's she, got drug money, so she could buy any crazy kind of apparel that she wants to wear. And she it's, decided to it's go the little love child of Punchline and freaking Miracle Molly, and just comes in, is. comes in, goes right to 
the main guy's office known, you know, party crasher. And that's weird. That's a weird play. Well, that's the thing is when I think of stuff like that, you remember in the movie RoboCop where you had the bad guy, you know, who played, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy who played Eric Foreman's father from uh, yeah. that 70s show, he was the bad yep. guy in there. Yeah. Uh, and he would just walk into OCP and go to freaking Richard Cox's yeah. office. Like, but he was at least a little bit better. Do like, you think if he showed up looking like this, like they were, Maybe There's no be, way. You know, a little bit more suspicious about a that. A little, a little. Now, because or of is it like I need to go talk to the head of medicine here at Arkham Tower. Obviously, I'm crazy. Look at the way I'm dressed. Now that now with that too, though, the idea of going and talking to the head of Arkham Tower and not actually just being committed the way she looks there, the fashion police are after. Her. But I thought that it was a weird play because when you start this out. The main start, cool. Well, one of the main starts is she actually looks like she could be like a pink lady, but an updated version to be like new Gre- Grease Five. But you end up is that what where the G stands for in a jacket. Exactly, it's Grease. So you end up where you have this beginning, and you have this thing with you know about Anna Volsian and all that stuff going, leading to her having a little bit of a therapy session and trying to figure out movies. And it's, it's a weird and, start. And that's, a, that's a weird continuation of what we had last issue where I started liking what we were getting because it was more of a straightforward kind of storytelling instead of the jumping back and forth that we had with the first issue. But in that one, it was Anna Bosch talking about, do you smell that? And then Chase Marin, yeah, you know, Anna Bosch is talking about a smell lately. Has anybody seen anything that's going on? And you would think that themselves? would come up, right? And in this issue... Now we have, you know, the, the character Siphon and also Anna Volshin talking about a movie they watched and the idea that throughout this, it's all calling back to the idea of like, do you remember what this movie is? Maybe it's a show, but I don't remember this and stuff like that. So it's this complete like through and through of the story with this idea. And I have no idea why it's happening. Is this the idea? And I'm just guessing and I'm asking you, is this the idea where when they bring up, oh, man, you know, I know these, uh, you know, this movie, it was my favorite, but I can't, is this supposed to show us that their minds are kind of being, you know, wiped a little or they're, they're in days, but I couldn't either. And that's, these are the swerves and the things that I never you have, understand. You, know, you have arts and crafts time where everybody's allowed to have sisters for some fucked up reason, but the idea like, you know what, they're not supposed to talk about violent movies, but psh, they just do it anyway. And freaking you have siphon this here cutting out freaking but like, you know, cutting out little things in paper that are the shape of human bodies, almost like they're just laying there like dead on the ground, almost like chalk outlines. I'm like, maybe we should get him to stop talking about violent movies because he's doing crazy shit. Not only that, he's drawing crazy shit as well, talking about a, a violent movie. Maybe we should stop this. Yeah, maybe. And I think that it's supposed to show you that this stuff is not really working. It's just working. Whatever they're doing to the patients drugging them or whatnot it works in an overall way but it's not really sticking it's not something that's going on some things are peeping through whatever the case may be but the thing that gets me with the party crasher later is when you do have you know kate she shows up and the the best deal of i better get in my costume where she's just looking like they have to show us that she also has another red wig so that when she gets in as, you know, the doctor, we know it's her. We know it's her. Oh, that's and the thing. You got short hair, like you got short red haired Kate. You got slightly brighter, like, but like longer haired Batwoman. And then you have this regular red long haired of Dr. Frau. Dr. Frau, not much of a disguise. We laughed about that last issue. Now, she gets in and the first deal before Dr. Chase Meridian comes to her is kind of like the setup of. Okay, congratulations, you got a job here. This is the front desk receptionist giving her her cards and her pass cards and stuff and says, 
You only can go to this level, this level, that. Everything else is off limits to you. Can I go back to Ocean's office? Yeah, and once you go to Now, with that, though, then it feels weird then later for me to have this party crusher. I don't necessarily know where Dr. Ware's office is in this right. whole deal. But to be able to have her just seemingly walk around and just Not go to like office. she made an appointment. Yeah, but I don't think that there's appointments that you make. Like, you right now, you're going to make an appointment with the head of a tower that's an insane me. asylum. But that's not. The, but why would he know a party crasher? She's no Man, party crasher. I'm not going to tell this you all, who he knows. This is what I'm know. saying. This is all wrong. It's all not set up well. When you say that this place is locked to actually doctors who have been hired, and yet you have this party crasher just go to Doctor Ware's office, where you have the Bat family just watching it as it goes and know of it. It's 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 off. It's Mariko Tamaki just shoving it in your face. That they're not on the up and up. This shows that Ware is not like on the up saw, and up. We saw uh, Dr. Farrell get interviewed in Dr. Ware's office in the previous issue. No, well, I know. But that was that. But this is a known, pretty much, you know, criminal. A, a known criminal who's there. I've never they, seen her before in my life. Yeah, but they're, they're even saying there she is. She just got prescriptions, right? But they know that she's there to grab drugs. So she has to have been known. It's not like they don't understand who this girl is. And it, it's just there. Just she just walks in. Nobody says anything. Nothing about it. But with that, like I said, Doctor Ware, he's not on the up and up. It's all bullshit. He ends up saying in this, "We're we're trafficking drugs through you." So there's the one bit, and then mentions this idea of things can't get screwed up until we get that check well, from Nakano. The idea we have Arkham Tower now. We're waiting for the six million dollar check Nakano's doing, so everything has to run smoothly in the Arkham Tower. So he'll sign off, even though it feels like he already did sign off because he's the one who put this plan in motion, which it felt like. But we're going to get money for the hospital that Nakano has been pushing this whole time. But I don't know how we're already in motion and having the drugs that we're you know smuggling out with the party crashers when we don't have money already. Like where is the initial money coming from that we're supposed to get more money later after we're open for about a month? And again, this if this was done. In a way where he's saying this to, you know, chase, you know, Meridian, where it doesn't have to be as nefarious. He can say, well, I hope that the, the staff is doing well and everything because we really need that check from Nakano because we're going to up the program. He's telling it to this young teen party crasher in the way of we got to get this. You have a guy in here, one of your plants in here that gets the drugs out, this Mark guy. He's been doing some wacky things with Anavulsion that Kate ends up seeing. So you got to tell him, you know, and knock it I'm off. I'm going to go back to the room. I'll take you back to your room. And then Batwoman's like, no, nah, I don't know about all that creepy guy. And this ends up being like your your guy's rocking the boat 14 days in, asshole. Stop it. We got to get this check and nothing can go wrong until we do. And so this is where me and you were talking. Especially your guys, it starts getting a little handsy and people start asking questions or complaining more than Dr. Frau. Exactly. Now, with that, a guy getting handsy. The I'm only getting thing, handsy with the, the lunatic cell. The only thing I can think of. So is, take your handsies. After 14 days. God damn it. So, I mean, this guy's quick. Uh, but with that, like, what's the play here? If, in fact, if, if me and you have an insane asylum here and it's a tab, whatever, and we're waiting you for some funding. Home, yeah, we're waiting for funding. And then all of a sudden it's shown that, you know, a janitor, a maintenance guy, he got handsy. That's not going to bring He's the whole, He likes to fuck. It's yeah. And that's who I re, it reminded me of it completely. It's not going to bring the whole operation down unless that is the OK. How did this guy? It starts a trail, which I think there might be anyway. But in 14 days and it might bring the whole thing down because I don't think it would. That's just one. With. This is one piece of crap guy. If you end up saying, I mean, you would have to the thing that would cause the problem. 
well, where are his references? He probably doesn't have any because he's there to, to funnel drugs out. So there's the problem. He might squeal. So, But with that, what are the drugs they're talking about? Because me and you were talking of the idea at the beginning when you ended up having this whole thing set up. We have a miracle cure. Well, let me uh, tell us who, what the drugs are. We uh, we don't have any record of drugs coming here. Well, you know, I can't I'll say sure that I'll yet. I'll tell you later on. Yeah, I'll tell you later. And yet it seems like what the play is here is there's something We're else going on. Drugs. We're going to use that and make pure money and also get that sweet, sweet six mil from fucking dumbass Nakano. And, and, and so with that, the villain, uh, which seems to be where, seems to be setting up where, like you said, they're not, the, the patients aren't really getting the drugs that they're Dr. supposed Ocean to. Is. And what you get here is where trying to specifically make more money on top of the money he's going to get. He's getting way too greedy. And this is what brings get. people down. It brings him down, but that's the idea too. We still haven't seen Doctor Ocean. His ass is still in the base of my mind. Freaking just tearing up the copper pipes, still trying to sell that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, himself. everything. I, seriously, probably, probably renting out rooms here. You know, <laughs> hey, what? What? He has. A, he, he found out that some Japanese businessmen like to sleep in bureaus or something. He's he's lost in that to deal. He's trying to do that. Yeah, really. Uh, he's he's double dipping, triple dipping. But everything seems centered on. You know, we got to get that check. We got to get that check. But in this, you even have when Kate shows up. Hey, can I go see Dr. Ocean? No. <laughs> Billy? No, you're not allowed to see. But, and, but we haven't seen him yet. And that's weird at this point. So something is well, obviously definitely. That's a big deal. Yeah. And, and definitely must be a semen of sorts since right. he is <laughs> Dr. Ocean. I think that Mark wants to be that. But when you end up having Kate come in, you get the nice Chase Murray. And hey, you want to go get a coffee? And they go and they start talking about the progress. But even then, the Chase is kind of weird. Like, I don't really know what's going well, on, but it really seems to work. with Chase for the most part. She's just, you know, telling us information we already know. Like, things seem a little bit weird here with what we're doing and everything like that. But we're not doing much with Murdy and Chase because we still have a lot of ground to cover with all of the Arkham Tower and just getting us to the point where it's just Arkham Tower Day, you know, a day all over again when the end of Ocean takes everything down. So we need to fucking build up a lot of stuff and we do that to a degree where we do find out that even though i don't think it's played out well like in the previous issue when nightwing says to kate when she comes down to the like one of the bat like the mini bat caves that they have in the sewer did you see her did you even try to find her and it was a weird situation and it is huntress in there and i don't even know why we're playing it up like this because huntress outside of the bat family because of what hugh vile did to her with that mouth monster now she has that psychic connection to anything violent it seems like she has checked herself into Arkham because she wants the, the screaming in her head to stop for and it seems like it's outside of that, and everybody's worried about her. But for some reason, Kate seems a little, just a little bit less worried, or maybe Nightwing's just a little too worried for what Nightwing should feel about this. And Huntress doesn't want to leave. Now, with that, what's the tell there? Because if she's there, and she is undercover, she wanted to go in as a patient. I don't know how you work that out, but I she's going to go in. I think it just might be her as Helen No, I don't think it is. Right? And even so, how do you end up trying to finagle your way in when this is supposed to be the violent ones? This is supposed to be the worst of the worst. There's Helena who shows up, and what is she going to explain? Oh, I got the mouth monster visions. So what's going on? I don't think there'd be a specific treatment to treat her. So something else is going on with all this. That would definitely make Helena. She doesn't even explain herself, really. And then you end up having Kate up the lead because of this, you know, alarm. But this isn't even and like even it, the, we, the alarm's weird too because that trips off. But we don't know if like you know Helena tripped it off or anything like that or where why. And then just armed guards with tear gas come shooting at Batwoman. I'm like, 
This place is hardcore out of nowhere. Yeah, and and the weird thing is, this isn't this doesn't seem like Helena. I mean, she's like, hey, hi, what's going on? I didn't call. Well, you know, I'm checking you out. This is too much. She's like, nope, I'm not leaving. But we have a plan. No more plan. It's very odd. So something's up here. But yeah, the whole mouth monster and maybe like everything else with everybody does seem docile and stuff like that. And like the idea that they don't want to leave and will play nice with everybody else. Maybe Helen's getting Helen is getting this treatment as well, and that's why she's acting all kind of dopey and not wanting to leave. But again, that kind of I think that the play that clean pharmaceutical high, though. No, yeah, no. But I I think it is the play where normally you would think, oh, well, she's getting the right treatment. But that's not what it seems here. It seems like whatever's getting these people this, it's kind of keeping them, like you said, docile and in place and not wanting to really do much of anything but sit around. Maybe as Dr. Way would call cured. Yeah, I just think that Helena would say more of listen. I think they're doing great things here. I'm I'm actually getting some work done. I'm doing this. She's just like, nope, no more plan. Just real quick with I'm Kate. I'm going you bad And then Kate has to leave. Uh, and even in this, you end up getting, you know, a bunch of connections with Kate. Kate is like flashback Annie or something in here. Does that make she's sense? Li- she's lived an interesting life. Well, she has. But everywhere she goes, she ends up seeing somebody that triggers a horrific scene from well, before. There it is. Oh, my God. Here's the villain siphon. Remember when and then Kate thinks back that it becomes Escape from Witch Mountain? Like, what yeah. is it, Kate? It looks like you're remembering <laughs> it looks something. Like you rem- That's what she did with like, Animulsion, too. I, I, so. I, went, I took down Siphon with Batman years ago, and now here he is, and he seems fine, except for, you know, cutting out paper mache freaking, you know, the body parts out of freaking stuff. I don't know. And so what's the play here? The play here to me is that he's still a little wonky. You know, he got this going on. Hey, they like to listen to the or watch the violent movies, and they're not allowed, but we let them. Hey. But Kate having a flashback just to show us that she knows this guy, and it was another. We know that everybody there besides Helena well, the is a is, horrific murderer well, and violent. I think they want to show you that just for the most part because, like, besides from Mister Freeze, what you have yeah, like, Mister Freeze is an odd one there. Nero, Nero nineteen, Anna Volshin, and now Siphon. Siphon is an older character, at least, but I guess they want to say this is why it makes sense for Siphon to be in Gotham in an Arkham Tower, and you didn't really need it because Siphon's not a well-known. Like the only thing I could think of that he was in was like a Power Girl, like you know, story arc years ago. And so with that, the weird play here, and I don't know, maybe it'll come about, maybe it means something, but I don't think when you get to Dr. Ware and the idea of him just saying, hey, we want to traffic these drugs, I want to get this check, but it's almost leading you to think that this is a setup to get everybody that, you know, had freaky things in the past with Kate because of Anavulsion and now Siphon, but I don't think it is. I, I think, like you're saying, is to just show, but we've already... Stressed it enough that everybody there is a violent, violent killer. You even have it in here when you have, you know, some of the employees talking, well, my my grandfather, whatever, used to work at the old Arkham. And he says that it's crazy, the people that we have in here and they're, you know, getting cured. And and so and even said we have the worst of the worst, the violent. I just I don't know all the plays here because, like I said, Mariko Tamaki tries to it's a story going. I don't hate it, but I'm still just lost in what I'm supposed to be concerned most about and what is really going on here. Uh, even with the fact that we know by the end, Anna throws Dr. Ware well, out, out a window. Well, not even that. Even by the end of this issue, Anna Volshin, she's uh, off her meds or whatever it is that's keeping them docile because she goes and kills Mark who wants to get handsy with her and stuff like that. And in the still, like, you know, whether it's the room next door or just also inside the Arkham Tower, Helena still has a connection to violent acts that are going on. So she's feeling and seeing all this going on and losing her mind as Anna Volshin is killing, just ripping Mark up. Yeah, yeah. And and what happened if you saw and because you don't really see that what happened if you see that she's seeing through the other thing that marks the pe- I'm just joking. But you end up with all this going down with, again, 
hey, aren't you on your meds? But what meds are you talking about? Because it seems like there aren't meds. That's the miracle cure and the meds are being. So I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it just ends up swirling around in my head and the real villains, Nakano, for letting this shit keep going on and on and on. Oh, yeah. It's uh, but, a problem here. But yeah, by the end, you do have and I, I think that you have Helena in there. Just to be that kind of like omnipotent seeing everything narrator as shit goes really wrong. So we end that bit and then we have the boy back up, which it's okay. I, I don't, mean, the thing is, I've been liking moving. it for the most part. Like the idea that sending the boy to Arkham Asylum, like, you know, for the first and second issue, that's garbage because that's just a terrible thing to do to anybody who just loses their parents and now go spend the night at Arkham Asylum because the freaking no one's going to take care of you for the night. Just, just let him sit in a freaking couch at the police station overnight or something like that. Put a jacket over him. Don't send him to Arkham Asylum. But now we see that he's going to the Martha Wayne Foundation for boys and things aren't going well for him because Bruce seems to be playing favorites with this young boy here and everybody's picking on him because Bruce brings, brings him the best toys and pays him the most attention. So like, what are you doing, rich boy? Your daddy, Bruce Wayne, loves you more than like whatever. So he's getting the shit kicked out of him. The problem that I have with this is that we are already in a world where Batman is fighting the Joker and for some reason, Dr. Jonathan Crane is being hired at the Martha Wayne Foundation as a psychologist who's still fucking around with fear when the boys are asleep and already the scarecrow is like, this is not the Scarecrow's origin, so I don't even know what you're yeah, doing Yeah, it's here. weird. It's weird. And the, the case is, is like, there's Bruce Wayne. First off, I swear to God, he's trying to buy this kid's love because totally. the kid, oh, the bad people were the Joker oh, and the Batman. I didn't kill the Joker. Uh, he uh-oh. killed your parents. I feel bad. Throw some money at it. Here you go, champ. I hear you like the Ron Guidry. Do you know what I'm saying there? He's number 49 when he was in the Little League. That's one of Ron Guidry's numbers. But you end but up, you, Gotham you have Knights, no Jim. idea who Ron Guidry is. It's a Yankee. But you end up in, you know, Gotham, New York. You end up here, though, with the idea that he, I think he is. But there's Bruce Wayne, and they're going through applicants and things like that. And they're like, okay, who could be? Oh, what? This is that professor that shot the gun in front of everybody in class. Oh, I hire that guy. Who, who was called the, the scarecrow because of how bad he dressed. And then he got back at all his professor buddies who've been making fun of him and stuff like that. Became the scarecrow and used fear toxin on him. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, uh, but but Bruce, that guy. Obviously but he's qualified. Mr. Wayne, he has nothing to do with child psychology. Yeah, well, I don't care about that. I just like that cut of that jib. I mean, that guy's a real doer. And even the idea <laughs> that Gilbert. we have, it seems that Dr. Jonathan Crane, as well as Bruce Wayne, has taken a liking to the boy for everything he's gone through and how he's been fighting back and stuff like that. Just being a little trooper, really. But when, you know, this is all going down to the Scarecrow, his next plan seems to be, I'm going to get me an army of boys and I'm going to march them out with my fear toxin while they're fast asleep and they're going to come into my van and we're going to do fucking Scarecrow shit. I just don't understand because now it becomes less Scarecrow fear toxin and seems more like Mad Hatter freaking like, you know, brainwashing tech for all the boys just walking like, you know, single file into his van. And then the boy, he sees it going down, but he's not wanted because Dr. Crane likes this boy. So he's not going to make him be a part of the Scarecrow Club. But the boy goes and sneaks in anyway. He does an opposite home alone. Instead of he just jumps he's in then alone. and he's, he's there. with everybody else. He's going with them. I'm saying when they're counting <laughs> so the deal. Like home alone. Remember when <laughs> so they're, he, counting know, the, yeah. they're counting the heads and that kid gets out then. No, no, he's getting in. There's no count of heads. He's like, all right. And in that, I, I'm wondering. Like, what, what exactly is the plan here? Well, what is this? Are you going to get three of them, put them in a trench coat to knock at the door of Wayne Manor? 
Hey, Mr. Wayne, are you in here? It's me, the tall man's. I just imagine going back to another RoboCop reference in RoboCop 2 when that Little League coach has his team go and rob that stereo equipment store. Yeah, so like, so like different Bruce things. Wayne. I yeah. mean, seriously. I guess, you know. All we're going to go and take this and we're going to go and kill Bruce Wayne because you know what? He caused a lot of trouble for this boy that I really like. I, I love that, too. It's like, showing oh, man, too much love. The guy, the guy ended up showing too much love, plus got me a paying job. The nerve of this man. The nerve of him. We all have our motives. Some, yeah, I guess some, some aren't on the up and up, right? It's like Mark, the janitor maintenance guy. We don't know what that guy's up to with this handsy approach. I mean, I think knows? he just wanted to find someone to love that maybe who was so misunderstood, just like him, that they could understand each other. Well, first off, in 14 days, I still don't think you're allowed to do that at a mental institution, but still, no. I think he's I think he's getting full out. He's handsy. finding love in all the wrong places, Jim. Handsy, Eric. But yeah, so at the end, it's load up, guys. Everybody, Time you to know, murder Bruce pair Wayne. off into threes. We're going to get the trench coats. Which one he wants to smoke the cigar? And we're going we're to get the shit done. I it's going to be a thing. Like one of the Batman stories that I run is right, like concerning Professor Pig at one point. The story would start with a bunch of Dolatrons running at Arkham Asylum with bombs on the chest, and they would start blowing up parts of Arkham Asylum. And I can just imagine this is the same thing. It's not a Dolatron, but you just have a bunch of hopped up children just going in like a swarming Wayne Manor. Look at that one. He's like, you know, they all have that. But like the third of the like most, uh, the little kid. Look at that little boy. It's like me back in the day. So little, so so innocent. I'm sitting there. I'm like, where are we going? Scarecrows. <laughs> I, I can imagine me. I'm, I'm such a but piece again, of crap. I, this story, it's a very simple, like very, you know, classic scarecrow costume. He already looks better here than anything he did in Fear State. and feels like he's already done more than anything he did in Fear State. Actually, he is. He's doing more right here than he did. It doesn't make sense yeah. for like, you know, where we are in the timeline or why anybody would hire Dr. Jonathan Crane, but it is what it is. Steps. I'm looking at him there. I feel bad. It's me. If he turned around, he's got the big man's sweater. And then, and then Crane's like, wait a minute. I didn't guess you or anything. I'm like, I'm just here to get along. I need somebody to act. I saw a group. I'm heading out. Let's go. Let's go kill this kind Bruce. Of follower. Let's go kill this Bruce Wan. I don't even know what you said. I'll do whatever you want. Give me a knife. I know where we go. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird play with the scarecrow being involved. And that's the thing that I think there's a problem with a lot of the writers. We've kind of joked about it week in and week out. The idea that you can't have any story without anything, you know, leading back to knowing. Ties back. Like the kid's parents were already killed by the Joker. He gets picked up by Bruce Wayne, goes to the Martha Wayne Foundation for Boys, and one of his doctors is Dr. Jonathan Crane. I'm like, this place sucks. After he's playing fucking, you know, patty cake with Clayface, like, you know, a few nights before. I mean, this kid, I mean, he's a magnet, this kid, but. You end up where it makes it silly then, in my mind, and, and it's less scary now that it's you just throw a scarecrow. Stone in hitting a super <laughs> Seriously, and everybody went to school or grew up with. Some, I, it would have been more of it was just like what looked Ghost like a, a regular, father. like just a regular doctor who ended up. We find out that he had some ties with with Bruce Wayne doing something and is trying to use these kids. But Scarecrow loading up his love van, heading no, off the no, Woodstock. Now, it is kind of those love children's fans. Well, I mean, he's going and he loves the kids. He it's showed his that, war machine. He showed that I'm just saying the, the crazy hippie van that he has. Van the of Volks, the damned. It's the Volkswagen van there that he's going to head to Woodstock next. So with all that, what would you give this? Thing is, I still like this book a lot. Like, you know, Detective yeah, Thomas like and what we're doing. I still like it a lot. Actually, I, would, I don't mind reading it all, and I look forward to it each and every week because I want to see what's going on with this Arkham Tower, especially even though I don't like Helena Bertinelli just having a psychic connection to all rage freaking that's going on now because it was just mouth monsters previously. Now it's everything. 
I like that she's here and, you know, she will be a thing, like a point inside to see what's going on. So we have that set up. I don't know if I like Nightwing being as furious at Kate about what's going on with her as he is, but it is what it is at this point in time. And I like Kate in there and the stuff that we're learning step by step. This issue wasn't as good as the last one. I'm going to give it a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I don't like it. And I don't like it because I'm just confused now of what I'm supposed to be concerned with and what's going on, especially when you end up Dr. seeing Ocean. Dr. Ware. Well, Dr. Ocean, we, we haven't seen. Dr. Ware just seems real intent to getting a check while also trafficking drugs. So he's the bad guy. Yeah. And then the thing with... It's what, of course it's a bad guy. But with that, we see he dies at the end. So uh-huh. he gets his comeuppance. So what, what is it all about? I mean, what are, we, journey, what are we really concerned about? Also, Helen has been in there the whole time. We knew that. We just see now that she might be under control of all the stuff. And if that's the case, why aren't people like, uh, you know, Kate? I mean, they're in there as well. Is this and and going with the idea is it drugs that you have to physically take? What's going on? I don't know. Also, we didn't even say at this one point after Kate gets up where they're having the coffee, and you have Chase Meridian go, "There you go again, Mace Meridian." I'm like, "What?" Thing is, I, I when we got started, I actually saw why that was because they wrote her name as Mace on oh, her coffee. See, at the but that, that ended up like that's not even a so it's a joke. But why even play? Everything's confusing in and of what you're supposed to actually be concerned about. They're trying to make in my mind. They got Kate's of, name wrong as well, tra- Doctor well, Froud. Yeah, they're trying to make and what is that? They're trying to make Anavolsion a serial killer who got off with you know high priced lawyers and things like that. And trying to make her now a sympathetic character somehow. You end up having, I smell something, but that gets lost in the shuffle again. And it, it just ends gone, up. But it's movie time. In the yeah, mind. now it's movie time. And I don't know, like, we don't know what's going on. So the idea, like I said, maybe it's supposed to show that whatever they're getting, whatever type of medication, or whatever, it's not sticking, it's not go. But we don't know what that is. We don't know the norm of it. We don't know what it's supposed to do. So I, everything ends up swirling around like most of Mariko Tamaki. I'm, I'm expecting it to end up like the liar liar deal where you just start changing things of the focus and it's already starting. I just don't know what to focus on of what is happening here. So we'll see. We'll see it by the end. I mean, it's a weekly book, so we'll get more and more. So we'll see. But at this point, I'm at a, a 5.5. Uh, the backup was intriguing enough until all of a sudden it just ties in fully to the scarecrow out of nowhere, and then it seems a little goofy to me. So, with that, I like the art though throughout. I thought That's the art was really good, but yeah, I just six point nine out of ten. Now I don't have any well five point two. Okay, <laughs> four point nine. Yeah, I just don't understand what I'm supposed to be worried about, who I'm supposed to be concerned with, and what they're doing. Death overall. and destruction, Jim. Yeah, but that's again, it all comes down to me where the whole basis and foundation of that tower. I mean, really, if they say at the end, like, man, we shouldn't have made this tower on the foundation of sand, it would make sense all the way around because nobody was looking into anybody getting hired here. They're just letting it go. And that's not something at this stage when there's so many problems with Arkham to go into something. Again, right after a fear state magistrate, this Nakano has to be fired. He doesn't know how to play the game. But we're going to go to the next book, which is what, Eric? Superman, Son of Kalel, number seven, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Cyan Torme, Ralph Fernandez, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. And in this issue of Superman, Son of Kalel, we're going to at least get... Um, like I have a bunch of cameos, but I'm happy about Jackson Hyde, even if it leads to the idea we got to really do something about the ocean and the climate change and the planet. Because while these are incredible you. things that we should talk about at times, 
the way this feels uh, like it plays off of what we're doing here where a giant crab monster comes out of the ocean because of how bad the oceans are fucked up it just becomes an after school special and i'm like "Ooh, you're just doing this when all you're doing besides that is like hey i don't know if you know this but jay nakano your boyfriend he does his stuff out of a ship on the ocean and you know who's there Get this. You love them revolutionaries from Suicide Squad. We already saw Wink in the Airy, but now you get Chaos, Kitten, and Thylazine. I'm like, these little name drops and them just being there to do nothing, it's not really impressing me for a Superman story that I want to be a part of. No, and it, it feels weird. It feels weird of like, what is, again, this is where I say about the focus of a book and stuff like that with what's the overall story with Bendix? Like, that's cool enough. The idea oh, of he's, making he's worried about this, the rising, Jim. Yeah, yeah. And the so make, making, you know, his own army, cloning things and stuff. That that's that's pretty good. That's a thing that it's you would see. Humans. Now, with that though, these issues and a lot of Tom Taylor's writing is spar- it's starting to get very form formula <laughs> formulaic, Jim. Formulaic. I was starting to say formulatic. Formulaic in the idea where you almost have the idea where instead of him writing an issue and then, oh, my God, I can kind of do a little thing here about global warming or, you know, polluting the ocean, things like that. That's where he starts and then tries to get an issue around it because, boy, this is like the most forced thing out of nowhere to throw in there. And I don't mind. I'm not one who's going to say either or everybody has their own opinion of things. Right. You have Greta. She's yelling about things and whatnot. But with that. It just, it's not the message that I don't, it's just the in your face, like out of nowhere. And it, it's been like that. This is the book that well, keeps putting that. Well, even if you wanted that. to have the idea, if I like, man, I want to talk about the problems with the ocean because of climate change and people just being pretty much savages dumping their trash in the ocean is doing despicable shit that Aquaman's been bitching about for fucking forever at this point in time. But if you want to do that, that's fine. It's going to be cringy at times. I can understand it. But when you start this whole thing up with Jay and Superboy, Superman, sorry, John Kent, Going to this, you know, docked ship here where, like, the truth that comes out of where people are just doing something here. I don't even know, doing podcasts maybe, but we're just getting to the bottom of the truth, finding out what's real about the conspiracy theories. And when we get to the point, like, you know what, John? I think I figured out something about you having this identity problem because your dad was a piece of shit and outed his identity, outing your identity to the world. So you can, you can always have to be Superman now. I've got you. Before we go on this boat and I introduce the people, put on this domino mask. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't really fix anything. For the five minutes that we're going to be on this boat, people aren't going to know that he's Superman. And I don't know why, because it seems to be just a bunch of heroes. And this is not that's the people my problem. That you need that's, to worry that's about. That's the weirdest thing. These aren't the people you need to worry about. Also, this reminds me, I don't know if you ever watched the movie, The Boat That Rocked with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, where they had I wonder that. I want to think it was The Boat That Rocked the Cradle, like a sequel to The Hand That Rocked the Cradle. Like a, it was like a rebel, <laughs> rebel radio boat. And this is like the boat that podcasted or news thing. It, that it one just, out of Britain back in like, yeah, the, yeah, like the 70s yeah. or whatever it was. Because I hear they did, like, thing is, I did see a movie based on that. I don't know if it's the same one that you're talking about, but I hear some, bad, after I watched it, I heard really bad things that went down on there, and I don't want to talk about that thing ever well, again. Well, again, that's not the movie. That was just the, <laughs> the thing that they did. But, uh, yeah, that's all it is. This is a rebel radio station. They're on a trawling boat out there doing their podcast and news reports. Even then, it's just there. And then when you go, I'm thinking, why, why are you doing this thing with the mask when we go in there and we see some of, you know, characters that people do like from his Suicide Squad run, the revolutionaries, they're good. Uh, they're not even bad that's the thing, characters. Is when we have this, even like, you know, 
Jay Nakamura, it seems that his name that he goes by with his mask and hoodie up and stuff like that is Gossamer. And I don't know if there's a hidden meaning that I'm going to get that, but because Gossamer is what he goes by and people call him Gossamer, all I can think of is Gossamer, the big red monster from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. So I, I just go back to the, uh, okay, you're a bad guy. You're going to break John's heart. I just think that he just grabbed that name and it's even silly then. He puts this mask on and they go in. Hey, like, I go by this mask. name. Yeah, it's weird. So they go in again, a chameleon, Eric. You don't know which one's real, but he goes in. You what? end up seeing, well, he's always disguising himself. You go in and, This one's real. This is the only one. Well, he's he's a chameleon, though. He can be a good guy when oh, he's I around this is, person. I can understand what you're talking about. The idea that, you know, while he's around John, he can act like a good guy. But as but soon as he's gone, really, he could yeah. be a bad guy yeah, in disguise. Yeah, he might be. But when you, introduce him, when you introduce him to, you know, Thylacine and Chaos Kitten that we know and love Shake from hands, the, move on. Yeah. And, but and that's all it is. What's and that scene do? It's weird, and this happens, and we'll talk about it later in the Nightwing book. But it does seem like you end up having Tom Taylor thinking it has to be one guest more crazy than the last one, and it's just a roll call of characters just going through both of his books here as just this wow moment fan service deal. And this is what I've been arguing about or yelling about before. This book it's starting to veer more into this one where. I just want a story. I don't need to go through, uh, you know, hoops to get to see Chaos Kitten and Thylacine and do nothing with them anyway. It's just to show you and people, oh, my God, I can't believe that the revolutionaries are here. Oh, my God. They said welcome to the revolution. Oh, my goodness. It's not enough. And in a, a I'm story. You, though, this whole thing where, like, you know, Gossamer or Jay Nakamura, whatever you want to call him at this point in time, wants to offer John a job so they can still, like, work together and also figure out what the truth is and get the power to the people and all that stuff. I, I swear at one point the idea is I want John on my side. He's not only hot, but he's useful. So when we do this and John's going to realize, look, whatever you want to do, I don't see this being the right thing. And I think Jay's going to turn on him like the idea that he's going to hide the truth from people. And it's just John has his own opinion about something and Jay can't handle that will just lead to fucking awfulness. If that is the case, I think that that's very forced in the way that I think Jay is smart enough to know to keep John away from that. I don't think now maybe he thinks that John will do whatever he wants and he thinks he's so in love with him or whatnot. But I think the play should be if you think that Superman would not like what you're doing, keep him away as you are now and play the game as you're doing it. Well, he's a fanatic at this point where if he thinks that like something is like, you know, the right thing to do to get to the truth, there's no reason that he would think that somebody like John, who this whole time they've been agreeing, wouldn't think the exact same way. Yeah, but it's almost like going too far. You already have Superman in your pocket here the way that you're playing it now. And then introduce, but again, if he's in really bad things, then I guess Chaos Kitten and Silas in, but that doesn't that doesn't play well if you know those characters. So I don't know. I don't know what the play is here, except hey, I want to throw some revolutionaries in here. It makes sense that they're in the truth on this boat, and then let's go. And I just I don't know. I'm saying I, I don't get it. And so when you end up in a book that has John Kent Superman in it, why do I beg to see more of Lex Luthor? Because that's kind of the interesting part, because John is just kind of, you know, waltzing around being the, the you know, the greatest guy ever. He's got his boyfriend. They're going to do things. Something has to go wrong here on that side, because it's just too much of nothing all nice all the time. Well, that's how relationships always are in the beginning, Jim. Well, I know that. But what? how does that lead to an interesting comic book? The idea that he found out, Jay found out his mom's alive, that's interesting. He's still wondering about that. But when you end up having a Superman book, that you want everybody to get behind, and the real big threat here is global warming that has awoken a kraken 
for from a global the warming below, is on the macro scale. On the micro scale, we also have to deal with like you know Gamora making post humans yeah, and putting together a Gamora is, core. You're not doing much of that in this issue. Is what I'm saying. The main focus of this is Rebel Radio Boat and you know the Kraken. And then in the meantime, hey, we're going to take advantage of the crack, and then you get Bendix and Lex. But that's that seems like the afterthought. It almost feels like what we were saying about the Flash book of you end up having a Eclipso story that doesn't feel as big. We'd rather see the kids doing their nonsense. Oh, yeah. That's what it seems like is play here. But I really don't care that much. I hate to say it about the crack and awoken from the deoxygenated water down below. No, because even the when you have this, it's just like you know. Oh my God! What is this, Aqualad? Can you talk to fish? Oh no, I can't do that. Well, what's this going on? I'm going to go find out. I went to where its lair was. There was no oxygen in the water anywhere. I think the the problem with the ocean is what woke it up. Okay, Aqualad, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to go and freeze the water in front of it, make a barrel and barrier, and then you use your power to change the tide, and the crab's going to walk back out to sea. And that's what we do with Aqualad and our Superman team up, and it's not a lot going on right there. But so, and then the Gamora Corps just shows up and like screws up the time. Yeah, and that's where they're like, okay, this is where we're going to end up being able to introduce the Gamora core that they're going to be the big all end all deal. But it's a weird thing to play when you already, have, the you already have Superman on the case and then they're going to try to use him. But this is what makes me always think of things when we end up, you know, seeing tweets or things that people say. When Tom Taylor ended up saying that he it triggers him if he sees anybody say that an issue is a filler issue. Well, buddy. You have a lot of filler in this issue. It may not be a full filler issue, but there is a lot of filler. This whole thing, yeah, it's nice to see that John is aware and concerned with things, but having a giant, what they call the Leviathan Kraken, come out here because the oxygen, it that's not really the focus that I need on a, a Superman book when a lot of people well, still want to see how great this is. to get the Gamora Corps out there because the giant monster is on its way to Metropolis and, you know, President Bendix wants to use this opportunity to put the Gamora Corps out there with the help of Lex Luthor to show what the people of Gamora can do with this team they put together. But it's also a bit of a ruse where it looks like they have control of their people, these, you know, post-human like candidates for the Gamora Corps. So they force one of the guy named Sparks there to be stay still while the crab monster goes and murders him right there. So is it the idea that we have the Gamora Corps, we've come here to, you know, kick ass and save Metropolis, but also Superman was there, and he let this young boy die. It's funny, though, because you, they, that's the play. Well, what about the three other Gamora Corps that are just standing around, too? I, I wouldn't necessarily think if I saw this, that these four heroes, supposedly, the Bendix Corps, the, you know, Gamora Corps, they show up, and one of them dies because of this. I would never blame Superboy, who's there doing his thing as well, and the only one who reacts to that guy. I think it's a misplay. And I think that I would be like, well, then why didn't his buddies save him? I, well, it's, it's all about the spin play. in the newspaper. Well, again, though, but even with well, that spin, newspaper, I think I'm, yeah, web. I think I'm, you know, if I see this and I see, you know, they can just, dip, why even do, all you have to do is deep fake. I saw an Aquaman, and Aquaman, the, the becoming, you don't, don't even need to do it, right? You don't even need to do this. So they're just going to, they're just going to spin it, but you can spin anything. It's just a weird thing of, oh my God, this Kraken's out. Because of global warming, let's take advantage of that now. Get the core going. And everything seems forced, and the lead-up just seems like, okay, we'll throw that in just to get this thing that we can attack. But in the end, it's it's really nothing. I, I really didn't have any sort of care at all for what was going on in this. But you go, hey, I like seeing Jackson. And, you know, you get the little bit of revolutionaries. It's, it just seems like smoke and mirrors with not much behind it. Uh, but what what did you give it? I like the art in this a lot, and I like the stuff we're doing with moving things forward, like little piece by piece, little bit by bit here with Lex Luthor and Bendix, the Gamora Corps, and even what, you know, 
might be up with Jay Nakamura here because I still think he's going to turn out to be a heel in the long run. The stuff, there is a lot of filler, though. The idea that I want Jackson Hyde to show up and actually play a, like a substantial part instead of just, we really are shitty to the oceans, everybody. I'm like, I don't want to see an after-school special. Never wanted to. Don't want to right now, especially when I'm reading a Superman comic where we can have some kick-ass action and I don't need to be reminded that I'm a piece of crap all the time because I don't recycle properly, even when I do. But when you have this situation like John putting on a mask just to be like, you know, meet up with Thylacine and Chaos Kitten to have a handshake, that's nonsense. So overall, what if we get here, like we have, there's an interesting story down the line, just not right here, right now. But I still want to give it a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 6. And uh, yeah, I like the art. I like that going on. Now, also, I, I'm looking at the deal. I didn't know if there was a play because you end up having uh, Jay open up his little trick box there yeah. with masks and stuff. And I was like, oh, we're going to see some other masks now. No, yeah. we don't. And I got Johnny, a chameleon mask. I got a domino mask. And I already called dibs on the chameleon some mask. weird stuff. And maybe Chaos Kitten's hat, it looks like, in there. But it's a different color. But, yeah, you, you just have weird stuff. But overall, we're, we're half a year, more than half a year of books. And with an annual, even more, uh, with the idea that nothing's really happening in this book. You end up having that continuing, oh, my God, is Jay bad or good or whatnot? But he's just kind of walking around. They're not doing much with the ending up with Bendix in the background doing you know the manipulations and trying to get this core of his but i really don't see much going on here so six out of ten i did like the art but we'll go to the last book of this section which is a book that we were debating if we were going to talk about or not i ended up reading it and liking it so i said yeah we, we should talk about it i think that i thought that you would get a bit of a kick out of it you get the hugo train yeah you know no one's ever seen you know batman begins before well that's the thing i know we've you know seen the batman so, should never go wrong with you say that, and we've had it all those times, but why are everybody else allowed to do it? I mean, you do this to get out of a infinite frontier, even maybe we'll get something a little different. I know it's not going to be that much different, but it is Batman the Night, number one, written by Chip Sadarsky, art and cover by Carmine D. G. DeMonico, cover, colors by Ivan Placencia, letters by Pat Rousseau. And yeah, we do this. I think that somebody talked to Chip Sadarsky, or he's smart enough that, okay, don't start this off with the Wayne's just getting gunned down, you know, go a little different. You don't have to see everything going on. And it is him getting picked up afterwards. And what we get is an angry Bruce Wayne who doesn't quite... The aftermath of the pearls dropping and what a young Bruce Wayne will do to deal with the grief and becoming a Batman at some time in the future. Yeah, and he's older now, so he's getting older. He's starting to, you know, figure out what he wants to do, what he's going to do with this. And you end up having him... At Gotham Academy, he's getting into fights, and he is under the care of the psychologist Hugo Strange. That's one of the, the big wow factors at the beginning of there's Hugo doing some things. He does some hypnotherapy, which is sus, and Bruce ends up knowing that. Well, but yeah, this is, is, I, don't, I don't know if it's the idea that he goes and does this, because this is years after he starts getting in fights at Gotham Academy and stuff like that, even when him and Dana started, like, you know, going out like we start off with him as a child and jump throughout time eventually getting to the point where they're all you're gonna go off to college and stuff like that but when you have the idea that he's under the care of this person it seems more of a, a dupe or a plant because when he does finally see hugo strange it feels like he already knows that dana's been having her money yeah he's just from there him. he's just there yeah this is like just a therapist session like you piece but of he shit. is still under the care and that's a psychiatrist but he's doing it because he knows that hugo is stealing money from his friend Dana and her family. So he ends up going and looking at that. But we end up seeing throughout of him just being angry and trying to kind of, you know, wrangle in that anger, try to start training, trying start to directed. decide what he's going to do. Because at this one point, you do see that Dana, his friend, 
seems to be a huge influence in what he's going to do going forward. Maybe would have become a cop instead of being Batman because that's what he seems to want to do. I agree. The thing is, Dana's right about this. Like, I'm not going to go to college, Dana. Or actually, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to take on criminology, but I'm going to come back to Gotham and I'm going to be a cop. Like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I ever heard. The freaking the billionaire orphan is the police are not going to let you on the force and go and do stuff. And that's what I like about that is because he is a smart smartest guy. man in the room. He's dumb as shit. No, he doesn't know himself, and he he thinks that he's allowed to do whatever he wants. He just thinks I'll become a cop because there's no other option. He's going to do that. She's there. What are you freaking moron? And he never thought of it. He just wants to. And he, even when she says. You wouldn't like a gun anyway. And he's like, well, I wouldn't carry a gun. No, no, no. You you haven't thought this through. You just have this vision in your mind of being this good guy who's going to stop all this crime. That's not going to work. She even says you're not going to listen to them. They're going to tell you, you know, you're doing bum town. They're not going to listen to you because while you are billionaire Bruce Wayne coming in here, you're going to have a boss. You're not going to do any of this and they're and not going to let this the happen. Thing. I think that through this, you see that he's going to get in the nitty gritty and down and dirty to try to train to be Batman. Oh, yeah, I've read but, Batman. <laughs> but his vision is not nitty gritty. This vision isn't this dark knight that dresses up. He wants to be this great guy that people would admire. And he's going to be this police officer that's going to change everything. It's not realistic for what he wants to do. And he's never thought that through. He's just focused on training and getting to that point she's the one who says you can't do that shit you're not gonna be able to do it and i think yeah, right. i gotta go up. find the manhunter of france he's gonna yeah. train me and yeah then i five, think he just five sits other there people. and go yeah yeah i mean and i know that that'll be the joke Where's as we go through this i need to learn I how would, to escape seriously if you told me that each week we will review the you know batman year one and we'll mm-hmm. continuously do that for the next 20 years i'd rather do that than some of the shit that we're doing that's why i like this book and wanted to talk about it. I'd rather talk about this than that Aquaman becoming nonsense that we will later. So I enjoy the interactions. I enjoy some of the things with no, no, seeing Alfred. Yeah, yeah, Alfred's like the Alfred, this whole thing. Yeah, and Alfred, he, he doesn't know what to do. He His hands are tied. He, he can't. He, he doesn't know what to do with Bruce. And he tries to help by at one point when. You know, he's grand there gestures, though. Just sit down and talk to the boy. Like, he's lost it. Like, you're disappointed. Like, he's doing this. You know what he does? Like, you know what? I got to go pick up Bruce Wayne from the school because he's got into a fight again. But you know what? He's going to sit there a little while because when I sh- when I go and pick him up and bring him home, boy, is there going to be a big surprise for him. Alfred, what's going on? Why is the library empty? Your parents love to study, Bruce. They had books and books. You know this. But the thing is, you're going to have to learn to do something other than use your fist. You're going to have to learn how to solve your problems in a different way. So we're going to start filling this library up with new books for the stuff that you want to learn. I'm like, well, you could have just talked to him. You could have sat down and not taken the library out or refill the library with Taekwondo books. Well, that's the best. Listen, I don't want you to fight or use your fist. He's like, well, I'm going to do Taekwondo because that means of the foot. I Alfred, think that that's the deal. Alfred, that's the my thing is, this kid Mitch, he was really picking on a bunch of people. I am going to silently be a sociopath and go and fuck with him every day without him knowing that it's me. I have a botany book to learn how I could put freaking, you know, poison ivy on his towel in the gym class. This is a pure psychopath kind of shit. I'm like, you know what? Really, Alfred, just sit down and talk to the boy. It is funny when Alfred comes in, he's like, yep, you filled up that library. I, I swear to God, Alfred's like, I know I'm just a butler, but can I have world's greatest father as a cup? Because, boy, I'm doing some things. Let's see. Oh, Bruce, what? Oh, Taekwondo. Oh, shit. I done messed up. But, yeah, you see that he is using that fear technique early. He ends up torturing this bully who eventually is just going to go off. Yeah, he's going to leave school. And Dana knows about it. Yeah, and Dana wants to, you know, try to help him. And even at the point when 
He ends up going to see Hugo. He does play with Hugo a bit because of the idea that he's having these nightmares and things like that. But really, at the end, it does feel like he just went there because Dana was acting tired and her family was losing well, he money. Detective, this shit up the whole idea, and it's such a weird idea that, like, even when Hugo first shows up, the idea of well, what people want of you, Bruce, because even your close company, like Dana Dunlop. I don't think it will be breaking patient confidential to tell you that her family's money isn't what it used to be. Wink, wink, hunch. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, what are you what doing? What are you doing here? This feels so weird. He's his own worst enemy. And it's just to be <laughs> for the wraparound. Like, yeah, I noticed that Dana told me to come see you because I needed someone to talk to. But I noticed that she was tired, had bags in her eyes, but not normal talk. More like post-hypnotic suggestion tired. So when I came here and I realized after looking things up, that there was a bunch of uh, money coming out of her account and going to a Swiss bank account. I wonder if the police would like to know about this, Hugo. Yeah, and when I, like, what right. I like, the only thing I liked about it with that is that the idea that Bruce, you know, he's smart, we know that, but Hugo is a bit of a pompous ass himself, and he's an older guy and thinks that he's probably smarter. I swear he's just messing. It's almost like a serial killer. You don't have to send in notes to the news and stuff like that, but they do because they want to make it a game and a joke and stuff like that, and I think he thinks he's just too smart and trying to show that to Bruce with that idea of, you know, the family isn't what it is. What does that have to do with anything, though? Well, he ended up saying that he ended up going there, and I don't know if I trust this and stuff, and who can he trust they were talking about in the idea, and is saying almost the idea that Bruce said, well, Dana told me to come here, and I think that he's trying to make it like, well, you can't really trust her as much because, you know, they're losing money. Nobody, everybody, you're going to be a target to everybody. You're a billionaire. You're going to be this thing. That's what it seemed to go from. That he's in a unique, he said you're in a unique position. You yeah. can't trust anybody because even people who you think are friends, if they're losing money, maybe they're going to try to steal it from you. In the meantime, he's going to try to steal it from them. I think it's try to uh, like swerve that maybe if, if Bruce is dumb and, and real, oh, my God, money's coming out of my deal. I think it must be Dane and her family now trying to get to me. I don't Scumbag know. That's what Dana. it seems like. Yeah. But. Yeah, I like Dana and her interaction with them to be that person there. It actually plays a lot like Lana Lang in my mind for Superman, uh, especially like they're on the car. You know, no, seriously, though, with the talking. way that Bruce acts and all stuff, even how Dana calls him out, how he's a freaking like the idea that he always looks to find something wrong with whatever they're talking about. I have no idea why she or anybody else would hang out with Bruce Wayne, even the idea. What are you doing here in the gym, Bruce? Don't you have a test? Yeah, but I'm going to blow that off because I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to study what I want because who I don't need tests, dude, to tell me what I need to know. This is just for I'm teachers, not there man. To people, man, well, down saying, with books and homework. I like when he's on the uh, the about the uh, parallel bars because that does kind of remind me of oh, what yeah, we so. said. His whole training used to be in the old days where he would be the doing things Age on the origin. rings. Yeah. He'd have one dumbbell while smoking a pipe. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. I actually liked in the idea that we've had a bunch of things going and we didn't even get he ends up in an underground fight ring. He's testing himself. He's trying to see what's going on and in the deal where he's so naive. And that's what I think you also see here. He's book smart. He's strong. He's intelligent. He has a billion dollars, but he doesn't know how things work. He ends up in this underground fight ring and the police come and raid it, but they raid it because they want their cut. He hears this. He's in prison, gets bailed out by Alfred, Alfred yeah. and then wants to report a crime immediately. Hey, guys, I don't have a shirt These on police yet. police are on the take. They're on the take. Every, it's almost like sure, the sure, idea. Boy. Again, I always go back to The Simpsons for a lot of things. It's when Marge ends up saying, this is a corrupt police, and they just all start laughing when she says she's leaving. But, yeah, they're all like, what? We're all on the take, you asshole. Now get out of here. Get out of here, you scamp. And that's where he realizes, okay. 
that's not right. And he isn't street smart yet. He isn't. He, he knows nothing of what's going on. They even make Bruce Wayne is not used to even at this point people laughing at his face that he's so naive and stupid. But Spoiled he was. Brat. Yeah, he is. And so again, we know what happens. We know he's going to go off the train because of that. But I, I, I like seeing it. I like seeing it in a thing where I, I end up liking the interaction and the dialogue. It was a quick read for me, and I thought the art was great. And then you get, you know, his visions of this night. That's the thing is, what's the nightmares and stuff like that? That's one of my favorite things about this issue with the symbolism of the idea that he in his mind, when things are like seem scary, like through a nightmare situation, he has the ability to run to this giant suit of armor that he can open up the chest plate and crawl inside of him. This is his his safe place, which eventually will you know transform as he goes and becomes who he is to become the Batman suit, the freaking thing that puts him in between harm's way and making sure that nothing like this will ever happen to anybody else again. Would you laugh that it ends up with this because the big moment of your, yes, father, I'll be the bat. No, it's like, yes, I will be the dark knight because he sees the night and then you get driven nuts. But there is that dark knight play as well, too, with that. Uh, but yeah, with that, he says to Hugo, yep, looks like you're going to be in troubles. But with that, you even said you end up having the art specifically show that there's a trail. These police are just driving by. Yeah. Now they're at the right exact time for the idea. And I don't think it's that he has told the police on Hugo. I think that he's playing again. He is a psychopath and he's just torturing. Now Hugo doesn't know. And I think that's what Bruce thinks is better. He doesn't know if I turned him in or not at this point. He's going to crap his pants either Which way. The thing is, when the police drive by and actually don't come to get him, I think he might be scared for five minutes, but... Oh, good. That Bruce Wayne was just a bullshitter. Yeah, but again, he has the evidence. At the evidence doesn't go away. He seems to have evidence, and he, he says turn, that he could turn. Yeah, but I'm saying, what would Hugo know any different? Like, I'm going away, Doctor, to think bigger. And but like, he could yeah. also send it to the police two weeks from now. He could. It's like one of those where the dagger's just hanging over. If it's doing that, and I think Bruce is maybe doing this to hopefully have Hugo like, I'm not going to do that shit anymore. I hope I don't get caught, but. After a long time, you might be able to say, like, oh, my God. But, yeah, who knows? I think he's just trying to scare. Just like the kid, where Mitch or whatever, that bully, he didn't go and just straight out, you know, for the most part, beat the shit on him after that first time. He just tortured him and ended up making the kid think he's cursed. So I, I kind of like that. But then again, is this where you see that Hugo and Bruce and Batman making his own villains at one point might have pilfered some money and now steps up his game later because he's pissed or whatnot? I don't know. But. I, I liked it. I, I like the art. Like I said, I like the interactions and the whole concept of, you know, seeing the psychological deal of Bruce uh, as he's dealing with this and wanting to be more. So I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. What would you give it? I like this enough for what it is. But again, it's just a retelling of the origin of Batman, which I really don't need. It's nice for what it is, telling this different side of the story. But I just don't find Bruce Wayne likable. And obviously, you're not going to get that because you have a broken child who wants to become a Batman someday. But with the Hugo Strange stuff and what he's playing at, there's some like elements in here that almost felt like Robin and Batman for how they're redoing that with the idea of Dick Grayson, but just like, you know, with more of an edge here. But it's just one of those books. I'm like, I don't mind this, but it's so inconsequential because, again, it is just the origin of Batman. But I don't I like it enough. I'll give it a seven out of ten. All right. And that is the end of the first section. And we're going to take a little break. And then we'll be back with more of books, including the old Nightwing Catwoman and a Green Lantern. He got his first real comic. Got it at a five and dime. Read it to his fingers, man. Reading comics most of his 
life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit, Knuckles got married Youngest was never gonna get far When he looks back now Did he have a father ever? And now that he has a choice He told Jesse we're married or never Eric's comics most of his life. Hi, yes, Eric. That is one origin story I'll never get tired of hearing. Your origin story That's of comics. Right. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't have to be, Eric. Yes. Don't I get poetic license? I mean, the problem is not all of the history of your life rhymes, Eric. And that's all that matters. But here we are with the second bunch of books continuing some bat stuff, but also veering off into cosmic, Eric. When we head to the Green Lantern as well. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I think that we're going to have a, a tell here. We're going to start with Nightwing and end the section with Green Lantern. And one book is applauded nonstop. It's like Green the, the second coming here. And then we have Green Lantern, which people are really, really, you know, fighting back against. And a lot of people aren't liking or reading. And it's like one of those things. Who is working harder? Hardly working, Erica. You know, with this, or is it just a tone in what people want now? Because the Nightwing book we're going to start with, while the first bit when I read this through, I really did like it, though I had some problems, but I could overlook them. Now, in the meantime, rereading it again, also arguing with J-Men, which I will say if J-Men's listening, he ended up sending in an email that it, it works better for me to discuss a couple of the things he brought up while we talk about the book, because it is kind of just him going through the book. And it would be silly to have it in the mail sections after talking about it. So the idea that I had to argue with J-Man and he had some good points. I, you know, had some arguments back or whatnot. But then rereading it a third time, I'm starting to see cracks in this that worry me about the book. But boy, I cannot say anything more than people love it. And it might be the savior of DC. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Well, when I went, move on, then you can't say anything more. Well, I'm saying when I went to look at what do you think is the big book this week? It's certainly not Nightwing as the Batman big book. The night. Okay, well, the, but this book has like eight more reviews than that, and that's the number one. Catwoman, a new run. Whether it's good or not, we'll see what you think later. But that should this has like seven or eight more. This book and this issue has more tens then most of the books even have reviews. And it's getting a little bit over. It reminds me a lot of when we ended up liking the Hawkman book, but then after it started getting a little wonky and we didn't like it as much, it still just ended up being this critical dark. Like oh, yeah. nobody could say anything wrong about it. And it, it gets me where I think, that, series. I think that Tom Taylor here ends up realizing that in this book, where he has a formula the way he does with the Superman book, it's working better here, I guess, for people, but it's also, in my mind, made to make people love this book, which that's okay. I mean, you want to have things, and it's a lighthearted book. It's a it's a, a hopeful book where maybe people need more of that. dude is walking around cutting motherfuckers' hearts out. Well, and that's the dark so part of it. But with <laughs> that, all the other things are just Dick Grayson's the greatest guy ever. Everybody loves him, and that's the only setup that I see here. Is that you have to show that almost like the idea of when we had Dick Grayson is Batman, loved by the, Batman the detective, where we ended up, oh my God, I'm going to kill everyone who Batman saved. And we're like, you know, bitch, you're going to kill everyone. Batman saved. Well, this is the idea. A guy who I don't think this guy is never, he's never going to kill Nightwing. 
because Nightwing's loved by everyone. You have to love somebody to That's get right your heart taken out. He is pretty much the, you know, heroine for Heartless because every, but we already know that. And that's what gets me here. It, when you have this issue, it's more of a Titans issue. And it's through and through. We already had the Titans show up once to save, almost save his bacon before. And then they show up here. And I think that's a dangerous play overall in the scheme of things. And we'll get into that when we get to that. But it is written by, and it's Nightwing number 88, Get Grace in Act 2. Also remember Act 2 Get when Grace I in Act said the same thing here. Uh, Tom Taylor uh, is writing it. Uh, art by Bruno Redondo. Colors by Adriana Lucas. Letters by N-World Design. Uh, and so you go into this, and we had the part one was the gimmicky type of deal with the long, but they ended up stealing Haley slash Bitewing. Now we know that Dick Grayson is more wanted than Nightwing. He's more of a target than the superhero that he portrays because he's got a billion dollars. And that means his puppy's in danger, and now everybody else around him. It's not just that. He has an actual hit on him. Yes. There are the people, the Assassinations Club, whatever. Like Nightwing and, and superheroes, they're in danger because they're superheroes. But this is more. This is an actual you know, hitman hit on his head, a price on Where his head. Where do you get off trying to change things in Bloodhaven, Dick? Yeah, yeah. Blockbuster so, ain't going to stand for that. No, he's not going to stand for that, though. I don't There's even no money know. money to be made in good statue things. With that, I'm wondering why it's not just everybody in the whole world coming down on Bloodhaven right now. And it just ends up like they say there's a hit on his head, but then it seems like Blockbuster's just contracting individual people, not just like throwing the hit out All there. All right, guys, I want to kill Dick Grayson, but I don't want to spend a lot of money doing it. So can I get a bunch of assholes and hockey masks? But also, who do we got? Gun Bunny and Gun Hawk? Yeah, they're fucking cheap as shit. Bring them in. <laughs> But to say that you have a hit on, like, where's all these other big names? Like, this shit is probably a lot of money, but they're you're just going to go with it. Again, I'm, I don't have a Look, problem with that. He would have got but, but he's doing truth stuff. Yeah. So you end up having an dead show. He's not dead, true. right? So you end up, yeah. So you end up at the beginning and you have a very Batman-esque deal, but it's done in almost like a lighter tone deal of not, my city's successful. It is. But it he's is. trying to do something more with it. He's going to use his money. This is okay, everything. I'm going to use my money to create a crane to pull this city out of the toilet that it's currently sitting in. Exactly. I'm the plunger. A metaphorical you're, crane. You're the shit and all the toilet paper that your kids don't flush when they go. And then you go down there you and your ball animals. sack ends up hitting toilet paper well, when you, you sit down. Well, you can also before you sit down, too. Well, I do see. I get mad. And, plus, and then you when just you, do it to spite no. him? When you have to go, you have to go. I am three floors down problem. here. Well, I'm three floors down. If I have to sit there trying to edit something, I have to go. Sphincter. I go running. Well, you end up where the big, you know, blockbuster. He's one of the big deals. Desmond is one of the big threats, and he Rolling ends up, Desmond. you know, and he ends up hiring Gun Bunny and Gunhawk to go. And there's going to be an easy way to do this because they're going to break ground on the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation the next morning. So all this is set up. This is where I start having problems with repeated, you know, reading because you end up having Desmond. He sets up the hit and he's not going to tell the mayor who, as we know, is Dick Grayson's sister. But she's going to be there and she's going to be there. So it's like, oh, man, I guess she's going to find out when she got bitch of that Dick Grayson on her. I really hope we get back to more of that because all the fear state ties we're doing feel so far removed from anything to do with that. Like, I almost forget what the hell we're supposed to do with the, the backstory of Melinda Zuko and how it works. Where she is Dick Grayson's sister, and what even the idea that Dick Grayson, with this knowledge, what is he doing with that? It just feels so far left behind at this point. I, I think that the setup here is you have to, it's such a weird deal. By the end of this, you get the idea that Desmond is not going to do anything to Dick Grayson because he is threatened by the Titans. But in the meantime, 
Melinda's going to be pissed that this all went down, not in her privy. And she's going to go after Desmond and then will make Nightwing to go after. I think there's these convoluted things that this Titan stuff ends up doing. But that's all I can see is you want to have Nightwing focused on the Heartless, but you don't want Desmond to slip away. So you have this idea to make him kind of in the background, but still well, involved. He's the kingpin of- sitting there, so he's always going to be in the background. But he's not for Dick Grayson now. I think that he he doesn't look like he's like, ah, screw those Titans. I think he's like, screw it. They'll, they'll, they'll kill me. They, they are Will bad. They- yeah, yeah. I mean, they go and threaten him and then teleport out. I think that is Black Tom Taylor. knows the game. He's not going to be war- like, yeah, he doesn't want to get his ass kicked by an alien princess with fucking solar flare, you know, star bolts. But also, he's Blockbuster. He knows he's above the wall in his town, and then he knows the heroes aren't going to kill him. Then why do it? Why have them do that then? I think it's Tom Taylor to show you he will not. Like, here's the thing. If it's Blockbuster knowing the deal, he sends the next guy to shoot Dick Grayson right in his apartment. They, he, Tom Taylor ha- ends up going too big and then has to pull it back in a way that's so artificial in my mind. This is what annoys me because if Blockbuster's that concerned with Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson's dead. He's going to do it over, 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 but you can't do that. So you have to force that in with the Titans saying, don't touch him. Yeah, he might lay low for a bit, but that's the force. I think that it comes back in with Melinda because now she's pissed. You were going to kill him while I was there? Like, I was right there, and oh, I yeah, think the that's whole idea. The she was going to find out when his brain splattered next to her at the freaking, you know, the groundbreaking ceremony. But like I said, to, to have Blockbuster have a, a price on Dick's head and want to get him killed by snipers, Gun Bunny, and Gunhawk, where does that end? Because he's not just going to stop with one failed attempt, so you have to have a reason that he does. I think that they are making him running scared from them. And like, well, yeah, I, I don't know about town. the idea of running scared, but we can, you know kind of weakly make it so blockbuster we don't do this every issue of nightwing that's my point of why put the price on the head from blockbuster if you have to pull it back like that anyway well, he's still gonna say face because blockbuster he's gonna be pissed off we gotta make him still look like a threat so he's gonna put the hit out there but we also gotta say we don't want to do this each and every month yeah it's just but again it's that's the the you know machinations of it that i don't really think play out very well so what happens is Dick, you know, and he comes, he's got bagels. This guy is, you know, Mr. Delivery and I Boy. I love the idea of it because even though we're supposed to have Barbara over there and freaking the hill with, you know, Stephanie Brown and Cassie doing like, you know, the den mother stuff for the Batgirls, I like the idea more that she's spending a lot more time with Dick at his apartment like they are an actual cover be- a couple because this is the couple that I ship. I want there to be a Batgirl network and I like the idea that he, you know, she's sitting there doing all this stuff where she's making sure that her boyfriend, like, if you want to go with the idea that they're calling each other, you know, they're getting steady, Jim, boyfriend, girlfriend stuff, where she's making sure that her boyfriend's protected while he's out patrolling, but also being the great Dick Grayson he is and bringing breakfast in the morning. I like this whole playing house situation and want to see more of it. You like Tomasi's Deli? Uh, the idea yes. that uh, you have uh, Tom Taylor pretty much hinting that they're going to get married in issue 100. So we'll see what that's going on. The big threat, though. What are you about? They already got married in death metal, Jim. Yeah, nobody's going with that anymore. And you end up with, uh, uh, you know, Heartless, who in this one kind of does reveal, again, he wants to take hearts from people who have love for somebody. That's why me and you are safe, Farrakh. We're scot-free. But that really puts a target in my mind on Barbara, and that would be the worst thing. You know, to, to get Barbara involved with all this going down. So you have that. And yeah, again, though, he comes in, he's got food he for Haley. Yeah, but he knows a lot about Dick Grayson, it seems. So we'll have to see how that all is. But we'll see what that plays out. But with that, you end up, and this is where it starts falling apart in, in more readings for me, where he's going to go and do this groundbreaking for the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation. That's cool. And what Tom Taylor does 
is he wants everybody to be great. Everybody of the heroes, they they can't do anything wrong. So you're going to see Barbara. She's already set up. The Titans will be there because oh, yeah. there's a price on the head. Well, she says, we take care of our own. She says, hey, me and me and Haley are coming. I discussed it with Haley, and Haley's not taking no for an answer. And he goes, no, no, that's I don't. Hardball, that dog. I don't think that's a good idea. And she says, of course you don't, because you think some of the danger aimed at you could spill over to the people near you, and you're protective of everyone before yourself. He goes to this presentation with little kids right next to him. Well, the he doesn't idea care. Of near you, I mean, I, I, I took that more as the idea of somebody that's close to Dick Grayson, you know, emotionally, just not somebody who happens to be next to him. Yeah, why wouldn't he want her there in case she? He's afraid that things are going to go the down. Idea, like, There's the a price on his head. Like even the idea that where the heartless is going to try to use people like you know Barbara against Dick because she loves. But him he doesn't stuff know like that. that yet. He doesn't know anything about the heartless. The heartless ended up showing well, up I'm and setting the idea, fire. Though, for why you would grab somebody. Like this, somebody close to Dick Grayson, like you know who they care about. Now he he knows there's going to be trouble at this thing. He's wearing a bulletproof vest because uh-huh. he knows that somebody might shoot him. There are three kids standing right next to him that he does not care if they're there when he has a price on his head. And Barbara even says, "You know, you're a target. I know you. You don't want anybody near you." He should not be anywhere near those kids when they do this. And in fact, hands the one a shovel to to break ground. It it doesn't work for me. It didn't work when we had the whole tent city because I said, oh, my God, I care about these kids. And then just goes home while they're sleeping in their tents out in the open here. You are putting kids, little kids in a line of fire when you know they came and kidnapped Haley already. They, They are after you and you are wearing a bulletproof vest because you think somebody might shoot you. Right next to kids and your sister, but she's supposed to be there because she's the mayor. They shouldn't have kids there. They shouldn't have anywhere or they should have just canceled this. But you have to have it. But the thing with Tom Taylor does is Dick is never in any trouble whatsoever. He doesn't know that. But the Titans are there. They've already been here a bunch of times. Every time Dick is in bunch trouble. Of times. So, no, well, they, they, when Melinda tried to take the mask off, they came swooping in. Mm-hmm. It was the same group. They were going to stop that then. So where does it end? Where is the threat to Dick Grayson? You have a thing with Dick Grayson being the Nightwing is the the safe thing. Now it's crazy. But you're making it artificially that he has no trouble whatsoever here. Well, he also has a, you know, not the idea of this is a completely different situation for him where everybody's always after Nightwing. Dick Grayson is usually pretty much like, you know, fine and fancy free because he's never had a target on his back like this. So when you have this, it's a new situation. We want to make sure he's safe with this so we can actually do some good with this money. But this also shows you how Nightwing is different from Batman for all the times we say that, like, you stay out of, like, anybody in the Jets, like, you stay out of Gotham. I'm taking care of this. Yeah, but when they Nightwing's don't say in trouble, that. We have a family situation. That's why I love the Titans. And when they do show up, they will take care of their own. And Nightwing's not going to be pissed about it. But this isn't a Titans book. And so when you do this, where's the th- where does it end? I mean, when, when anybody who comes in, also, this is the idea that there's a price on Dick Grayson's head. That's that's pretty cool. We haven't seen that. But then there's no danger to him at all. When does it end? If, if somebody, if the Heartless, why don't they have Starfire go after the Heartless now? Why don't they have just the Titans all, all around them every time? Because they're obviously there all the time. And Batman, if there's a price on Bruce Wayne's head and he goes to do something, it doesn't matter what anybody said. You would have the Bat family there anyway. But. This is the idea. When does the Justice League swoop in to save Arthur, you know, or save Oliver, Green Arrow? They don't. And it's not because they set up something not to. It's because it's dangerous for the book because it takes away any tension or any sort of story 
where you end up, oh my God, what's going to happen now? How's Dick Grayson going to get out of this? He doesn't. They do. And it just, it threw me off. It really threw me off in an issue of Nightwing. It threw me off because the idea of the, the Titans showing up and the idea of the, the new team Titans as they were, and even having Wally West there, which is great because a lot of times he doesn't get to play with a lot of these Titans, even though he was one of the original members of the new yeah, team nice. Titans. He went off to do college stuff. So him being back and doing this, it's great to see him because even with the Teen Titans cartoon show or Teen Titans Go, you don't have Wally West being a part of that group. But here everybody else is, and it's really good. But when we have Wally West grab Dick Grayson and run off because, you know, Gun Gunhawk's about to shoot his ass. And like, you know, he's waiting in the wings in another freaking apartment building to take him out. When Wally grabs him and runs, you have some fun little back and forth stuff. It's when nice. You to, when you go to Dr. Oh, Doctor, when you go to Mr. Terrific Michael Holt, and the whole idea is like, you know, we're spending time here. Yep. No, I decided to make you a new thin Kevlar, you know, Nightwing costume that you can have underneath your other suit, like, you know, so you can walk around and be like, maybe even be stab protected at some point. This felt like the weirdest point to have a new costume for Nightwing that doesn't even feel like a new costume for Nightwing, to have it out of nowhere, and we don't do stuff with it. But even then, it plays off the idea of now people can't stab you. I mean, this almost spells out that if Heartless tries to shoot you with this thing, it's not going to get through. He, he ends up saying, usually they don't protect the stabby stabby, but this one does. It felt weird. Now, why not? You know, give a, give a little shout out to Jeremy Adams Flash here. The idea in the play is that you end up having Wally work for terrific tech yeah. and all that stuff. Put, hey, just by the way, look at the Flash book. Wally works with Mr. Terrific. Something to give that book a little bit of a, you know, a, a hand or a solid. You know, I, I thought that that would have been cool. This is the thing. I like everything about the Wally and, and Dick Grayson stuff. I think it's great. I even like the joke. It's a Tom Taylor well, joke. The weird up. thing where they have a weird Teen Titans go little bubble moment with the idea, like, and your face is inbuilt defense of being too pretty for anyone to shoot at, and it's a weird little cartoony anime almost side thing. I'm like that feels weird, but I'm okay with it because I love seeing Wally. I and do Dick too. Together. I love I, the Titan stuff on the surface. I love, but even the idea where Barbara. She had called the Titans knowing something was going to go down. Then she's working almost like the Oracle by phone, which is cool. But at not one point, she says, there's kids here. Somebody grab the kids. It's all the concern of Dick Grayson. I know you get him out because he's the target, but none of the other Titans, well, they're nobody's just going, going around. after the kids. Well, I know, but they're there in the middle of a war zone that, that breaks up and nobody's helping them. Again, it's well, the Titans because ha- like show up or the Titans show up to help them. They don't help them. No, no, I'm saying they they show up, though, when Dick gets his new costume on to leave the Titans yeah, here, but and we take the people that's out. That's what I'm saying, though. They're sitting around doing nothing while Dick Grayson's talking about a, con, a costume at the point where you see these paramilitary guys surrounding the kids. Who knows that they wouldn't have shot them right away? They have no idea. And it's all because it's centered on Dick. This is what I said about the pizza parties and things. Tom Taylor will only focus on... You know, these guys, Dick Grayson being a great guy, Dick Grayson shaking hands with, you know, Mr. Terrific and stuff. Well, shit is going real bad here with these kids and all this crowd and stuff. Then they get back to it. But it just feels weird. It feels like the concern of all this is, man, Dick's our family. These people aren't. So we're just going to do this stuff. And it just it didn't play well with me overall with this. I love seeing the Titan interaction stuff. But I mean, you, you have Raven there. Raven could just go and find that Heartless and make him go into a hell dimension. It's too well, nobody's powerful. Nobody's worrying about Heartless right now. Well, I'm saying, but what happens when Heartless does show up? There's too much. You can't add. This is, again, Superman doesn't go to Gotham for real because Batman would get mad. He d- goes because that throws that book off. It, it doesn't work if Superman keeps swooping in. 
This is the second time the Titans have shown up to get Dick Grayson out of trouble. We're not getting any Dick Grayson. Well, we're not one was getting set any up Nightwing. Ahead of time because we knew we were going to be there. So Barbara reached out to make sure that they would be here when the situation did go down. What was happening before been, with the the alarm? Well, when the alarm went off, though, but Dick had been knocked out for hours at that point in time, had a concussion, so she was worried. So there was time for this. It's not like they're just going to show up out of nowhere just because Dick happens to be in like general danger in a split second. Why notice. wouldn't Barbara call the next time something bad happens? They, they already did. This doesn't. I know that this is a big thing. He has a target on his head, but. That's something that's interesting for a Nightwing book. You've never had Dick Grayson being the target. That would be cool. Let's see in what is usually more of a street-level deal with Dick Grayson. And you just add the, one of the most powerful teams to come in and save the day. I, I, I don't think it plays out as well overall. It's a nice little neat one issue, but it really just solves the entire problem that was set up just last issue. It's over. It, it's solved. And it, it just throws me off a bit. I think I would have rather have had, you know, Dick Grayson solve this deal and Dick Grayson do things. Now, I, I do believe that at a point he will say, listen, you can't just keep doing this. I'm a big boy now. I'll take care of my own things. But you'll have to do that only so that you know they won't swoop in. Because, again, it isn't Dick Grayson calling him and it's Barbara. But what stops that? And it just it just felt weird. It just felt like it was too much in, in a book that's pretty much just started. You know, we had those two issues that were the tie-in deal, but even so, we're only on our eighth issue of proper, you know, Nightwing and Bloodhaven deal, and one was that Haley deal. So I, I just, it just feels weird to go that big on something that seemed to be set up to be, and you know, an important thing and something Dick would get out of. I again, though, I do like and reading it the first time. I thought, man, this is pretty cool. I like seeing the Titans. Uh, but even then, the reviews, everybody's Titans, Titans, Titans. You don't really get much of Nobody's Nightwing Nobody's talking about Gunhawk and Gunbunny? No. And, and that's, at that's the a end. weird situation, too, because I really feel that it's almost one of those more fuck yous to Chuck Dixon that a lot of people want to do because these are his characters. And at the end of this whole issue, when Gunhawk does fail to kill Dick Grayson, he can't even report back to Blockbuster because the Heartless has gotten there. The idea that how dare you try to th- kill Dick Grayson? That heart is mine. And then you have to find out that, How you know, you? Gun Bunny will, like, you know, miss Gunhawk and stuff like that. That makes him, like, okay on the list. And he kills Gunhawk right there. And then I'm like, well, there goes that character. But at least Gun Bunny could still be out there. It is funny. And, and again, I'll, I'll tell you before even we get to the end. I, I gave this an eight on the site because when I read it, I really like the interactions with the Titans. I think they're great. I love Wally and Dick Grayson together in this. And I like the end where you do see and we get a little more information that, you end up having the heartless, not just running around and just grabbing hearts willy-nilly. You have to love somebody. You have to have somebody who loves you or at least relies on you. Is there someone you. who will miss you? Someone yeah, who relies I like on you? Yeah, there is. Bunny, we're, we're everything to each other. Perfect. And it's funny because the play is almost Classic like, like what, do you, yeah, what do you think? Like If somebody's like, well, it almost plays off like if somebody's going to miss you, I won't kill you. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the gun buddy. So like, what is oh, no. The heart that nobody wants. He needs to covet that thing because everybody else does. I love that. I think that that's great. And that's I love the, the best idea thing. That because he found out that Blockbuster is the one going after Dick Grayson now, and he's going to be even more pissed because I think Blockbuster, even though the Titans say Dick Grayson is under our protection, it's not really going to stop him from doing all that much, but it might put him on hold when Heartless comes after his ass because he's like, I'm going to need a bigger jar for that oversized heart. I, I actually think it's fully in there. So that Tom Taylor doesn't have to keep going back to Blockbuster with things like, oh, what's he going to do to Nightwing now? He's just going to stop. Not Nightwing, Dick Grayson. With that, though, he's a target. A hard target. But who who would miss Blockbuster? Maybe he's got, he, he's one of those guys. He's I'd like, miss nobody, nobody will miss it. me my, in my ass, right? But 
You know I'm going to miss Blockbuster. Well, so there you go. He's done. But yeah, I think that the cool deal, and that's to lead to, oh man, the guy who once tried to kill Dick Grayson is usually against Nightwing. Now, Nightwing's going to swoop in and save him, and you, you get that deal going I'm on. I'm sorry but, for it. But I, um, I, it's okay. The, the thing about this issue, though, is basically the Titans love Dick Grayson. They're fe- we so know this, but we know this. This is, like yeah, you like said. seeing it. Well, again, I like seeing Batman's origin and, and okay. you know, that whole thing of the night. But that's this is played off more in this book than we've ever had the pearls shattering around in the last five years. At least that gives you something for somebody who may not have read year one. This is now the third time, at least with these characters saying we really will do anything for Dick Grayson. We know this. I, I don't need to keep being reminded that Dick Grayson is well, loved by everyone here doing something because you're not getting it in the Teen Titans book itself. But with that, I can't blame because we don't get it in that. I because now this is a Titans issue. It's not. It's not a Nightwing issue, and I want Nightwing. Oh, you wait for next issue. It's a Superman issue. Then I next know. issue. Well, then the next issue was a Wally West issue. Yeah, it, it's never anything but this. And before that, Barbara Gordon issue. No, well, I love Barbara, and if that makes sense. And I do like seeing her, like you said earlier. Last issue, Bitewing. Again, yeah, it, and even that, I mean, you even at the beginning are like, really, a three-legged? And people were making <laughs> fun of it. It's like, Hawkeye had Pizza Dog. Now we got to make a three-legged dog to compete with that now. So with all of this all around, and, and again, like I said, I like the interactions with the Titans and all that stuff going on. But overall, the story really has not really done much, and... Well, where I that, said I wouldn't know because we are putting the Alpha Venuer Foundation on the spot where all the kids used to have all their tents in their little Hooverville setup right now. We are putting it right there on the spot. I'm like, nobody told us what Nightwing is doing or Dick Grace is doing for these kids. And that in, was in, one in, of in my between. problems, right? And I think that that's the surface level thing. I, again, hey, we're going to use this ground you, you here. You had that kid, like the idea, like, hey, kid. You want to break ground here like this? You're like, you want me to dig a hole? Well, half a hole. You couldn't even dig a whole hole. I'm like, why are we doing anything for these asshole street kids? Yeah, I- I'm telling you, the, the idea that the, you joke, get back to your tent. The, the joke was, I think that you're, he's saying a hole can't be a half a hole because right. a half a hole is still a hole. And I'm like, what's these jokes here? With that, I want this guy to say, uh, by the way, thanks for getting all the police here. And they rounded us up and kicked us off of our tent city. That's what they did you know, the night before. probably for the best thing. Get in the foster care, kids. Well, he's like, listen, I, I felt guilty having you out there. And he's like, yeah, but you, you should do something for us. I, I just imagine this whole thing, that We have the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation. It's pretty much going to be like a boy's home, like the Martha Wayne Foundation. Dick's going to go in there, be nice to one kid, and the rest of the kids are going to punch him just like the boy in the back of a detective. I actually get the idea that they're like, oh, right. Like, nobody spelled out what this is. And this foundation is actually just a business. That'll end up just having some things going on. Like you have like the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. That's not a boys home. It's just a foundation that yeah. does some stuff. These kids are going to show up with their sleeping bags and shit. And they're like, where, where do you think you're sleeping here? This is a business. And then yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. like, man, we really need to freaking create a staff for this Alfred Pennyworth Foundation. Does anybody know any good psychologists or anything? Like that? Dr. Jonathan Crane. He's oh, yeah, free. Jonathan Crane. And if not, Hugo <laughs> Strange. You also end up too where I love the idea that these kids tent city – and there's Nightwing. Man got the best bagels in the world. <laughs> They're lifting it up. Haley's, no Haley's, eating, Haley's eating steak, cutting that. Like, oh, man, this is awesome. This apartment's the best. Oh, my God. Also, when he comes flying and I don't even get that angle. He comes out. You see, let's go of the deal and flies and hits the wall. Uh, but no, I liked, I liked it. 
But when I read it again and started thinking of the idea, and especially having this where you know that somebody might be trying to assassinate you to the point where you wear a bulletproof vest and have kids right next to you and, and would know that that's the case. I mean, he's involved in this ceremony. It felt off. And then even there where, you know, Wally comes in and it's nice and you have Donna and you get stuff, but you get all of them. It's, it's really nice with that. I like the idea that the joke before was, oh, I talked to, you know, Haley about this. With with Barbie, Barbie not realizing yeah. that it's possible that they ended up really did talk because they're, they're trying to play off some games here. But I did like it. I did like that. And overall, I like the heartless deal, but I gave it an eight on the site. I'm going down to a seven because of the things that I kind of thought were, again, like the tent city when I was complaining about that. Like Dick Grayson set, talks the talk. You know he's doing something nice weird. about it, though. And Tom Taylor is only there. He's only here to say. Dick Grayson's the greatest. Sure is. Anybody he knows is the greatest. They'll Agreed. do everything, but he's speaking, just, speaking my tune right I here. I don't Tom need Taylor. that every every month. No, and the idea that this has seven, ten out of tens is ridiculous. It's only because there's fan service titans here. And it, it, but the issue itself is nice. It's not a perfect issue, and it just the powers the power level of a street level book going above and beyond with the titans showing up like this you have to end that you, you gotta have dick doing things with barbara on their own i mean tim drake was Go fine too the because girls, of the barbara. deal you don't belong here either yeah i like her being there just because that fits and the titans fit, but it but it ends up it's too much this would be like all of a sudden the back row book green arrow ends up he's like oh my god i'm having problem with with vertigo and then all of a sudden, the whole Justice League swoops in, grabs Vertigo, and throws him in the sun. I mean, oh my god, we're Justice League. I mean, that, that's the deal. I mean, I'm like, well, you know, you kind of lessen what you want with the regular character. Um, but the fan service got everybody. What would you give it? The thing is, I still like this a lot, and I like the art a lot with what we're doing here and setting up Heartless and how his thing works with the idea that. Like, Blockbuster is the main big bad of Bloodhaven, but there might be other smaller big bads in Bloodhaven who don't want to see Dick Grayson do as well for the city as he's doing, who might put a freaking head on his head because the Titans didn't do this. But I still think that Blockbuster might be going about this in a different way, like, you know, in a lesser fashion going forward. But maybe when we do have Heartless go after Blockbuster, and then Nightwing has to team up with Blockbuster to keep his arch enemy alive, and he'll say, stay away from Dick Grayson. Maybe if the idea that Nightwing saves his life, he will stop doing this for whatever I think reason. he's already stopped. I really I do. I know he will, but I think, you know, Blockbuster, he's a hardcore guy. I don't want to put anything past him at this point. But the Titan stuff, it's fun for what we're doing. I don't expect a lot of substance when I get to a Nightwing book, but I do feel good at the end of this. So I'm going with your original score of 8 out of 10. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no substance in this book at all. There's none. And the idea that the Heartless... That a ton we're of fine, substance in that Green Lantern sa- book. Well, we're saying, with yeah, and there you go. You have the opposite deal. And, like, at the end, I'm excited because we finally find out what the Heartless deal. He goes after hearts with people who want seven issues of the Heartless being in and, and around. I'm not going to use the Fear State stuff that came in with that, so that wasn't in. You mean, like, in three issues? But I'm saying, but he's always been in the background of doing stuff, and you just kind of left him behind. And I, the idea of this is, I think that Tom Taylor is right on the surface saying, I can't have people just trying to kill Dick Grayson every step of the way, so I have to make some way that Blockbuster stops. But even when they're like, hey, I'm going to go off and do this, this and that, it just it felt artificial in a way of stopping something that I thought was an interesting you know, kind of thing for Dick Grayson to try to work through himself when he didn't know what that was like he even said i feel like my real you know being nightwing is the safe thing now and whatever 
and then just having the Titans just threaten Blockbuster and get out. And if, if you would have had something where I saw, like, he's looking at him, they teleport out, and then he goes over to Intercom and is like, yeah, keep the hit on. Something like that that would give it, I think he's like, yeah, fuck this. We had to kill Gunhawk instead. The idea with Blockbuster in my mind is he's a guy who's, you know, he weighs the advantage-disadvantage. I don't think there's that much more advantage of killing Dick Grayson. And and risking maybe getting, you know, killed or at least beat up killed. or whatnot. Well, who knows what they'll do? He doesn't know. I mean, that's the well, thing. We always we say that. I don't know that he knows anything what Starfire would do. He could get the idea that she might kill somebody. We know she wouldn't. But I don't think these guys all know necessarily what everybody's got a good what? idea. He sees Raven. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, she might not kill him. If he's doing his thing, he'll know that she could send him to the hell dimension. I don't want to do that either. I mean, there's some weird things going on, and I wouldn't want to upset these pretty much aliens and God-looking people there threatening me. I, and again, this is what Tom Taylor does. It's usually surface level, and that's what it means. I think that that's his way to stop the assassination attempts because there's no real way to continue that just in the background, especially when Dick Grayson's hanging out with other people all the time. Uh, but that's that. But yeah, I went down. Like I said, me and me and J-Man were arguing, and he had a lot of points that were real accurate. He hadn't read any of the issues, so I was trying to explain some things. But, yeah, just the idea of Dick Grayson going there in front of these kids and stuff just felt wrong again. The kids, David. But it's always it's always not, see, like, a lot of the things. And that's something where, again, I used to get mad at Tom, or Tom King books because it didn't seem like the scene was well thought out. I thought that's the same as what that was, but. We'll continue with Catwoman, and it's Catwoman number 39, the beginning of Teeny Howard's deal. Again, not as many reviews as that Nightwing. And and here's the deal. Thank God for that Nightwing, because a lot of people like that book, and we need something for a lot of people to like nowadays. Nobody's buying shit, so at least there's something that can be positive. reviews, though, than Batman the Night. What's that? This Catwoman? Catwoman? Yeah. yeah, because it's a, a number one issue on Catwoman with Teeny Howard, who's first big story. Over here at DC. The other one's is a number why. one Batman issue with Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, but like you said, it's Chip Zdarsky, which we've had. This is a big thing. Teeny Howard going from the X books over at Marvel and then coming over here to, to do a book was big news when it was first announced. All she's done so far is that one shot in the Urban Legends. So people are excited about this. But we have it. It's written by Teeny Howard, art by Nico Leone, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Tom Napolitano. And yeah, we end up getting the start of this run. It's very, very narration heavy. Oh my god! It is a bit of a slog to get through. I'll admit, I liked it more the first time again as I was reading it. And when I went to read it a second time, realized how long it was taking me to get through. It feels a lot like what we had with Ram V's, though. With the like when we first went to Alley Town, with the idea like here are the main players in Alley Town. You better get to know this in this weird narration focus where here's their name, here's what they do. Better remember because it's going to play big going forward. When you have the like uh, crime families of Gotham, when you know Selena comes back to Gotham proper kind of thing, and one of them is you know Ico, and like uh, the whole thing where you have, if you have to go back to the end DCYOU era of Catwoman to freaking understand a lot of this story because you have a character in here who was big and during that run, but hasn't really had a lot to play. It's since Genevieve like, Valentine's yeah. run, and that's the thing. It's not that you have to. They're hinting the at house. stuff. 
Well, you're hinting at stuff, but she's actually gone beyond. She was a girl who was going against her father, was a crime boss, and trying to be the next Catwoman, when Catwoman was actually, at that point... Her father was found out a crime boss, yeah. Yeah, so she ended up being a crime the boss, Cowabichis. and Aiko was trying to take over. By this point, she has left that behind to end up controlling you know, her father's crime family. Now, with that, it's very similar to what we got with Ram V, but the problem is, or what I'm hoping... But Ram V did shit with that. I mean, we didn't ever need to learn those names because he didn't do anything with them. Like Ram V and that cat. Remember, everything got swirled around. Once Father Valley showed up, all that shit got thrown off to the side and only was tied in to get the dirty cop who knows about the stuff. And the idea that everybody who writes Catwoman now has to have the most important thing is the docs. That's what's getting me, but I think that these Doc's characters, these things might uh, play out a little more maybe than those other ones that I, I, I barely remember anything coming from it except that, you know, you ended up having that lady who was controlling and the other guy was doing drugs and stuff and she ended up going with the lady. But you know nothing what's ever funny about this whole thing? Because you know, I'm listening to you talk about the situation and because of that, I'm just letting this once like, you know, page on the like the, the comic just kind of sit here, right? I'm just kind of looking at it, like looking through it to a degree as you're talking. But for some reason, with what we had going on here, like here's how Finbar Sullivan, Boxing and Betting Empire, takes perilously high-dollar Gotham sporting vets and lets losing fighters take out their aggression on non-paying clients. Like, you're like learning little bits about these guys, but as they show up, when we have one of the characters at the end give Selena a present, a freaking suitcase full of, like, what well, seemed to me like random items, I had no idea what they are, it wasn't until I'm staring at this one thing realizing, oh, these are the crying family stuff that they had sitting here during this freaking boss meeting. I had no idea. It almost reminds me of like Tusk with Damien giving the Tusk to. And so, yeah. And and then you get that whole deal that might be interesting to people as we go that looks like it's not a thieves guild, but it's kind of a... Like really think about the idea and remember until the end where, you know, Selena's narrating four crying bosses who rule Gotham's underworld. An important meeting like this, each one wields a family weapon, a symbol of who holds the true power in each family. I'd love to tell you all about them, and we do, but for some reason, this is the beginning of the issue, and by the time I got to the end, and we just had a suitcase full of, like, and the thing is, I, I read it, but I didn't, like, take a notice of what they were individually on this page right now, so when you show up at the end, like, this Ico has brass knuckles, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's weird at the beginning, and there's some weird plays here. I I like the Genevieve Valentine uh, yeah, run. It was different. And, well, because Catwoman was a crime boss, so like the idea that finally finding out who your father is, and he's you know a Calavici of the Calavici crime family, and now you're in charge of like that's a cool and weird twist for Catwoman. And it was an interesting time. We didn't last too long because people want Catwoman to be Catwoman. Long. And then even at the point in that uh, the big thing, the one of the bigger villains in it was Black I'd Mask was who shows the, up too. I'd say that was one of the better split-ups of the DC Wire did dead because they seem to change every character in DC Comics to do something different than they usually do. And that was one of the better ones in my mind. Well, the funny thing is, and I know that you probably got around to it eventually, but when they ended up having the solicit for this and the solicit podcast that I do, on Patreon, I'm reading it, yeah, okay. and they ended up, and actually, I think it was a news podcast, because it was about her being, because it was, there was some quotes. So you end up having this quote where, there's Teeny Howard, I'm coming from Marvel, I'm going over, I'm going to write Catwoman, all right. And the quote was like, I can't wait to write Catwoman. Man, I'm following in the steps of Genevieve Valentine. That's what she said then. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, following the steps, like there, there was a bunch of things since then. 
And also, not many people sit there and say that was the greatest run of all time. It was a long time. It was a long time ago. And even when I was doing the news program, I'm like, well, I like the Genevieve Valentine stuff. I I ended up liking it a lot more than a lot of other people. But it was a weird call out to say, I can't believe I'm going to be able to write Catwoman following the steps of Genevieve Valentine. I don't think it's the last thing she read in the Catwoman series. But there's also so many other people that wrote Catwoman and big things, but that was, and it sees, you see why she's going to use a bunch of things from it and play off with Ico and stuff like that, which is cool. Crime family stuff, Ico and Black Mask. We have, we hitting all the heavy hitters right here. And that's what we get. Now with that, there's some weird plays in here and you're going to get this. Here's the deal. I saw people having problems with it. I had a problem with it in a different way, where you end up having all these crack bosses. And they're like, okay, gentlemen, let's get the meeting going. And there's a editor's note that's less of an editor's note, more of a commentary deal. But it says, I know Ico is there. You know Ico is there. But I, if I had a dollar for every time I'd been addressed in a room as gentlemen or guys, as though no women were present. And it says the women of the book. Now, what a weird call out in the middle of your book to stop and talk about. The weird thing about it earlier is you end up having them actually like stop and, and actually say, and ladies to Ico. So they were, but the problem is, and this is what happened, and in, in we had to defend Bendis a little. Bendis had one of his bad guys say a bad thing, said, and I'll just say, I think it was retard. He ended yeah. up having, oh, I'm going to get that retard. And people blew their minds were, oh my God, whatever. How dare you say that? He's a bad guy. Of course he's going to say it. he's a bad dude. These guys are pieces of shit. I mean, these guys are crime bosses. The one ended up was a human trafficker. The <laughs> idea that they're going to be pieces of shit and say, okay, gentlemen, let's get going. It, it, that's not normal walk a day life where well, a human trafficker, like he's a cab driver. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's trafficking them that places. So I don't expect these guys to be sensitive and things. So when you give us this editor's note, I sit there and go, these guys are pieces of shit. What do you expect from them? And that ends up, in my mind, they're putting it out there so that you can just show that it's I go as to that. fight this against that. But it's weird. Not, it's not even a commentary about what's going on here. It's a commentary about Teeny Howling. Yep, this has happened to me, too. And everybody weird, else right? on the deal. And it would be like, okay, so you're in a meeting of comic book writers. Maybe you're in a writer's room for a TV show, and they come in and say, okay, gentlemen. You might be a little more offended if you're there with these crime bosses in the middle of a strip club making some deals. Okay, no, no, nobody's saying it here. It's just T.D. Howard. Or, or, well, no, they, say, they say now, gentlemen, and they say I go no, But nobody's complaining in the no, book. Well, I think that you're supposed to be that I goes pissed down below. But She's it's just fine. it's such a side deal to just throw that out there when you, it, it's felt weird. And again, it's a piece of shit. So. You end up having this going on, and you get this deal where they want the women dancing, Catwoman's able to kind of finagle in, all these things happening. And, like, some of the lines, they're not even looking at me. But if there weren't girls here dancing it up, they'd be mad. This goes on and on in this where suddenly I, it, the, the strippers become more powerful than the Titans in, in that in Nightwing book. They end up strippers, strippers take down Black Mask in, in this issue. It's a little too much. Well, they kind of sucker punch me. It's just a dude. Sucker punch me. He, they kicked him yeah. and do karate moves. I don't know what they're doing. And well, so with that, like and, and I, love, though, I love the idea, though. Selena goes, well, you're going to have to dye your hair and change your name. No, no, no. They're, they're going to kill you right now. Also, the idea in this that throws me off is during a lot of stuff that's going down, Selena keeps name dropping Ico. Ico, you never told me that. 
Oh no, she's dead. <laughs> What's the thing? Why, she's why she's the head of a crime family. She's fine. Because even Black Mass says, I'm pretty sure that she's like Ico has her, like, you know, Catwoman has Ico in her pocket. And that's when you stop dealing with her then. Yeah. I mean, this is But huge. she has the doxia kata. But it's still, it's huge. And it you might lead to some kind of war. But going you forward. don't say that. Selena would be smart enough not to say that, especially if she still wanted well, to get did some information her from her. Well, she's doing her thing. Like you said, she didn't kill her or anything. She ended up giving her a hint and actually told her where to go. It just is too over the top for her to name drop that as if we just talked. I mean, it wasn't just like, well, I figured out, like, well, Ico, you didn't tell me this. Like, oh, my God, she's been, you know, telling shit to Catwoman and stuff. Also, all these women are going to be murdered that night, their wives and girlfriends. Because Selena just says, Selena, what's that? They don't if they get away and do what Selena says here because the idea they like they don't tell the girls to get away. I'm talking about the wives and girlfriends. The wives and girlfriends of who? Of the the crime bosses. She oh, says. Fine. She says they told me everything. Yeah. They they told me this. Most of these guys are going to go and just kill them. I I can't say I know what they'll do. Well, you haven't seen any sort of you know news or anything on what the actual mob does. I know you don't like the mob stuff and don't watch movies or TV shows, but even reading stuff with them, they're not going to go for this. If a girlfriend or something ends up spilling the beans like this, they are dead. And Selena just tells them that. Hey, yeah, you know, you you think you're great, but your wives and girlfriends, I was talking to all of them, and they told me everything. Yeah, they're in big trouble with this. It's a weird play overall with that, making Selena the smartest one in the room, but really just saying shit that's going to get a lot of innocent people or somewhat innocent people in trouble. Well, they are, you know, in the mob, so maybe they aren't innocent people because they yeah, aren't but going the wives and girlfriends, a lot of time they don't know. They, she even says they don't know the real shit you do, but they, what they do know, they, do. they slip. <laughs> well, I'm saying they say that. They, they, she says that specifically. They don't know how you get the money, but boy, they talk about what they have on you, and, and I found out all this stuff. It's just a weird play. But you end up where she meets up with this, you know, mysterious other, you know, thief that thief. wants them to join up and gives her a cat. And yeah, it's nice enough. And you end it's up a weird there. situation with a sparkly moon kitty with a diamond necklace and stuff like that. You have one of this guy who wants Selena to join his like, you know, guild of thieves for the most part. And he just kind of looks like a young ghost maker to me. Yeah, I think it's a woman, by the way. I, oh, it, yeah? it just, yeah, it seemed like from the side. Uh, that it looks like a gal, possibly. I, I don't know. It the looks one like Ghost Maker to me with a Dick Grayson body. When they're there and like the cat's name's Duchess and you look there in the side deal, it kind of looks like a, a lady, but I don't know. We'll have to see what's going on. It kind of plays off like a guy, uh, but ends up fighting Catwoman kind of playfully and then at the end gives that, you know, gift and, and says, oh my God, that person ended up listening and stuff like that. But in the meantime, the strippers take down Black mass, they all run away. Everything's, you know, every, all hell's broken loose. And at the end, I really don't know what Selena accomplished in this first issue overall of what's going on. And in it's Gotham. such a weird situation because I don't even know what they she wanted to do to begin with. Like, you know, going in with the crime family because she's like, you know what I did when I first went to Alley Town? I took out the trash, made sure that I was head honcho number one. So she's like, now I'm back in Gotham proper. All the crime families are getting together for a meeting tonight. Well, I'm going to go in there and kick some ass because I'm Selena Kyle and Catwoman. I'm like, look, you, you can go in there and possibly you're going to kick all these freaking head honchos asses, but they have a whole family slash army behind them a crime network and then you've also been doing enough of your homework because while your plan was to come in here use some like dancers to help you get in to freaking you know say i'm a dancer get close enough to go kick some heads in you did not count on black mask showing up as a part of the like sionis crime family and also being crazy and late to the party so 
caught you completely by surprise. Just feels like situation. I'm the smartest person in the room. I did this, this, and this. I know everything about this. When you didn't even know who all the crime families were. That's the were. weird thing. I think that, like you said before, I think that that was the play to make you see that Aiko wasn't really on her side, that she doesn't, oh, yeah. she's not there to help Selena. So she didn't say it. And that's when, that's when the, the talk starts with the, hey, Aiko, where are you back there? You didn't tell me Roman was showing up to the party when you told me about everything else. And yeah, she really, I go crazy as Black Mass shows up, you realize that this person who thought maybe was a friend or was previously a friend didn't tell you that one of your greatest enemies was going to show up when you, like, she knew you were going to show up. We're no longer friends anymore, and I'm going to out that bitch. Yeah, I didn't mind that, but it still was weird. like the idea of this. I love Ico, and I would like to see, and even the, you know, the, Black the big Mask thing is of Catwoman's this, greatest enemy. Yeah, that's crazy. And like you said, that means that she. Might have jumped into the, this reminds me almost like the idea that maybe in the alley town where she says she cleaned it up, you know, maybe she's, you know, I think the magistrate did more. Honestly. She's rewriting, you know, history a bit there. But I think that what you're supposed to see, and that's why the thing is all this complaining, I actually like the issue in a way of getting, you know, the idea of what the book will be about and what Selena will be about now, I hope. That the narration heavy stuff kind of goes Because I, I didn't really dig that I'd like to just see her doing things When you have the idea where Everything including just normal Stuff doesn't have to be a damn caper I mean the idea that sure, I think Sure it does, that, I'm going to the grocery store You it's know like, it's going to be a caper That's what I was going to say, it's like Black Cat I'm going to heist these and carrots this, and peas This actually feels a lot more like Black Cat Recently than than I actually was thinking oh, yeah. or wanting because that had the thieves guild. Did Teeny Howard do Black Cat? And no, no, okay. it's actually Jeb McKay. But you end up where it was fun. But this, you know, having the thieves guild. But that's the thing. It seems like a lot of these writers and you made the joke, but I was going to say the same thing where she decides that she wants to get like Nightwing. I'm going to get some bagels and a coffee. <laughs> you start having the, the caper music going. It's like. <laughs> All oh, right, she goes and slips a, a note here, then ends up doing this, and then at the end she just buys it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have a bagel. The thing is, this is All how people right. stay happy with their imagination and make things like simple, mundane things feel bigger in their mind. At least, it, yeah. have a little theme song playing in your head as you go to pick up a coffee at Starbucks, and then you end up Selena. She knocks on the door. Boom, boom. I love it. She's Someone's knocking base somewhere. Yeah, it is, and she knocks. Somebody answers. Like you know, it's somebody she knows. Say, hey, you want to go get a bagel? You son of a bitch. Son of a, I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> then they're both going and yeah, you have the things going on. Me. I'm sad. Oh, man. I need a wheel, man. I don't have a ride. All right. You know, I man. always need a wheel, man. Oh, shit. I'm I in. don't have a driver's license. Exactly. So there you go. So you just getting to the bar. It's okay. Right? Exactly. It's, right? And you have to sneak out just to sleep. <laughs> See you. <laughs> doink, 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 sneaking out. I don't have to sneak out, man. I'm a man. I can do it. I know. It'd be hilarious. But overall, again, like, it was a little drawn out of the, okay, I'm going to sit like, how much time went between this where she's basically just hanging out at this Trixie school for girls for, for forever? Well, it's a weird situation because you, you're going to learn all about the Trixie school for girls and what it used to be in this time that, like, you know, a guy came in because, like, no boys after 9 p.m. and this was a mob boss, so, like, he was just using the women as sex pieces right there, so he's got pissed off, bought the place, and now it's kind of more of an exclusive kind of thing. Where you like mob bosses send their like you know side pieces to live and pay the rent and shit like that, where they are dead, not dead, they are fine, but 
when we learned about all of this, isn't that where she's staying though? Like there's a, uh, like a yeah, floor? there's an abandoned floor that they. Exactly. It's a weird play though where, because we're the gonna play stay there for a while because it was a murder that went down and they blocked it off so police can't investigate it and Selena found out about this and is using it as her crash pad. And right the now. weird thing about it is the way that this is spelled out: the police can investigate because it's blocked off. But they say that they got the police to block it off, yeah. so they can't investigate. The I don't know what's happening here. Why do you have to block it off? Who came first, the, t- the, the cop who's on the take or the freaking... I don't this have is the idea. This with. is the house you grew up in. You had a you know, murder-suicide going on, but you just go on. I mean, when you're on the take, they're on the take. Open that shit up and get people in. But well, it, look, it just it, gives Selena, Selena somewhere to go. It's living in luxury when nobody okay. else going to come look for it. It's fine. And so with that, all in all, that the, you start off with the idea. And you have Teeny Howard, I thought, doing a good job of, like, listen, I was with the Strays. Yeah, I love them. You know, real nice little scamps there. But I also like pleasure. And actually really plays up an idea that you say to me all the time. I thought of you right away. The idea, she doesn't have guilty pleasure. She just has pleasure. Why be guilty about it? That's what you always tell me. I want to... For the for the stupidest thing, I wanted to have a podcast. Me and you do of guilty pleasures. We never did it because you said you don't have any. Damn and right. You couldn't even pretend. You're here, baby. You couldn't even pretend. So, but she says that. Then again, then she's eating some wacky sandwich later. But who cares? But what's wrong with the sandwich? I don't know. It looks weird. It looks like just ham and cheese with lettuce. I don't like. What's wrong putting, with that? I don't like putting lettuce on like that sort of deli sandwich so in my mind. Nobody else can do it either. It's just like you know what you want: greens, vegetables. Yes, it's swanky. Moiter's dime. Yeah, not on a ham and cheese. Now, again, I don't even know what's a ham and cheese. I'm going to say it is, though. I thought that she'd be eating, like, cat food or something, right? It's really cat cool, food. though, that we are back to proper Gotham right yeah, now. Yeah, I like and it. Right away, that we have the idea that she's going to have this Valmont character who wants to induct her in his Thieves Guild situation where she's going to fight off because she is the world's greatest. He is playing on her ego. The idea that I don't want gifts because he leaves her a, a fancy-ass cat. So we have a cat already with Selena, and it's a fancy cat that I do like looking at because I don't know. I'm a cat guy. I'm weird. I just like looking at that, knowing the cat woman has a cat heady. But when he offers her this, like, this gift again at the end, where it's like, not bye. exactly a gift, but it is all the individual weapons of the families before. So it's almost like Valmont got to them. So this is like, you know, here you go. You are the winner. You are the best. It might have not looked like you got, you know, over before when this black mask came in and got fucking gun happy, but here you go. And imagine if, like, if I can do this, imagine what we could yeah. all do together. And that that's intriguing. And that's If you cool. have a guild of thieves with Catwoman being the best there is at what she does, and what she does is awesome, plus a bunch of other people, I'm all about that. While making references to Genevieve Valentine's run of Catwoman. Yeah, and they, they say that basically, hey, listen, we're not a guild. We're just like-minded individuals. That's fine. You're, st- you're a guild. Stop <laughs> you're a guild. it. Stop playing. And I like that idea Some where- sort of league? Because with Ico being full out with her dad's taking over you know, the family business here- what I get out of this first issue where again, I actually like this and I like the the setup. I like being in Gotham. I love seeing Black Mask. Whether or not, you know, people know who Iko is, I personally like seeing I hope her. he does not have, you know, shape shifting powers anymore. That's that's the problem is I wanted to know what exactly this black I mask think, is. I think it's gonna be dealing with crime family, good and proper, basic you know, Roman Sionis, and that's all I really want from it. Here's the deal. When, when do we ever know what the hell this guy's up to? At points, he was mind-controlling people. Well, that was Man 52 bullshit. No, that's what I'm saying. But then when we got to Genevieve Valentine, that kind of went away because it was crime. I think it's the same play here. So we have the regular classic Roman. We don't have the gimp. I'm good. Greg Capullo's gimp black mask. The worst. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so when you get this, I like Tom it. Tom Taylor's what- shape-shifting black mask. 
What I don't need going forward is the book where you see the problem with a solitary hero who's up to capers on her own and doing things that's always going to be heavy narration. You have to do that. The idea that there's this guild that would be some new characters that could be interesting and work with Selena, I'm all for. And I think that's cool. And I think that, and you you do have, I think Teeny Howard shows, now again, you say that she only read the Genevieve Valentine deal. But I, she, I, I don't know if she did. It's just a joke. But yeah. when she comes over here, she does seem to at least know, you know, the bullet points of what people would want out of Selena. She knows what came before it with Ram B's thing, mentioning stuff, but also knows a little back thing where she could throw in. A lot of these writers don't go that far. She knows, you know, the Black Mask deal. And well, with honestly, that, I think I, it's I, cool. I, I want to talk about the Genevieve Valentine, but we aren't all that far removed from that, are we? Like, how many runs do we have? Because Catwoman was canceled then. We had the bad cat stuff, and then we brought it back. Was it even Rebirth, or was it after that? Because we're not that far into this one, are we? Well, I'm saying this is because when you ended when we, up having her go Catwoman off. When we Catwoman back with Joelle Jones, we went off to Villa Hermosa then, and then we went to Alleytown, and now we're back to Gotham proper. And the last time I think we were, we were here like this was Genevieve Valentine's well, run. Well, the, the run, yeah, there hasn't been because there wasn't a Catwoman book, so you ended up, but she was doing all the stuff in the Batman book with Tom King, so you ended up. Having her kind of in there as a Batman book own there, thing, though. yeah, but she was doing most of it. She was doing most of Batman's thing, so you did get her. But the, just the timing of it and the idea that a lot of people did jump on with Rebirth, some people would. That's the thing. I like the way the play here is. You're not going to be confused if you don't know who Ico is, but if you do know, it's it's like where we say that like a a Pixar movie that's for the kids, but there's the jokes for the adults. If you're in the know. It pays off that, you know, you know, me and you going through that Genevieve Valentine run, it's paying off a bit for us to enjoy this a little more, though, by the end, it does look like it's full out, you know, villain and she may become the main villain in this against Selena, which would be cool. I do like Ico as that cat one was really neat and then it just kind of got cut off at the knees. But I, I like this and I think the art's really, really good. It, it feels like, you know. The same but swankier. I mean, it does look like it's like the Fernando Blanco stuff that you had Ram V doing in the then Alley Town slums. It's a little polished here, but it oh, has yeah. that same feel to it. I mean, seriously, if you have a bit of a fetish for latex and stuff, they'd really go out of the way to get that shiny Catwoman so suit going. Me. I'm saying I love it. <laughs> now the art's really good, but like I said, I can play this idea that it looks like a swankier version of the. Stuff we just had, which oh, we makes ain't sense. it no more. Yeah, it makes sense in the thing, and I like that. And it's it's a cool way to see Selena. She even mentions, you know, not having Batman around, all that stuff that we can just let's get the Selena book, let's get going. Everything's a everybody off when she starts having a relationship with Valmont. Yeah, and we might find out that this ends up being something big, where you know they're going to get the big score. You're wondering if oh, Selena will Selena one, end one, up one crossing one a line? Yeah, will she end up? Because she is kind of that anti-hero type thing between, so we'll see. But I did like it. I, I liked it. Um, I yeah, still hope that it gets better. Yeah. And it, But it's a good setup to get you interested in things like that. So oh, it's overall, definitely a decent first issue. I'm giving it a 7 yeah. out of 10. For I'm giving it a 7.5. Right I yeah. end up giving it an 8 on the site, but then when I read it again, I'm going to tell you, it took me a while to get through again, and nothing's wrong with it. It's just there's a bit of a, It's a little wordy at points. It takes a while to show you the caper, and it goes into some things. But once we get to the nitty gritty, once I'm telling you when Black Mask shows up, then I'm like, Guns yeah, this, this all feels crazy as like shit. we're back. We're back to a run that I'll like. So I, and I'm not even somebody who hated the Ram V deal, but 
It was disjointed. Like we said, you had the crime bosses there and did nothing with it. So hopefully this will have a good focus going on. But we're going to go now to the last book of the section. Whew. Yeah, this is this was a deep, it's a deep cut book, this one. And again, I talk about the Nightwing book and get upset because, you know, a lot of surface level things. But yeah, I, I can admit that people love it. And that's great because there's a lot of books like this Green Lantern book where I said Nightwing, 18 reviews, 7 10. I think this, 19. Yeah, well, then somebody just came in hot, Eric. And so even with that, 7, 10 out of 10s. This book, Green Lantern, that we're doing next had four reviews. One's you, and it's just, I don't know why that means. <laughs> One's you, <laughs> and Eric. I mean, you. So, but then again, that does mean something, because you will always be reviewing this book, whether good, better, and different. That's yeah, right. our deal. Green Lantern so book. maybe it does mean something. One was you. Everybody's bailed. Nobody... I don't hear anybody ever even getting mad about this book anymore. We should go read the blog about what's freaking like review on it because they ain't happy. Again, they're not happy at all. I always do go and read that. We talk about this. Where I think there's two eights for this book. My score and then like you know the the like Myron. Book the blog coming in. Yeah, and they come in like I think a four of this. Well, and I, I, I don't talk to Myron all the time, but yeah. I do go and look when these come out. But he just doesn't like. He is this, not a right? fan. No, no, he's not. And you're kind of in between. Well, that's the thing is, I, I keep flip flopping with how I feel about this book because it's, it has that two story, you know, thing each and every issue where you have the John story and you have the Joe Mullen story on Owen. What's going on with that? The continued story of the power battery and what the mystery is. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that style of storytelling and the stuff that we had been getting with John, while it was interesting with the background of the mosaic, like, you know, Mortal Guardian stuff, it wasn't really do hit, like, you know, hard hitting enough for me because it just felt like it was going through the motions and not feeling bi- as big as it should, at least. The Joe Mullen stuff, Always seemed like it was going to be the best part of the story because what we're doing, this one, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm rereading the John Stewart stuff. And I'm like, I think I like this better because the Joe Mullen stuff just feels like we're just not doing anything at all. And everything that we've been waiting on, like, you know, oh, my God, the Guardians are in some kind of time lock. We don't understand. Oh, wait. Oh, they're good now because we need them. Cool, cool, cool. It just feels weird. Yeah. And, and the, one of the big things that I guess should be a wild moment is you find out. You know why Joe got the ring and the whole concept of them seeing and this ahead and stuff, forced. but it felt I don't weird. Even, everything yeah, about this was weird and forced. Was like I sent this up to make another ring because of this. I'm like, did you? Because even when we left the last issue, where Joe was in the shadow vault and was screwed over by Koyos when he came out as that giant magical guardian rogue monster, and she's like, her power ring seemed empty at that point. Now it's fine again, and like. Whatever. Yeah. So we have this going, and here I am. You know, I don't like reading Eric. What's that for? That's for suckers. But no, I'm not a Green Lantern fan in the fact that I I don't really know anything at all before the new 52. You know, I'm just telling you right out, straight up. But I always do love getting things. Like, I'm not a big Hawkman fan, but at the beginning of that Hawkman book by Venditti, Bion, Bion, Eric, I don't have that set up. But you love that firestorm, though, right? But and what some of them I don't let, and that's the problem is, usually when I get in these books, I love the opportunity to maybe love these things with you and get more Shazam. of a deep cut. So, or a blue beetle. Yeah. They don't all work out, Eric. <laughs> they don't they all do work out. Work so out. when I get into this. None of them work out. <laughs> Since 2011, 2012, I've read most of the Green Lantern stuff. So I know the characters. I know the things. I never read the Mosaic deal. And one of the big things is I was excited even when Jon Stewart went on the Justice League because that is kind of an area that I don't know too much about because he hasn't been featured as much as some things with it. So I was excited. Me and you ended up starting out this Green Lantern run 
And again, I do end up sounding a negative all the time, but I usually am the guy who's like, okay, this is my chance. This is going to be great. And I look at it as then an you opportunity. See narration boxes. I hate this. No. Exactly. Right. And I'm like, what? Ram show? I end up like, but it's always that opportunity for me to not only you know, love a character or, or find out about them. That would help us out. I mean, some of the things in my mind are the, well, this will help me out later, too, so then I can sound smart and things because I'm doing <laughs> But it also is really that I want to get on the podcast, and I love when me and you end up where you end up saying, like, see, I told you, he's great. This is awesome. And it's so cool. And from the beginning of this, I have been struggling and having a fight, and I think that I might be most of the people who want to get involved with this, they've all bailed. We well, end up is, still talking like about it. It's but for casual, you know, Green Lantern fans, and even the, like the hardcore Green Lantern fans aren't seeming they're to not really liking like it. it. Well, even you said it's it's going with the Mosaic storyline. That's not loved anyway. So you're already fighting that, but coming Again, into I, this. It's not loved by me, but I for years and years, I always heard people put it up on a pedestal, which I never understood, but nobody talks about it anymore. You're not even supposed to read it anymore no. because of the bad things that the guy who did it ended up. So you can't find the stuff even on the app and things but you're coming out of infinite frontier where everything matters that's one thing but you're gonna get a lot of people new and this book it's a roadblock for anybody because it always feels even the and this is the problem when you don't know much about something you start to worry and don't even realize that some of the things are like you who loves it you don't know either because it's new, but it all swirls around. And when we get to each issue, I don't know what the hell happened the last issue. I'll admit. So I get into this, and I'm like, what the hell? And it takes me so the long. Storm? And kind of. The Lightbringer? Isak? Usually with books, though, I've read enough and done some things where, okay, after a pay, oh, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean slate. I, I'm reading this. I'm like. I don't know what the hell is happening here. I don't know what you're telling me. I don't understand the importance of all of this. And all I keep seeing is you have to decide your future state. And I'm getting Choose angry. Choose your future state, I get John so Stewart. I'm so angry with it. So with that, I think that you're right that the John Stewart stuff is probably better. But when we get to the Joe Mullen stuff, I actually know what's going on. Yeah, I'm but all it just, in a tizzy. I don't even know because we have Green Lantern number 10 written by Jeffrey Thorman, art by Chris Cross, Juan Castro, Marco Santucci, Mike Atea, and Rob Lee. Chris Cross does make you jump, and also his art makes your heart melt. Oh. This idea, though, of going into the future state situation because it's, Bing a, bang. it's a fun way to do it. It's not great here where you have the, the John Stewart that we saw in Future State, which I wasn't a fan of, where he has the Emerald Guard, and he's like, you know, the award prefect of this, where he's just going off and doing Green Lantern stuff without actually Green Lantern. He's the leader of a pretty much intergalactic army. And you see this, like, what the hell is going on here? Because I did not want to read this when Future State came out. I don't read it now. But when all of a sudden, there is he's going up on a balcony. He's going to talk to all of his Emerald Warriors that he has here. And then there's an explosion. And then he's yanked back by Isak, who's like, I won't let you. I'm so close. And then you realize... Holy shit, what's going on here? Because Lona was like, Oh, you gotta choose your future state, man. You're like, the idea that John Stewart was taking like when he took out the Lightbringer and created that God Storm, right now he is absorbing the energy of the God Storm. Or even as he says later, the, maybe the energy absorbed him. Either way, it doesn't matter. Because all of the dark sectors that we find out here, and I don't think it's played out very well at the way it's told, but the dark sector that John Stewart and the other Green Lanterns were gonna go and check out that were, you know, shielded by hyper time as the Guardians said didn't make a lot of sense, but it seems like in this area, the dark sector is made up of hyper time, so Esau could do this and, like, you know, protect it from, like, all the life that he was going to call and give the life force to the Lightbringer itself. 
Now that that's destroyed, with the hyper time shards being there, the unlimited amount of different timelines you can do, John is absorbing this, and with the power that he has as the mortal guardian, he's able to take this upon himself and you know absorb the power and take it on. But he needs to choose what his future state is going to be. I don't know why you have to do that because, but with the the hyper time, we keep jumping back because he's cooled out, he's put back in. We see different versions of him, and when you have the savior version, that becomes almost like that's the thing. He's supposed to be a mortal guardian to a degree, a new, new guy, just somebody that is like, you know, above mortal beings. And we don't know why he is this yet, but hopefully we'll get to the idea. But when you see these different versions of him and different timelines of what he could be going forward, when you have him bringing uh, Kat Matui, his wife, back from the dead, using hyper time and afterlife and doing all this thing, doing what he believes, putting right what once went wrong, Sam Beckett fucking style. I actually thought it was like Parallax. Oh, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. He has straight up became Parallax in this whole thing where he is using the power to shape the world the way he sees fit no matter what. So there are no rules for Jon Stewart. And such a weird idea because a lot of people who didn't read Mosaic think that, oh, my God, we're turning Jon into the the, the torchbearer like Kyle Rayner was where he had all that energy. And it was Parallax energy. Ultimately, when you have that much power, like absolute power corrupts absolutely. So when you have this, I'm like, you might be doing good things right now where you've created an entire world for yourself and everybody you love. You're bringing all the Green Lanterns. You've got killer and your wife back to life. You are bringing your wife back to life, but you have way too much power. And there's going to be somebody, maybe even friends of yours, who might think this is a bad path because we saw what happened to Hal Jordan before when his like Coast City was dead and all he wanted to do was bring it back and could I tell you Hal Jordan in my mind will be so pissed that when Coast City died he couldn't bring it back. But here's John with all the fucking power of the cosmos and the universe. He could do anything and there's nobody there to stop him. And the funny thing is is that's like the surface level thing that I even got. Yeah. So I'm sitting there I'm like, holy shit, you're turning the you know Hal Jordan parallax deal. That's not good. And and though I but everything think everything you again, see of it is good. Yeah, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. But you, you're like he's going the savior with, here, and that's the thing is, even with you know callouts and Lightbringer and stuff, that might go over my head as well. But some of the people, and, and when I see the reactions to this, people are they're not liking this. So when they see this, they're not thinking of the idea of oh my god, he didn't learn before, but he's also doing good. It's oh, you're just trying to turn him into how this is going to be a fight that you know Jeffrey Thorne's going to be fighting all the time with that. But the big thing about it is. Not many people like the future state Green Lantern story that Jeffrey Thorne did itself. No, I just I was looking at the reviews and you you were positive at the beginning, but even with backups that you enjoyed. Oh, that's the thing. I love the guy Gardner and Justin Cruz backups. Yeah, you gave it a seven the first issue and then a five. The user reviews are like threes, Mm -hmm. and yet that's Jeffrey Thorne. It's like the guy will refuse. I say he refuses to read the room here, and I guess he's just like. Screw it. I know I'm going to get kicked off this book, so I'm just going to do my shit whether people like it or not. But this run is one of the I can't say it's the worst because it's got to be for somebody. But this run has now become so nothing. And it's like people aren't even angry about it anymore. They're just they assume it sucks and go on. Why didn't you change things by now to get to a point here where you could do something where, oh, my God. This is the greatest. They twist it, but he's just going to keep going and, and having this. And Catman, like, and I don't know what you're supposed to grab onto here to really enjoy yourself. Well, even when you have the situation where I want to get down to the nitty gritty, the details, and Jeffrey Thorne's like, yeah, I kind of did some broad strokes. The details are like, the devil's there, and I don't like the devil, so you ain't going to get it. Because even when you have the savior at the moment of this hyper time world that John has with Catman, too, trying to explain things to her because all she knows is that she came back to life and doesn't understand how. And they're like, 
there's a process to what the jhanas were fighting, but think of them, he's talking about hyper time right here. He's like, think of them as little branches off the main timeline, splinters that don't go anywhere. We, uh, he wove clusters of them together too, dot, dot, dot. Doesn't matter. He screwed up. And like the idea, whenever you start talking about it, whenever you are going to get a bit of information and maybe fully understand what's going on in this series of Green Lantern, it's ellipses. Let's move on because there's no real answer about that. Because even when Isak, like when he's pulling John out of the God Storm because he wants the power for himself, even when, maybe maybe this is the whole idea of that. that it is a setup for later on. But I won't let you take this away with me. I'm going to bring them back. Everybody, Light Ray, and I'm like. Well, what happened to everybody? Who are we talking about? And which light ray are you talking about now? Because this is the light ray that's in Superman and the Authority in Action Comics. Is it light ray of the new gods? I don't know why light ray's dead or what's going on. And you're just saying things now. And using dark sectors and hyper time and, and cool weird shit. bringing light ray from the Superman book back to life to get her back. Because the thing is, we know before with all these little things that I don't even know how anybody's going to tie it together that light ray is. And it's light ray is the tangent flash light ray from another Earth, not the light ray new god. She died on War World. And what does that mean for <laughs> everything else? I mean, even with that, you're going through all this and, you know, the dialogue. It's so hard to get through. And I sent you, I sent you a message. I'm like, I have one more book to read for tonight, Screen Lantern. And then I sent right back. I'm like, I am struggling. This just feels like words being thrown at me. And even the stuff like you end up where these, they're, he's bringing people back to life, this hyper time deal. And he's refining the process. Feature. Yeah, he's refining the process. So at first, you know, people were more confused, but now they're less. And I don't care. But he ends up like, yep. I'm refining the process. The less disruptive it'll be. The manifold's just the beginning. We're taking the show on the road from death, baby. You were yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, what are you doing here? I don't even know what you're saying. Always getting his, his wife back. I love Calm that. Res- rescue? What? What was? Where was I? Baby, you were dead, baby. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's go. And then when you do go from there, where, like you said, it is a lot of yelling, which light ray, all these things happening where I'm like, I don't know what's happening. But when you get to the point where, okay, let's get to where the, the battery was destroyed, the whole thing where they were betrayed. But even then, like you said, you had the guardians in the stasis and all of a sudden they just pop out. Hey guys, and- I'm here. We're good again. And then like, you know, Joe Mullen had her freaking ring, but felt like it was Dre before. She's good now and not only good. She's good enough to power up all the bionic suits that all the former Green Lanterns need to fight up against Koyos as well. I and like even, that, too. When it's I, like, come on, we need that power up. They keep mentioning it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get but before that. we get to the Joe Mullen stuff, the last thing we do, John does choose his future state because even the idea that uh, Lonar talks to him, like, you have to choose Sage, Lord, Soldier, Savage, but you have to make a choice with the God Storm so it doesn't go and consume everything in the universe. You take this upon yourself. You choose because if you don't, everything is destroyed. And I don't know what John chose in the end. I just know that with whatever power he has now because of the God Storm and what he already had going on with his body, he does see what's going on with Ella. And that's how we have a transition to what's going on with Koyos being the magic rogue a guardian that he is right now with that, you know, monster on his head. But yeah, I mean. it's such a weird idea because when you have this, you have so much going on. All of a sudden, the Guardians, they were in this whole time flux that screwed over everything when the battery was destroyed. It seemed like a big deal. Here they just are. No, like, you know, exp- explanation why they just show up. Like, Koryos' sister, Nima Sini, she previously killed the freaking Kaluan representative of the freaking, uh, the United Federation of Planets. Never brought up here. And I don't, nobody's even talking about the murder of that Kaluan freaking, uh, representative before. And the idea that, you know what, Koryos, 
it, while it did seem previously that both brother and sister were in on the idea of bringing magic back to the world with the star heart that the Guardians had buried and, you know, killed the majority of magic in the world because it equaled chaos. When we have the situation here that's just like, I knew what you were up to. So I went and forged another ring to give it to, you know, Joe Mullen here. And then I made sure that her and John Stewart were away when you're like, you didn't do any of those things because Joe Mullen was here and John went to go do this other thing that you had didn't seem like you had any involvement in it at all. So like so forced. Now and, we're making John and Joe the most important people and it's because of Nemocini that it is, and I'm like, I don't recall that. Maybe it's all me. Maybe I'm just a dummy, but I don't recall that being the case at all. It just plays out the idea that in Joe Mullen in the Far Sector book that they do say, see Far Sector, she didn't really quite understand the ring or why she was given it. And the idea, and they're just playing that gray area of just forcing this in. That wasn't the plan all well, along. Even just the idea when it becomes so simple that like Joe has a special ring that can still go and charges differently than any other ring that's out there, not connected to the central power battery. And then here's Nemesini. Oh, yeah, I just made a different kind of ring. Yeah, I made and a different that is, kind of that, ring. That's, that's why. It. That's, that's it. your explanation and of anything for the background of this. I'm like, well, that's not what, enough. what gets me there is the idea that you had Joe and even Teen Lantern is kind of, you know, pushed aside Oh, now. she's still in the background all comatose. Yeah, so her, Joe, and even Hal, which you don't really take advantage of, they do have different things. Hal, the living will, all that stuff. I thought that the They've idea... they never said that, but we have to still go with that because it still seems because weird, Because that's though. what it was. Hal didn't have a regular ring. I'm saying no. that, but it was still connected to the central power battery. I know, so but I, I think that how. it still might you. have been fueled by... It's his even own will so, of power with the freaking you know, ion in the universe, I guess. My whole thing of this is, though, is you ended up being able to take the far sector idea of a different ring and cleverly make it so that she remains here, and now you just dumbed it up. You just ended up having one of the clever things that seemed to be a coincidence, but ends up being the saving grace that she does have a ring that's different and the gauntlet with Kelly. But you end up just now saying, well, let's not have Kelly because I don't make any sense with what I'm going to say, but we'll do the ring. And that's something I did before. And it lessens everything. And then even then you get this part here where there's that weird play of, okay, shit has gone wrong here on. I mean, there, there's a lot of things. I think that. I wanted more of the explanation with magic and stuff that we had before that you thought was really going to be setting up the star heart, all that stuff. Yeah. But with that, you just end up just yelling about it, yelling that the guardians are liars. That the I mean, guardians, many, we are the abyss. How many we times did that broken back. record have this? It's always <laughs> the idea that the guardians are liars or assholes. But then you get on the side. Uh, hey, uh. Uh, this is out to Joe Mullen. Uh, we're going to end up doing two options here. We're going to blow up the planet or we're going to come in and we're going to have the, the uh, United, what is it? The uh, United Order intervention. Yeah. So you get Hawk Slayer's pair to show up. And the whole thing is you are leading to just a big fight with this gigantic kaiju magic rogue guardian Koyos where you have the guardians firing everything. You have all the former lanterns who are in freaking bio suits now powered up with Mullen's ring, shooting what they have at it. Joe Mullen going at it. You have the freaking United Order show up with Hawk Slayer and the rest of those assholes show up. And then at the end, because Joe Mullen missed the check-in, you have the fucking Justice League show up. I'm like, all hell is breaking yeah, loose I'm right there now. sitting there like, what is this, Nightwing? <laughs> and, but even then, before that, here's the, the big deal, though, that, that gets me in a book where we've had a bunch of the 10th issue, right? So we had this idea. We hate the idea of lights out. We had it in the future state. This seemed too soon. Well, oh, this sucks, whatever. And then by the end here, you fudge it by having them in power suits that gets recharged or charged up, overcharged by Joe's ring that suddenly is overpowered. Like, why do that? Why end up at the end having to fudge your way out of your own story here? 
And all people wanted was a, a run with a bunch of Green yeah. Lanterns doing their thing. Where's Kyle at in the Vegas system? Yeah, why not? Why not just give us that, please? Well, why are you at the tenth issue and still? And again, what, what are the editors doing here? I don't know. There? What the, I don't know what the lights out thing is. Bringing the star heart back, maybe be tied into what we're going to do with uh, Alan Scott going forward and his power and how that we'll works. But see, I, I don't, I don't know. know. But that's the thing is. All this stuff on Ella feels weird. I just need the central power battery back. Or maybe the whole idea is we're going to get beyond the idea of the emotional spectrum with the ion entity that fuels the willpower force of the Green Lantern Fuse and maybe contain the Starheart. Now we're all this magic ring users again, which is weird. But you have so much going on where at this point in time, even though it hasn't been the thing that I've been mostly focused on because it's been long drawn out and convoluted, I just want to see what the idea of being the mortal guardian, the evolutionary like scale of John Stewart is, how far beyond humanity he's going to go, going back to a freaking early to mid nineties freaking uh story for Mosaic that we never picked back up on because we couldn't do that because you were just about to go and kill the Green Lantern Corps and create Kyle Rayner to bring everything home and make John, uh, how Jordan Parallax. So you drop that story thread, and here you are, twenty five years later picking it back up out of nowhere, but not really saying anything to anybody about it so they could reference it. it. Also, there's no way to reference it because Gerard Jones wrote that story. He did some really bad shit, and now DC doesn't want to reference it, so it's nowhere to even pick it up unless you pirate shit. Yeah, and so with that, too... Or, you know, buy it legitimately at a yeah, store. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, that DC, DC, DC's trying to, you know, kind of get away from that. But you're missing a lot of really cool... I'm telling you, he's not the best writer, you know, thing, but... You're missing a lot of things. Like, even the idea that he would have fill-ins for, like, you know, arcs of different things, like, within, a, like, crossover stories. So, you like, you could have a really cool story going on, and you're missing, like, two issues because Gerard Jones happened to write those, too. So, uh, like, yeah, yeah, shit. and they will not put any of that yeah, in. It's and all so, gone. Yep, the first it, 50 it's issues crazy. of the Green Lantern, gone because he wrote it all, and then Kyle Rayner came around. Yeah, so we have all that. Now, with that, it kind of goes. Now, I don't think Jeffrey Thorne's done anything bad to warrant oh, anything no. like that, but... What's for us, I know. I think that we've talked about this before, too. The idea of what do you do then going from here? Because say, you know, we get June solicits and we find out that you end up having Jeffrey Thorne off the book because it's not selling. People don't like it. I mean, do you continue a story? Do you end up or do you go with the idea everybody hated it and everything that we're reading now that we hope? Sets up something down the line that it just is boom done. We're well, just even gonna go end, and do like at the beginning of the thing that we talked about. Like I don't even know what Justice League the de- is dead kind of thing is going to do the death of Justice League because it looks like John Stewart's dead. Yeah, and that's Possibly. my big thing of what is going to go on then, and do they end up? He's going to ascend like Wonder Woman. Is that a, a good time to like just say, yeah, this didn't work. I'm sorry, it's not working, uh, Jeffrey, and we're going to have to end up re- replacing you and just bring him because I think that. Let's feel, I'm, dude, I'm telling you, the last time we did that, it feels like Mosaic ended be, and they started doing the other thing. So you never probably got to hear what happened with that story and never did again. And it will happen again. It'll happen again. And because y- you and me would both say, and I, I know that we've talked about this before and I had said, well, nobody's going to. And you said, well, they have to reference it. It happens. And yeah, you kind of. But. You know that this is set up. This book is set up for somebody to swoop in and, and do like a Nightwing, but with the Green Lantern Corps with Al Jordan, all the lanterns. That no, they no, just Kyle Rayner, Jim. I'm saying all of them, and that will be the big thing. I mean, each issue, I'm like, I'll be yelling, there's no story here. But we get Kyle, and it'll just be <laughs> Kyle. Them sweet page after page after page, he's just sitting there smiling. It's all pinups. You're like, I love it. I can't. And it might work ten even that way. Ten. People are so upset. And one that you almost get to a point where you think of the idea. Now, here's the worst thing. The worst thing is to 
you know, replace Derek Jeter at shortstop. This guy's one of the all-time greats. He's just a guy. So you don't want to do that. But whew, I'll, I'll sign up to replace this run because I think I can just fudge everything. And all you have to do is it's it's a up to the plate home run, as you say. Everybody and if says. they do if they do this, I do believe that that's all we're gonna get. We're gonna get a fan service heavy deal light on story. Just the idea. Oh hey, my god! My power, Green Lantern's light, Jim. Uh, yeah, really. Guy's gonna walk in and just like. Hey, jerks! And then he'll leave. Every it'll be a someone's a beer. It'll be like the Fonz coming in. Everybody's gonna cheer. Oh, entire, like all, all right, audience is gonna be cheering the oh, entire time. Go I'm nuts. one of them. And then guys like, "Hey, buddy, you want to go have a beer?" And then Kyle's like, "Not with you, jerk!" Ooh, they're all yelling. I mean, the audience is going insane, and they're just shaking their fists in the air because everything is that. It, it, it's going to be an easy deal, and and I kind of am there for it. I kind of want it now. And I hope that what you find out. I don't from hate this though because I am getting enough out of out of different things. The second story of Joe Mullen feels very forced, but I'm also interested in getting all of these things together and coming to a resolution with the rest of the Guardians to get the power battery back going because they're fine now. So once we fuck, uh, kick Koyos's ass, we should be able to get back on track most likely. And the stuff going with John, I'm really interested in now. And finally, it feels like we're getting to a point where we can. Continue that story and evolve it to see what happens. And but he's it's bringing them all back great. to life, Eric. They're all but coming no, back to life, it, right? Is that the version that he picked, Jim? I don't, I don't know. know his future state. I don't know his future he's state. He's got a future either. state of mind, Jim. He does. And I thought we left that behind a year ago, but hey, who knows? And uh, So, yeah, some of the books are 5G, some future state. Oh, my God. We have the best of no worlds here. Uh, but I really, I just, I actually just want to have a Green Lantern book that's more. For everyone you have some stuff i mean you could have fun with it because this ends up eh, it's nothing i hate because i don't know what the hell they're saying in it so i just sit there i'm like i feel like i am in like i have shown up two years into a foreign language course and never knew anything and and i don't know what's happening and i just sit there and look pretty and i guess i do but yeah what would you give this thing is i like the art a lot in both the sections stuff like that the colors are great all the way through there's a lot of good stuff here with the John, but it's not very, like, you know, it doesn't give you a lot of information, but it gives me hope for information more to come. And on stuff like that, I can gleam some stuff there and make some hypotheses about what I think is going to come based on what's going Again, I, I feel like I'm just trying to talk around what I feel here, not actually tell you. So, But, but doesn't he do that in the story? He does. So it's perfect. I like it enough. I, I can see how it's not for everybody. I like that section more than Joe Mullen, even though I look forward to next to the Joe Mullen stuff just as well, because we have Howard Jordan and a bunch of the Justice League show up. Naomi's there with her Omega Power level. She's going to take everybody down herself. Oh, crap. Her and her first Lander, day. Her and Tina Lannan are going to team up and wreck everybody, because that's what they do. 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 4 out of 10. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't, and it's on me, a lot of that, but it's on Jeffrey Thorne for not allowing me to get it as well. I don't know. I don't know who's to blame. But with that, it's just weird because I worry a lot about stuff, Eric. I'm a worrier. That's why they call me uh, mittens. And I end up by the point where this can't be a case where they sit there and say, that John Stewart can't sell, or John, right? Because he's too big a character to have Jeffrey Thorne actually go and trying desperately to elevate John Stewart, and in the end, it's the worst thing ever because well, it's not selling and nobody we're likes. Elevating John Stewart with a story 
But because we dropped that story from when it was originally happening and went in a different direction, all it looks like we're doing now is emulating both Kyle and Hal Jordan for what they do. So it's just John playing repeats of these other characters who can already sell the book, who people – it's just a black man emulating a white man at this point. And I know that's all Twitter's going to say because that's all they ever take from anything, yeah, well, it seems like. The, 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 the worst possible it, conclusion. Yeah, the worst possible conclusion. I don't see it as that. I just see the saying, idea. It, it plays just like the idea. They're like – Here's how here's John Stewart. You love him as a Green Lantern. Well, guess what? He's more than that. You never knew this. And you know what he's gonna do? Just what Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner have done before. Yeah, which is cool. weird because that's the fight of I, I want Hal now, you know, oh man, yeah, it, it feels like the fight continues where it shouldn't. But my basic thing though, again, like if you end up having a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle book and yeah. it fails, we worry that it's because DC's oh, that character can't sell, so we don't get it again. John Stewart, I think, is a little bigger. Then that, oh, but, especially after the '90s and the 2000s, when you had the Justice League, and he was the Green Lantern no, on that for I'm an saying, entire like, generation is of there people. DC though sitting there thinking, if that's the case, why aren't they buying this book then? And I'm worried that DC will be. Know. I think that DC will just be. Yeah, but they never do. It never seems like they know. They always. Uh, do they think that well, because there was why bad is he press going into this just with that Jeffrey Thorne How Jordan thing? That's all this anybody is talks getting about. Getting towards an, a year. And nobody likes this book. I mean, you, you, you're you making well, it, up... It does feel like we are coming finally to a conclusion here. I think it's going to be a 12-issue arc for this whole thing. So two more issues, I think we're finally going to be done with whatever he's trying to tell and see where it goes forward from but there. But with that, that's not going to mean that the people who hate it are jumping on them. They're done. I mean, I do, you have to change it up. I think that, unfortunately, if you want a Green Lantern book to succeed, Jeffrey Thorne has to be fired. This is never going to get anything. Because, like you said, a lot of it's a bunch of bullshit assholes. I, I'll say that, that they are. The idea of, no, John Stewart, I don't want that, whatever. But the people who, like, if it was me, I wouldn't be buying this book, and nothing could change that because I see the way he's writing and he's leaving me behind. I don't know. I just I still don't feel know. Like I, I worry. this more than Grant Morrison's The Green Lantern, which might be like a blasphemous to a lot of people. But I like it. I want a Green Lantern book. But again, that's sold better than this, though. But not that much. I mean, they're not selling great. You need to just really have maybe. A, maybe thing is the way that we'll go, where John has chosen his future state. His future maybe state is how. Maybe the idea is we'll get people back on board, and there'll be this continuity shift because. It'll go back to Jeff John's original idea for the epilogue of this final issue of Green Lantern where John Stewart became a, a senator. Again, like, here's the deal, though. He was, like, where, what could Jeffrey Thorne, it's done. Like I said, me and you were talking, and even the idea that we were talking in the Slack, and you had mentioned something about a book. I forget if it was Flash or something mm-hmm. or what it would be. But the problem is books don't get more, like, they, they end up usually starting at a, a level. And then going down, down, down. And the real thing is to stop the down, down where you level off. You know, let's get to our ground level and let's do it slow. That's the game. Rarely does a book, after it's going on on 10 issues, end up starting to increase in sales. You'll get an increased bump where all of a sudden you have some collectible issue. Everybody grabs it, things like that. Books don't get better if a story is better, unfortunately, because like people Carlson are already down. Do that, though. I don't think it, that's what we're talking about. It hasn't. I well, don't think it, it will. Things hasn't come out yet. Yeah, but that's since the we thing. got to actually to War World. Almost all the the, the sales for, the sit, podcast things like that that I've done, it's never ever happened since we've been doing this podcast. A book just doesn't get more sales just because all of a sudden a, a storyline is hitting with the same writer. It never happened. 
You get a bump when you get a new writer. It's you're trying to get a big bump like you got with Nightwing with Tom Taylor when he came on. I'm that sure has a bump. Yeah, I, I don't think it will. And if and what do you think it's going to go from? Because right now it seems like it's at like twenty five thousand. Oh, I have no idea because they don't have like you know actual numbers for it. But that's the thing, people that it, people don't stop buying it because you know oh the story isn't hitting with me. It's a gradual like most people who are Superman fans, Green Lantern fans. Just because one issue is bad, they don't know somewhere it's awful things. But yeah, I have the idea like oh this isn't for me. Tell me when he's off. You really can't convince them. Well, come back because of this. It's tough, and we'll see if it does happen. With you know, Action Comics has about as big a chance as any of them to have that happen because it is a lot better. But this, I don't see. Even if you end this at the twelfth issue and then you start up a new deal, even if you get, I don't know. Maybe because even it's a weird thing. It's people like to complain. I don't know if you know this. I listen to our podcast. So with that, yeah, you're hearing it now. Yeah. So with that, if you end up and you know it, these people just—they're hateful. But also, it's true. It's the worst. If all of a sudden, you—the the only thing that you could think would increase the sales for this Jeffrey Thorne Green Lantern is to have him bring Hal Jordan into the book, right? Oh, I agree. But all the people are going to yell, "I don't want his Hal Jordan. He hates him." It's not going to change their mind. They're not going to—they're just going to say, "Oh, it's—it's it's too late." Everybody keeps complaining. I just—I just wonder. Why it's going on this long. You have to change it. Green Lantern is too big a thing to have people just hate it. Maybe one at one day it was, but not anymore. Like, remember, well, yeah. And, like, even, like you said, Action Comics, people weren't loving, you know, the Philip Kenny Johnson stuff before it got the war world that everybody's talking about. Now, some people say they liked it all along, oh, yeah. but it wasn't hated like this, though. This book is just... From the get-go, it's just something that people were against. I don't think it'll ever change, and they have to make a change. Well, and Jeffrey Thorne hasn't won me over. It any, like, you know, well, and any that was there was where it started. That. that was bad too when it was Jeffrey Thorne. So, favors going forward. I mean, I don't know the idea of how. I just don't. I think that he knows a lot about Green Lanterns. I think that he is somebody who loves the lore and love John Stewart, and he's trying to do it, but he's but going John's at it. Badass. He's going at it in a way of it's it's pure fight it's a war going on between him and green lantern fans and i'm sitting there i'm collateral he's so happy that he's doing this mosaic stuff finally because it's a bit of continuity that has never been talked about never been brought up again i just wish it would come across a little bit better or maybe we would spend the entire issue to figure dedicated to that whole kind of story to show why it makes sense because right now we know that uh Nemesini here Sent John Stewart away to get away from Koyos's, you know, influence with the magic, bring him back because she knows no good. And is it because of the mortal guardian hood type of thing? And also when he was on the way to the dark sector previously, having those dreams about Ganthet, like, we're feeling like it's wiping his mind of what he was supposed to be because of things going forward. I want to deal more with that shit. Yeah. And, and so this is where, again, where I could go with the, uh, Batman the Night and something that we were talking about recently. The idea of what we want and what we have seen, you have read comics most of your life. So, yes, seeing a, you know, Batman year one, you've seen this a million times. Not everybody has. And I think that the opposite is this Green Lantern stuff where he is tapping into something where 99.9% of the people don't have any idea what's going on or with that mosaic story. Even the people who seem to be Green Lantern fans, and I'm wondering right now with DC and a lot of trouble with the sales. I mean, they're horrific. They really are. The idea of what's better served, especially coming in the Symphonic Frontier, where maybe, you know, I yell and scream about the Nightwing. I've seen this. I know that Dick Grayson is a great guy, but 
I think that I'm in the tunnel vision that we are in because we've read all these things, not realizing that people don't know that. And they want to see that. Obviously, that's the big thing. And I think that at a point, DC might have to kind of make us be a little irritated with repeated things and stuff that's surface level to get new readers in. And that's what this book needs. You need to get people involved to know that they like the Green Lanterns before you go deep cutting. Because deep cutting's not working anymore, and I, I just don't know who's left and around. And the stuff you're deep cutting on is near impossible to get a hold of. And so, yeah, and, yeah, and, and so you can't even go back and, and catch up. But, yeah, I think that, again, me and you, seven years of a podcast, we haven't taken a week off. God bless us, Eric. But I think that there are times that we lose track of what might be cool for all these new people. And there's probably a lot of people who are listening right now that jumped in with Rebirth. I mean, we jumped in, or I jumped in with New 52, obviously, you had read before then. Sure have, most of my life, Jim. I'm even getting to the point where <laughs> I'm saying in that Nightwing, like, that's my book to say, yeah. I've already seen this, I've seen it. But that shows you, maybe we have to get back to the basics and get everybody on board, because a book like a Nightwing is doing so well, because it is doing that. You know, hey, you, you ever hear about the Titans of Dick Grayson? Well, look cool, at this. Tell me more. But it, it irritates me. Cool. And, and people love it. And you get 10. And I, and Who again, is this Wally West you speak <laughs> exactly. of? Exactly. So, the fastest man alive, you say. Tell me more. A lot of people like the Flash book. And I, I do, too. I think it needs to do more. And in the, in the meantime, that one's kind of caught in between because I think it could go a little more. With the basics, with Jay and Irie and stuff like that, and maybe even get us. So like you say know. that when I had the last issue. Now I just want a spinoff series that does the Jay and Irie stuff, or why he does fucking Flash stuff. And even then, with Maxine Baker, that like that actually, I wish for the Flash sold better because that issue was so cool with the idea. I said the Pixar movie deal where everybody's loving the kids, but if you knew who Maxine was, oh my god, it elevate. Like these are the things that I want in this book. It's like the poster child of what I don't and what I don't think. And it, it ends up being what nobody wants, it seems. But I was ashamed. the poster child of what my father didn't want. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the worst thing ever. Oh, my God, Eric. He hated your guts. He oh, thought no. you, you were a loser. Uh, but no, but see, you're enjoying this Green Lantern to the point where it is tying into something that you wanted to have resolved finally. But how many, people, how many people are out there? About 15. No, like you loving that Gerard Jones or no, whatever no, his name was. I mean, you love I that guy. I don't like the mosaic story and always have <laughs> found the idea that people always put up on the pedestal. I never understood why because it's not a good story, but it is a loose thread of continuity that I do want to see resolved because it did elevate John's story even and if it was that, written that poorly. that is something that, you know, you get involved with. The and also, and it had John Stewart in the best Green Lantern costume that he's ever worn and I wish we'd get back to that. Yeah. So, overall, on my soapbox a bit, Eric, but just saying, just saying, I gave it a four. Okay. And, but even, I could even go a little higher. I do like the art and I. Well, just sit back, to, uh, Jimmy. I'll just sit back. I'll explain the whole thing to you. I, so it's I not, have to have it's you not explain hard anymore it. for you. I mean, people probably thought this is the most that Jim has not piped up. I mean, when you were talking about it, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm enthralled, Eric. I'm like, is that what I read? Holy moly. I had, now I realize it. I'm like, all of a sudden I was watching something and you were the subtitles. I can finally hear what the fuck anybody was saying. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm so angry when I'm reading it. And and just that idea where even in the slack, exactly. That's all much. I'm like, oh, what mosaic? But (laughs) overall, in the deal, this is where, and I apologize to some people that I've I've even been fighting with people in the slack, where I'm I'm getting irritated with some books and stuff. It's not that I'm getting frustrated 
with the idea that people are bailing from a thing that me and you love. And I think people lose track of the idea of how much, I mean, just how much we love DC Comics. I put it in my mouth. I mean, that's the thing. That is 99.9% of my every day is either reading the comics or thinking about them. I do not do much else but that, and I love them. I love the comics. They're old enough to do their own deal, and I try to get them involved. Look at this, kids. Look at this. Uh, A husband and a father and a homeowner. Do some other stuff, man. when, When you realize when Jimmy Boy here is getting frustrated with things, it's when the, the focus starts to veer a little. And next thing I'm up until 3 a.m. watching Black Pink videos. I'm, I'm doing that because I need to have you some. Have a because, problem. No, I used to have this huge thing that I loved. And all of a sudden, it seems to be slipping away from even me. And then I just get Black Pink to fill the void. And it's and just something. Back issues. Or, yeah, there is. And I do read them. But again, then, with all the stupid podcasts we do, everything feels like if I'm going to read that, I got to come up with some weird podcast to no, do it's it just for. Back knowledge. But no, I do like it. I do like it. I do. And I do go back issues. But the problem is, in my mind, thinking that here's our podcast. We're talking about the new issues. And I want everybody to get involved. And I want to be here for me and you to love everything. We're not going to lie, though. We're not going to fake the funk, though. Maybe it would help, but we don't. And so it just it, it gets me. I worry about it. I worry about DC, but I get kind of sad thinking of how big Rebirth was and how people were just fired up. And it was so good. I mean, it was awesome. People like everybody loving things. And it was almost the idea of who, what can we love the most? And then it just slipped away. And now it's at a point where some of these books like this Green Lantern, you can't find two people that'll tell me found me and you, but I didn't know anything about it. So it's just tough, and I think that they will rebound. I think that they will end up coming up with a plan. The, the whole regime now kind of took over, and I don't think they had a plan. Hopefully the plan comes and they do something. Again, that shows you how much we love DC. I'll trust their asses every step of the way, knowing that they're going to throw it in my face and kick me in the balls. But, yeah, I don't know. This is just an aside thing. That so going just... back, do you think that he chose his future state where, like in Jeff John's epilogue ending to his Green Lantern run, where John becomes a senator and marries fatality? Yes. You think that's what's going to happen in the no, future? No, I, I don't know. And, and with that, I want to have that go. And then all of a sudden, you end up having Simon. He, he's just out of nowhere. He has the to go get, he goes, gets Jessica, convinces her to come back to the Green Lantern and says, I'll mentor you. Boom, we get it all. I, and then, no, no, not only that. Convinces her to come back and says, I'll mentor you, Power Ring. Yeah, Power Ring. We like powering. <laughs> but I hate when Jeff Johns or anybody else goes and puts in what happens in the future at the end of their run because it's immediately ruined. Here, here is my whole point. This will end later. The White Lantern. Yeah, this will end. This will end my whole point here. The idea of what you're talking about may not be obscure, but it is. How many years ago? What's that? That the Jeff Johns is. Oh, that, that was at, like at you know, issue twenty of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, twenty or twenty five. It was, it was weird 20. because. It was 20, and then Aquaman was 25, and I always reverse those. But you end up with that, you know, New 52 issue 20. you know, like a little bit more than a decade ago, it's this point, I think. We could load that up, and me and you could talk about that, and I'll remember everything about it. And I don't remember shit, right? But I remember we can talk about the epilogues. We can talk about that and have fun. I can't barely talk about an issue that I read two hours ago to talk on the podcast because it's just unreachable for, for me. And so this Jeffrey Thorne, is, he's just lost me. And if I had seriously, say you got sick, and this week I had oh, to no. do this by myself, 
what the fuck would I be talking about in that issue? I would sound like a bumbling fool because I have no idea what's going on. So, yeah, I sound like a bumbling fool other times, but I know what's going on then. It's just I'm an idiot. But with that, we're going to go off now. We're going to go off. We have a bunch of mail. We're going to go off and do some of that there mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast so we even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. Ah, yes, mail with Jim and Eric, who's here with me as well. And if you want to be part of the mail, you can end up emailing us and becoming the star of the show at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. I did it last week. Did you get my mail? No, I did. You did. He ended up sending me a mail. It said that I was a jerk. I didn't like it. It says the subject line was "You suck," and the body was "You suck." It made me. It made me realize I suck twice. (laughs) Is what it did. It made me sad. Oh my god! But we end up having three males tonight. But before we jump into that, with that, you know, talking a little bit, sound depressed and all that at the end of the last section, talking about current books, but you bringing up the idea of back issues. I did end up uh, loading up my DC Universe Infinite app. Just to to let everybody, and it could be almost like the shut up, my shows are on. This is shut up, here's what I'm reading right now, everybody. And I know that you usually end up, and with me, it's usually individual issues. Right. You end up saying to me like, hey, I just read that Superboy run from back there. I'm like, you son of a bitch. But I ended up, one of the funny things that I read this past week, didn't even say to you, it was funny because it just popped up in the app. And when I saw it, I'm like, Oh man, I got to reread that. I had already done a podcast on it and a uh, you know a deal with a parody song, but it was the New Guardians number two oh, really? with Snowflame that actually just hit the app this past week, and I'm That's like, crazy. oh, I got I to read that. Cocaine is his god, Eric. Uh, but even with that, I'm also reading. I went back and read some of the uh, Icon book, the Milestone stuff, yeah. uh, just to kind of get you know deal in. I usually read a couple of those Milestone things now and again, but. I'm still big on the Legion of Superheroes stuff. I was going through the Great Darkness, almost done that. I think I have one issue left, so I have that. And I again, that's kind of research for the podcast as well. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. I am enjoying the Legion way more than I thought. What What are anything you're reading big lately? Well, the thing is, I'm still continuing on with my Wally West Flash run that started in 1987 on the Superboy run from the 90s. Uh, Justice League Generation Lost, which was a brightest day kind of series, of, like, you know, about Maxwell Lord coming back from the dead and, like, screwing over the JLI and stuff like that, bringing them back together. Some Wonder Woman stuff. Uh, just mostly, this, like, you know, I jump around different things. Like, I've been jumping around throughout the 90s with the Justice League book, the Justice League International, and the Justice League Task Force. Yeah, so that's cool. And, and we do end up doing that. Again, if we're depressed. Usually if I see something in a book that reminds me or like makes reference to something, like I am reading all it's of the that. the same with me. And, and you even, me and you brought up some things I had just recently and may do a podcast on eventually Wonder Woman 134. That is the one issue with Image Maker in it. Right. So I ended up doing that very quick. Not much to it. But it, it's cool to 
end well, up speaking doing of that, that. I was looking at stuff because I was coming up with ideas who I felt like Shining Knight might be in the newest issue of Wonder Woman this week and thinking about with Milady and things like that. I'm like, who would it be like that besides Frankenstein? So I'm looking at different things in the Wonder Woman series from the 2000s when Beowulf showed up or even Stalker and stuff like that to get ideas about who, like, would this fit? Could this fit? I need to see how it was portrayed previously. Now, everybody who's just listening to that will wait until we find out the reveal if we ever do. And you know that they're not going to have taken that much time into it. So we'll all yeah. laugh together, right? I also this is ended the story up, of my life. One of the other things I read was The Flash uh, 179. That right. was a, a book that ended up where kind of going in with the Just League Incarnate when you did have Calvin. And uh, what was it? Dr. Multiverse ended up writing comics for DC. That was an issue where you ended up having Barry Allen have to write a comic with Julius Schwartz and convince him that he was real. And so you had brought that up. And that was a cool way to kind of tie into things. Yeah. And then with that, it didn't really tie into things. It was just kind of that neat little deal that you said. And you said, I think that there's this one. And you found it. I'm just looking. I ended up reading recently Batman uh, 416. And also Action Comics 29 uh, right. as well. So I was just going. And usually for me, it's just individual issues that do tie in to some of the things. So just let everybody well, know the thing some is, things I'll that go and doing. do that and I'm like, well, I better read this entire thing. And then you end up reading the entire yeah, And you end up where you send me things like Slowbo and stuff. <laughs> that, yeah, it make Young me justice, giggle. Yeah. Right? And even the other day, I, I did it again. Mr. Sarcastic, the, the Tim Drake alter New ego. persona. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's so crazy. But we're here with the mail, and we're going to start with Jonathan. And Jonathan, short and sweet here, says, Dear Weird Science DC Podcast. What's up, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis should be jailed and brought up on charges uh, against humanity. Uh, oh so my. he thinks that crimes against humanity charges should be laid on Brian Michael Bendis. Like, oh, my God. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to hold up in court, but I'll, I'll say that, like, a part of my life has been hurt by him doing things at DC Comics. The worst thing, and, and when Jonathan says that, the worst is, is when you read that, it really feels like the guy is just a gem. I mean, really, when you hear about anything of his own personal oh, yeah. life, but boy, he is fudging up things with our comics that we love, and that is from Jonathan. So uh, Eric is going to be the lawyer on that case. He's not only a small town pizza lawyer, but he'll do it. He'll do it. But yeah, the next is Luis. Luis says, hello, Jim and Eric, the best core out there in all the galaxy. The Get Fresh Crew (laughs) or the Get Fresh Core. (laughs) I forgot to send in a question last week. It happened. So here we go. We know there are nine emotional spectrums, Eric. Do we? We do now. Red rage. Orange avarice. My favorite. Yellow fear. Blue, hope, indigo's compassion, violet, love, black is death, and white is life, and green is will, Eric. Out of these, which color ring do you think would pick you? Oh, definitely fear. For the, my love of horror movies and how much I've grown up being scared of everything, and also wanting to take that and be like, almost like a Batman where I want to take my fear and make other people afraid too because I'm a jerk. Yeah. Definitely a yellow lantern, the fear lantern is where I'd be. I think I'd be red. Definitely not green because I have no willpower. The the funniest is that like I have a little bit of out though. They're like, okay, listen, we're gonna pick you for the red lantern core. We're gonna have to take your heart. Oh, he doesn't have one. <laughs> I'm out. I'm just sitting there. Eric. I have nothing. But Don't yeah, I think worry, you are safe from heartless. I could also be maybe orange. Okay, but not really. Maybe back. No, in, maybe a lot back. Of police will kill you. It can only yeah, be one. Maybe back in the day, possibly. But I no hope doesn't. 
passion. I mean, <laughs> seriously, if the Indigo tribe even gets anywhere near me, they're going to implode. Well, even the idea of compassion is a weird one because, yeah, you have this whole spectrum of compassion, but everybody who's a part of that tribe are all old pieces of, not old, but like previous pieces of crap, and this is their punishment yeah. to have a ring on so to that, make them that compassionate. that actually could work out for me. So maybe that would be the deal. And then he says, if you had to make your own core with your own color and emotion, what would it be? I put down, I, I'd be a gray lantern, Eric. That is the emotion of complacency and laziness. And uh, <laughs> I even ended up making my oath. Here's my oath, Eric. I, I wish I had the music. It's, I, I don't really care about day or night. I will do almost anything to avoid a fight. I do less so you Bullshit. can do more. You can call us lazy. We're the complacency core. There is my, <laughs> there's my whole deal with that. Thank you. What would you be? Well, I just found out about this, so I didn't have a whole you know, theme brought up for the whole idea of an oath. But I'd probably just be a darker blue because, boy, am I sad. Here's <laughs> a sad deal. Like, oh, is your ring blue? Why don't we cheer it up? Like, we don't have cores. We got sacks. We're the sad sacks. Did I ever tell you about that when I was working and I had a blue neon? And I don't know. I mean, you make fun of me a lot, but I, think, I, at some, I, think, I think at some point I might have been a bit of a a player? I don't oh, know. Yeah, a player. But, huh? a player. but the Shit. thing is, I don't ever know what people are saying, especially with small you don't listen. talk and stuff. Well, I do. I try, but I don't ever. It, I, it doesn't work. <laughs> I, so this is where I went into this convenience store. And there was a guy. He was working behind the counter. May or may not have been wearing like Winnie the Pooh pajamas to work. I will say he was, Eric. Okay. If, okay. If that, right away, that's distracting me. Right, he's just working in the convenience mart. He has, you know, when he was pajama, pajama day at work. Yeah, I was. So I go up. <laughs> it was a casual Friday. Yeah. So I go up, and I think I was getting gas, whatever I was getting. And so I go, and he goes, "Hey, what color is your car?" And I said, "It's blue." And he goes, "Well, why don't we go in the back seat and cheer it up?" I had no idea what he was saying, <laughs> and I, I just oh, I'm just sitting there thinking, <laughs> you don't expect anybody to say anything like no. this. So the idea where you have to have an entire thought process going in to break down this code that he's saying to you because it's not a normal thing that you would be thinking about. That guy is just an asshole for and, saying and, that. And I went, oh. and then I walked out in the car and I'm like, holy shit, what was he saying? I'm like, oh my god. And then I felt bad. This is where it all it all turns into pretty much. And I've been re reading or watching it recently. I'm like George from Seinfeld. Now I think that I have are. to go. I have to. I think I got to go back in and apologize to the guy for, for not necessarily knowing what. It, and I wasn't angry. I just ended up like, oh my god, I, because I almost it almost played out like I thought I was leading him on then because I went like I'm telling you, it was almost like me going. <laughs> and like all of a sudden, out. you thought he was propositioning you. Well, I, I think he was, but then I realized. So what with that all? Never went back there again, but it only was because I was nervous about what was going on. I had no idea. He said, let's go in the back seat and cheer That's it up. I'm the like, thing is, I can understand that idea of never going back to because you and I, after work, we used to go to Wawa every day on the way home and stuff like that. I found out that this kid that was a clerk there is a neighbor of mine in like an adjacent building. He's like, you really do like pizza, huh? When I was taking a pizza box out of <laughs> to like the dumpster, I never went back to that. Wall. I, I didn't go back that wall for like an entire year. Yeah, I, I didn't go back like, there nope, for a while, but it wasn't. This. I was just nervous because I didn't know what to say or do now. I thought I let, I was all in, uh, you know, I just didn't know. And actually, I'm a I married think, man. I think with that, yeah. I actually, I think it was right before I got married. And so with that, though, I do think I went back to work still confused 
and then said the Jay who I was working with about this, and he's like, dude wanted to have sex with me. I mean, no, what's the big he just deal? wanted to make a joke about your car because he knew that it was, was blue. That was weird, though, because he had to, it was weird. And then what I thought, though, I'm like, I'm walking out, I'm like, why would that make my car happy? <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. He was in those pajamas, too, which completely threw me off. But, yeah, it was weird. And it was weird in a way that I'm like, oh, I'm a little nervous. I don't know if I ended up upsetting that guy. I felt like I, I should apologize. Yeah, I'm into complacency core, by the way. <laughs> Just when you said that blue because you're sad. Oh, my goodness. It's but, a deeper blue than the hope Yeah, blue. it is a deeper blue. You, you can't bring people back to life, but, Eric, you let them know why they should live, right? Because see, they were like, that guy's a I sad sack. Know what hell they want to live because they don't want to be like me. <laughs> they could be like, I don't want to be like him. I'm going to live a real life here. Uh, but he says, thank you for taking the time to answer these crazy questions. See you on the other side of the moon. I think that on the seven. And then we get the last bit here where you end up having an email from Rose Etta Stone, Eric. And then in parentheses, I was named by Mariko Tamaki. So there's the joke that we had. (laughs) And we, I even said to you, like, this is a good name that they came up with because what they are very. Even you and I were talking about this the idea of like the bad names to like, you know, Toby, like Toby Ware, but like To Be Ware or Hugh Vile and stuff like that, the bad guys. Anna Volshin, which I swear, Volshin is just going to be her straight up fucking last name. But like, we're making fun of this back and forth through DMs. And I'm like, hey, you know what Rainbow Raider's name is? Roy G. Bivolo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always. Uh, but yeah, Rose Etta Stone. Yeah. Aaron, that's a good one. I was very impressed with Jim's knowledge of the German language. I told you, Eric. I told ah, you that people would be impressed. This, you just stop. didn't know. What I was saying, right? And was wondering how many other languages I speak, right? And here is a list that they want to know. Do I speak Italian? Yes, I do, Eric. Hello, love. There you go. It's Italian. I can be real bad. Like, hey, it's a spicy meatball. Is that you good? Say is that, that you Italian? You this constantly, though. Oh, do I? I don't want to do that. Then, and I then like you did it like two weeks ago. Possibly. Then he wants to know, do I speak French? Well, of course I do, Eric. It's the language of love. Wee wee, that's a day spicy lay me ball. See, I speak that Spanish. No, Eric, I don't speak Spanish. But also, the last one, Buffalo Canadian. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It's like, hey, Tom Brady sucks. There. It jerks. I don't know. I was trying to do like good, a Southie Boston <laughs> accent. But, uh, hey, did Tom Brady's wicked Jerk! Yeah, Look, the know. only way you talk in Buffalo is what by the means of throwing yourself through a table. That, that the way is you do true. It is expresses what you need at every moment. You're right. Here I go. I'm going to channel it. I do speak Buffaloian. It's like, hey, move that table to the right there. I'm jumping off this RV you and ju- I don't want to hurt myself. You, you jump through a table or throw a dildo a certain okay. way. That's, that's how you get your that's point true. across. I'm going to be Buffalo again. Hey, what do you think? I'm a, a wimp. Light that table on fire, assholes. I mean it this time. Right, there you go. go Bills. Right. And then you like you don't know if you're outside of a Bills game or you're back at the Hardy Boys doing their backyard fucking wrestling. Yeah, you, you ever see those videos oh, yeah. of their backyard? But for awesome, some reason, I thought you meant to like the uh, brother duo of detectives no. when he first said that for yeah, some right. reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in the Hardy Boys' hey, backyard. Oh, shit, hey, history's afoot. Like that table up and where the fuck is Nancy Drew? There you go, Eric. Buffalo. We got a mystery to solve. The mystery is just how the fuck I can ruin my life. I live in Buffalo. Boom. There it is, Eric. It's all over. I wonder right now, Buffalo's in the middle of playing a game against Kansas City. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Brandon ended up sending me a message and he said, 
I'm worried that the Bills will lose, but if we win this game, we win in the Super Bowl, you bitch, is this exact thing. And wow. I wrote back, He's drunk. how much have you been drinking, Brandon? And he wrote, too much. But I'm going to ask you now, this is just on the fly, just give me a score that the, you the, think right I'm now. I'm the Bills are playing tomorrow. Now, I thought they were playing right now. I That's thought they were playing tonight. Well, maybe tomorrow. they are. Okay, well, then it isn't. Then he's just drunk tonight. <laughs> Because he did end up. Because I looked with, it up right away. I said he said it. I'm like, yeah, oh, I, I was curious. It was tonight. Uh, no, actually, it's the 49ers. Packers may be playing now. I guess he was just drunk and yelling. Well, that's even better. I understand. I was doing the that o- last the night. The other way wouldn't have played out as well. I'm asking you. Give me a score that you think. Because I think the Bills are going to win in a crazy 31, deal. 31-14. I think they're going to win 42-37. to 37. It's going to be crazy, Eric. It's going to be a shootout. By the way, last uh, week I ended up predicting the Eagles score. I erased that shit out of the podcast there because I was so way off. So there you go. But yeah, now that I'm confused, because again, we're getting ready for the deal. Once the Eagles are out of the playoffs, I'm actually just, yeah, I'll watch some games Jimmy's or whatever. Too. I just assumed that they were playing because Brandon seemed drunk as hell. But I guess he was just, you know, yelling shit. Uh, That's what tomorrow. Does. And I, I, I wouldn't play it off that he hasn't already started his tailgate for yeah. tomorrow at 630. He thinks it's 630 a.m. He does. Yeah, I'm looking at it right. Oh, he sent me. <laughs> he sent me other gifs too. I don't know what he's up to. He is just throwing here and just is yelling crazy shit right now. He's drunk, but that is the end of the mail. Thanks. That didn't Thank play you, out Rose. well. I thought they were playing right now, but thanks everybody who emailed us in. And if you want to get involved, you can email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com. All the links that we always say are always going to be in the show notes as well, so you can look for them there. But we're going to go and finish up with three more books right about now. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that here is tear. Well, that's just average shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just average shape. Oh, yeah, here we are in Eric Shea. He's more in line of buying the, that new Ultraman figure, right? Which one? Right, the new, new one that they just announced. You ended up getting a bunch of Earth-3 character crime syndicate stuff, and then they announced some new stuff. I have a, It's a weird thing because like a bunch of the crime syndicate back in the DC Universe Classics line that Mattel put out like you know almost a decade ago at this point, they came in a big box set, and I passed up on them because I'm a broke dude. Now I'm like sporadically picking up, so I've had Power Ring for a long time now, and this time like I found Ultraman and Superwoman really cheap, so I'm like, I'm going to get these, and they just came in the mail this week, and now I see on the Slack in the boys' toys section... Look at this new Ultraman with a build-a-figure of Starro. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, you you end up, it's the never-ending story, as they once sang, right? Uh, But here we are. We have three more books to end the podcast. Who sang that? Who sang that? that, It was the guy from Kajagoogoo who went solo to do that. Never-ending story. If you listen to it again, you'll get that vibe of, too shy, shy, shy. <laughs> end up going. And the weird part is, it's 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 kind of his name. It's not Tay Pal, who we laugh at Tay yeah. Pal, but it's like that. It, it's almost that, but not. That's why I didn't say anything. Too bang. Yeah, I know it. I know it's not the Beatles, Eric. You know, oh, because it's it's not as good, right? I I wanted to go because you were going to go. Yeah, I know because it's good. I enjoy hey, listening to Neverending Story. I'm the Rip Hunters. 
we'll get to the Beatles later and in a crazy deal where I sent you a video of exact I refuse to watch it you look in the crowd you might be able to find Rip Hunter and the, the funniest thing would have been and one time somebody should do this because there's a bunch of those famous photos of this guy must be you know he's got a wristwatch and a oh, hipster time traveler look. photos yeah they should tie that into being Rip Hunter at some point. It would be real fun. I, the I thing think. is, they might have. Yeah, they may have, and they should if they have. That feels that's like something that the 2000s definitely would have done with Rip maybe, Hunter. Maybe, maybe. It's just uh, you always see that one with that guy in the hipster sweater and the oh, crazy yeah. glasses and stuff, right? He's there. He's doing the, the stuff. The stuff oh, I constantly look at freaking pictures and lists of different time-traveling photos because you know I love that paranormal, baby. I know you do. Is that paranormal, actually, or or is it not, Eric? I don't know. But it later, is. Science is involved. Later in this, I love the idea where it makes me giggle because we have Nubia. We're going to be talking about Aquaman the Becoming, Nubia and the Amazons, and then Blue and Gold. So when we get to Nubia, I'm sitting there, and there's the big scientist in the whole Amazonian thing is the astrologist, and it makes me laugh. It makes me giggle. I'm like, really? You step one foot off that island, and you're a joke, lady. That's what I say. Wow. Little little talk. Throw the gauntlet down. I don't even understand what your problem is. Like, I'm Jim Warner, I'm tiny, and I don't believe in nothing. I don't like the idea that the Venus is in the curtains of the Mars. I'm not listening to that bullcrap. The curtains there. Uh, But later, when we get into that, I do have an issue. Amazingly enough, I do have a bit of an issue with Nubia. There, There might be a way that it'll pull out of it. But the way that they're pushing Medusa and that mythology is little bit convoluted you're not getting the full story it actually annoyed me a little but we'll get into that in a little bit because first we're going to start with a book that eric shea he adores this book well this is my aquaman his book, yeah. I, well, it, unfortunately it's going to be everybody's <laughs> unless right. you like that deep target nobody likes deep target <laughs> i mean put seriously. that out of my mind you didn't <laughs> yeah, consider yeah. it uh, and with that, it's still Brandon Thomas. Now, this became a thing on our Twitter because he ended up having our reviews go. Gabe reviews this on the site. And a couple of Aquaman sites ended up, you know, pretty much putting Gabe up on their shoulders and walking around in celebration because he doesn't like this book. And boy, do I enjoy this book. Everybody has a way to like or not like. I hate this book and I hate it more every time I read it. Every issue gets worse and worse for me. I was desperately trying to find the Aquaman solicit because with this book, and we did talk about Black Mana on the spotlight, and our biggest complaint is it's a Black Mana book with no Black Mana. So then we get it's into a this Ray one. Book. Yeah, so we get into this one. This is a Zebel book, and I need the idea. And we argue the same two notes every time. I yell, I want more Jackson. You're saying we're getting it, but through the history of his family and what's going on, and I, I end up where, when this book is going to be recorded, we're going to record, I, I start to get my battle plan together. I, I start, to work out, start to work out my playbook. Okay, Eric's going to say this, then I'll counter with that. But the idea of it, and I'll get the credits in a second, the idea is if you want to see Jax and you want to see how he kicks ass, just like if you got a documentary, let's bring up a, a, the band we talked about that you don't like, the Beatles. Okay. If I'm going to... Get a documentary on the Beatles, and I don't know too much about. I want to know about the Beatles. I really don't care about John Lennon's mother, besides the fact of she died. That's it. I don't have to know her upbringing or what her. I don't need to know about Paul McCartney's sister. I want to see them, and that's now. If you're watching, not a documentary, but not even trying to think, maybe a present day documentary about what this character is going to do next with new information that he's learned about his family, then this is the book because this is what you're learning. 
not like the documentary about this is where Jackson comes from. This is how Jackson kicks ass and fights crime. This is about Jackson and what he'll become. Because right now, I don't know if you know this, but he's becoming Aquaman. Well, that's the problem. This is why I was desperately trying to find the solicitor. For some reason, I couldn't find it. This book is nothing about Jackson. This isn't about what Jackson is, what Jackson's going to become. This is the setup for the Aquaman book because it's overly political and the idea of everything with Zebel and this tribe in the Black Mana book. No, no. They are going after and, and pretty much what trying about the to rip things with Atlantis? down. Well, I don't know that that's going to work. Oh, no. Mara. What ends up <laughs> happening where you've had people upset about, you don't have a real Aquaman book, they're saying, but then you get this Jackson book that's more involved in Zebel and politics. So they're ending up getting upset about it. Then you see the solicit again. You can read it yourself. I, but to summarize what I remember reading, it's, it's deep secrets that happen that puts Arthur in a bad light. He's on the run and you end up having Zebel and the lost tribe of the Atlantis. They're all after it. And so when I get to that, you're right. This book does give you what he'll become. But what he'll become is just the next series. And it's not giving me enough jacks. And I think that would be better served. And I came into this looking at. It as a documentary of how great he was. Let's get going. Let's get excited about him. But it's I've not I've seen that. where Jackson's come through. I want to see what it's going to do next. Yeah, I really didn't see much of what he came to because he just kind of showed up. And he's always been on the side. And I wanted just to get the idea. And, and this is where we're going to talk about and, and a lot of things with DC. Right now, they are in a lot of trouble. Their books are all failing. There are like three videos this week. From other things and whatnot about just the sales and how they are in trouble with Discovery taking them over in June. And there's talk again of them shutting down or being sold because of how bad it is. And I think some of these books need to just stop this nonsense and get back to we need to get new readers. The way to get new readers is to have a series like this to show new readers who Jackson is. Yeah, it sucks for us. And I, I sit there in the slack and I hear people are like, well, I don't want to have this same book again. We need to get this new. But at this point, they're in such trouble that you kind of need to go back to the basics and show the characters so that you can build from it. It's weird. A lot of people Frontier. who are kind of Jackson Hyde fans know him more as Calderon from the Young Justice cartoon where he was created. And in that, you know, like they'll go into this like, man, I want to get me more of that Calderon from that Young Justice. And they're not going to get that. They're going to get Jackson Hyde because in Young Justice, the character's more almost robotic to a degree just so like he's not a fun loving young kind of guy and especially how the series continues and they become adults and stuff like that but this is a more fun spirited kind of jackson hyde that i enjoy way more than anything we get yeah. uh, oh, jackson hyde yeah, in the young really, justice cartoon. i don't think you're getting them and if you go online and look and say hey i want to see all these jackson hyde youtubers or ads. Jack, I, you know aqua not many of them are going to even read the comics. So you need to get people in. Reading's and, hard, Jim. And the weird thing about this is, and we have been talking about this nonsense for about seven years now, right, on the podcast. And I think that we lose track of that idea only because we have not only just read and You know, I don't want to toot our own horns here, Eric. Bing bong. Really? You've been reading comics most of your life. It's true. And since 2011, you know, Before we started that, a little later. But that, we have read. For seven years, 99.999% of the comics have come out. We've talked about them on the podcast. I mean, we've kind of gotten away from talking about every everything, but for the most part, we have talked and read everything. So when we say or we think, well, we've had this and we have to move on, that's not everybody. And and we are a very, very few, a select few that do know more. And maybe a book that might bore us. I said Nightwing at points I was getting bored with the idea. I don't need to see this repeat, though. 
it's selling and people are loving it because a lot of people didn't have that before. And I think that this is one of those books that might have been better served maybe two years from now and set things up, have an Aquaman book set. But right now where people are desperate for just the basics and let's see why I should love comics. This is a little bit past that. And like you said, it's not the book I expected, but it's a book you're enjoying. Uh, though my joke here, Eric, is I don't know why we're seeing, you know, underwater stuff and yet the politics are so surface level. Oh my God. <laughs> here it is. How it's dry. Aquaman the Becoming. That is. Uh, it is Aquaman the Becoming number five. It's the penultimate issue of this mini. Uh, hometown hero. It's called Rent by Brandon Thomas, Paul Pelletier, and Diego Orlo Tuegila on pencils, Norm right. Ratman and Wade Von Grau Badger on inks. Adriana Lucas on colors and world design on letters. I don't know why you have two, you know, art teams here, but you do. And again, you're going to get a bunch of Zebellion politics, but it, I'm actually, me having read all these, I'm starting to lose track of who I'm supposed to be mad at. And I think it ends up getting well, it's Mika, involved. Well, the stint mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it also reminds me that, like, not reminds me, it gets swirled in, like almost like, you know, a whirlpool, Eric, with the black mana stuff. And this is basically, you know, there's some bad people in Zebel. They're trying to cause well, that's the government. Yeah, but, but then even the other that, bad people who are trying to go against the bad government, they're going about things the wrong way and making themselves just as bad as the government they're trying to overthrow. The problem is we spent an entire issue last time, which I enjoyed, where we had Jackson's sister Delilah throw down the gauntlet with her stepmother Mika telling Jackson how fucking much of a bitch his mother Lucia is. She did this. She did this. We have video evidence of her fucking, you know, killing people left and right as like, you know, going from beyond protesting to just straight up violence, making us all look like assholes. And in this situation, right away, Mika shows up. Hey, Lucia, I done made you look like a bitch, right? I'm the real bad guy over here. I'm like, why didn't you speak up, Lucia? You spent this entire time, like, mum's the word about what you're doing. And all of a sudden, Mika just shows up and says, yeah, I'm the bad one. I'm like, well, that was not a very good way of progressing the story at all. And really, what's involved are really deep fakes. And it is. And it's all just deep fake technology. It and it just goes back to the idea, hey, Jackson, remember how we made it look like you were the terrorist in Atlanta, so they chased you out so you'd have to come back to Zebel so we could talk to you? Well, my stepmother made your mother look like this, and I've believed it for years. I'm like, Lucia, look, the thing is, you could speak up, but you're also, you did abandon your daughter and leave her with a terrorist. Yeah. I don't know what you want for me here. Who is the good guy? You're right. And that's the thing. Even the idea where you tell me the Zebellion government are the bad, you know, oh, man, we're but we're against them because of what we've been told by what now is a very, very, you know, sus narrator who's also part of the rebellion. And the, the big thing about the Zebellions was, hey, they make us join the army. They can script children to be a part of their warmongering world. But it's weird. I mean, that's sort of some things that happen. You know, that happens in Israel. Everybody has to join the army and that's do their service and things like that. And so with that, I never got the idea of it being like, Oh my God, this is like those warlords that have children, soldiers. I get it that the idea in my mind, Zebel has the problem where they're ne they're always picking up scraps, right? They're always there for the chum, Eric. And, and Atlantis is the big thing. They kind of are there and they have to eke out an existence that is very warlike. But with that, everybody has, it's like a socialism thing. Everybody has to do their part at some point for the betterment of the good. And yeah. And so when you get this again, I don't have a real strong footing in what exactly the Zebellion government is doing. This is trying to tell you a little, but it's trying to tell you it through the eyes of the rebels here 
through the eyes of Jackson getting his information and I'm being left behind in the overall deal to just be, oh, my God, the mom is bad. No, she isn't. It's the stepmom who's bad now. Uh, but everybody's kind of bad. Look, I just know no matter what, you know, Lucia, even though she has been framed for all this stuff, she did kind of just keep her mouth shut the entire time. So I have to think that she has been up to no good in the past and, you know, raised the stakes with the protest to the point where she has a stockpile of weapons and Amnesty Bay and stuff like that. I don't know what else she's doing, but we know that she was exiled from Zebel for helping Black Mana steal some shit and then run off and get pregnant. But there's a lot of things wrong with Lucia, but I just don't understand why we just had this reveal. Like, page one of Mika being the bad person in this whole thing when we had an entire issue portraying Lucia as the as the antagonist and everything that's going on like here. there's not even a detective case to no. it. She knew all along. She knew what she was saying was bullshit. And then just ends up like the play was, hey, uh, by the way, I didn't want to say this in front of, you know, my kids who are really devastated by this. But that wasn't really me. It goes back to decades ago, but don't trust anybody over 30 at this point in time. Right now, what we have is Delilah and Jackson, the Aqua Lad and the Aqua Lass possibly going to go and, you know, pretty much take names and kick ass. The problem with this is the way we do this, it's one of those things that I have problems with whenever we build outer space in a Green Lantern book, a crushing Lobo, anything we've done recently in outer space. When you have Zebel here, I expect Zebel to be almost like Atlantis to a degree, just an underworld, underwater world that has like science and technology, like magic and technology combined and stuff like that, different things. But when you have a underwater bus full of children, a school bus that looks like a school bus just underwater, and then there's people stealing a armored truck and being chased by the Zebel police. I'm like, th- this is just surface level. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that, that's, I mean, that like, was my joke earlier. I know. I'm just like, this is exactly, though, how things are on the surface. I expected just a little bit more here. Can you go further when you're sitting there? It's like, oh, all those underwater kids, they're going to school as well. I mean, it's like, it's not anything, Any, it's weird. And And so when you go with this, and this is my main main problem with the book and it always will be uh you know this mini is we really could go through this whole review and barely mention jackson as we have you know for the past because he's just kind of there he's learning things he's trying to go he and yeah so you, he, is, you. he ain't gonna be tempted by his sister his mother or anybody and that's the thing then why try i i just wanted he's to be have, the hero i wanted to just i really wanted this series to show me why i thought he should become aquaman or why he deserves to be almost like this was you know america's atlanta store sebel's got talent i should say I, again the, the whole idea, idea of, going, of aquaman the becoming still bothers me though because even the idea that one day jackson you will be the aquaman and i'm something like can we just please call him Aqua Lad a little bit more, though? Because he still is Aqua Lad. We still have an Aqua Man. I don't need two, like we have Aqua Man, the book coming out, but I don't need Aqua Man. I have an Aqua Man. Right now, Jackson's still a teenager. He is Aqua Lad. Let him be Aqua Lad for a while because even though he has been around for over a decade, he hasn't had a chance to really be Aqua Lad front and, and center. Just let him be. Deal. I just, I, I wish that. This was more of, let's see like One day cool you will and... be the Aquaman, Jackson Hyde, or you won't. But you know what? One day you can be. But right you know now, what? You say you that. Are. You say that. And maybe that's what I'm wondering. I, I sit here and my whole problem with this is wondering what I want from this book versus what I'm getting. Because I'm not liking what I'm getting. But right there, actually, you kind of give me an epiphany a bit of the idea that maybe this book should have been something centered on the idea of, I don't know what would happen, but Jackson then has to really make a line of like, do I really want to be Aquaman? Do I want to continue that? But you're not getting that. You're just getting and why I wanted again to bring up the solicit for Aquaman. What you're just getting is 
okay, we have a story that we have in mind, but nothing has ever been set up for that. So let's just throw out these two minis, and we'll just use those to set up the next story. And I think things are being left behind. And where you end up having it announced as Aquaman and the Becoming, people are going to push back at it for different reasons, and especially without a regular Aquaman book out at this moment. But when they end up going into this and they're not even getting a look at Jack, like you could have won some people over. There are some hateful people. And I'm saying hateful just they hate this book. And I don't, I'll never read it or whatever. But you might have been able to win some people over. Oh, my God, the way this has worked out, it's not forced. It's not going, I see how he should be or could be Aquaman. But instead, you are doing a different, maybe it's the title. Maybe it's the idea of what I went in wanting or, or hoping I'd get because this ends up being hardly anything so like, about at one Jackson. Point, I want a Wallace West book. I want a Kid Flash book. If they call it, you know, Flash, the next uh, coming or whatever it is, I would be pissed off because I want a Kid Flash book because I want to see Wallace West be Kid Flash. Yeah, and and again, if you're going to do that now, you would probably have to give some background, give, you know, the, and that's what I kind of want to hear. I wanted something I to want get them to everybody try to on take board. all of those origins that he had between, like, the idea of having the powers before and then merging with a future self-version of him, then a Speed Force Storm and all this other stuff, just to get to the point where we are now, because that boy's convoluted. <laughs> yeah, he is, and, and that's what I think maybe with everything going down and what, how things are going, I wish that we would just have Back to the a six-issue mini that's just Jackson Hyde, Aqualad, and it just gets everybody on board with exactly, or Wallace West, right? Fest or even kid like, in the West. Garth in there, Tempest, because we'll have one Aqualad teaching the other Aqualad what he knows about being Aqualad and stuff like that, or even the idea that he became Tempest and wasn't the next Aquaman and stuff like that, and have some discussion about this. But for what we are getting here, I am happy with the idea of learning more about the idea of a half sister that Jackson has that could, you know, be a big part of his character and still like, you know, side characters going forward with whatever stories you want to tell, learning more about Lucia and even Zebel as it is, because Zebel for the most part is like, oh, they hate them Melantians and they even took Mara and like made her to try to kill Arthur before she fell in love with them. But there's not ever really a lot going but on. But that's with the Zebel thing, I'm not talk. really learning that much more except that some people are pissed off. I am not learning always too much pissed about off. it. Everybody's always pissed off. And so you came out of Infinite Frontier, and we did the Future State stuff, and that was, you know, you know, hit or miss, whatever. I wish that in those two months we ended up having just two-issue minis with every character, especially these. And just get everybody on board, because I want people to love these characters. I want to – you have it with me listening – or if you're listening to the podcast, and all of a sudden I get excited because suddenly I like a Hawkman book Hooray. because me and Eric can like the character together. And so what I want and what I think the key here is – even if you had this thing that you're like, oh, I already know enough about Jackson already, whatnot, you still enjoy seeing them kick ass, and then you could get more people involved. But when people go in, they're going to be lost with that man Zebel uses aquakinesis to stop a freaking like a runaway armored he's underwater awesome. car to stop from the underwater school bus. Yeah, the school bus. But even he one saved of the, children. Even one of underwater the, the children. Here, even the thing here, like there's the weird play because they end up realizing, okay, there's big trouble. And and even the idea of Mara's coming and you're going to have this idea of maybe they could all get together, Zebel and like that's been kind of pushed aside and it's not really spelled out enough for anybody to really be that fired up about it, but there's going to be trouble. You're going to have rebellion there and they're going to try to blow things up, maybe kill Mara. And then you get this deal where, oh, look, here's the hologram of the building that they were going to have the deal in, but now they're going to do it here. I'm like, I don't know why we're wasting time with this. Just get going. And at the end, finally, I'm excited 
Or when even Jackson grabs the trident, I'm getting the hell out of here. Gra- he creates the trident with the it's aquakinesis. Awesome. It is badass. But when you had the situation where we have Jackson and the sister sitting down, pretty much having breakfast in a, like a Zebel underwater cafe, but the idea that you see this underwater crime, I'm just going to keep saying underwater crime going on and they got to you know, save the day. It's like, is, it's like Space Vegas you're doing. It really like is. That underwater and that's what it really feels like because I don't like the way they portray Zebel here because it is just our world underwater and this like, you know, underwater conveniences for that to make it happen. But when you have the situation where you find out that Mika's people, they're like the, the protesters turn renegades here who are stealing the, the armored car. And, but like, you know, Jackson and uh, Delilah stop it. And we have to then like, oh, man, send out a drone. And then a drone is sent out because Mika wants uh, Delilah to see this. And then she looks at it and then it blows up. And it's like, that's right. Put it together, girl. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Don't you get it, Eric? That that cost a bit. You're going to have to put the pieces together. What did you see next day? She's gluing the thing together. Now you saw that smart together. girl connect the dots. And I'm like, is that Mika? No, I'm guessing that has to be. It's such a weird idea because I, I the progression now that I'm looking at it, I think it is Mika sent the drone out and then Lucia on the same ship that Mika's on blows up the drone. And then so Delilah's supposed to know that her stepmother sent a drone and now they're coming after her. So her stepmother has to be the bad guy as Lucia, her actual mother, is downloading the content that she needs to prove that Meek is the bad one and then Lucia's in, like, been framed this whole time <laughs> so that she can then kick some ass, get the shit kicked out of her, and then make it back to Delilah's place so she can collapse on the floor with the information. The best Fuck. is, the best is, you just explained it in a very, I'll give you credit, a very coherent way, a very succinct way. It's still nonsense. I mean, you're making nonsense out of nonsense. I like the concept of this. It might not be the Jackson Hyde story for you because you want Jackson Hyde yeah. kicking ass and taking I names. I understand why the I The idea like of protest and political atmosphere, it's not for everybody. It's usually not for me. But with Jackson Hyde learning about his sister, learning about who he is, his background, and where that's going to take him and the possibility that Delilah is going to move on with her brother and have this you know, Aqualad family to adore, or just in addition to the Aquaman family. I like all of that, but the progression of this issue to get where we need to go, it kind of sucks this issue. It's pissing me off because I like this story. I like what we have to do with Jackson. But when you get to the overall plot, it just falls apart, this issue, to a degree that I'm not happy with, even though I'm still liking the series overall. The weird deal, is it's trying to make a forced and convoluted way so that the mother, Lucia, she has been, you know, kind of duped the way that Jackson was. Deep yeah. fake deal. So. But we don't. You don't need to make that much of a connection of that. We understand the idea. It should have been that. You know, I, I don't know because when you end up having even that, you know, think to put the pieces together, girl, and they're like, all I get in the protesting, which I still, again, you know, my joke surface level because it really just ends up being bad government. We're protesting. And really what I think that and then you're we murdered liking, them fools like they would murder us. I really think if we ended up sitting down and really talking, and, and I mean going through each issue again and talking as we did, I think that you'd realize it's not really the Zebellion politics. That's a that's a vehicle. That That is just a delivery system. I do think that you are very intrigued with him having a, a sister. Sure am. Shit, I want Devil Ray and Black Manor to be his brother, but that's and not I happening. And I think that really the idea of this, too, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, the idea... 
that his mom, I don't think that you're real that impressed with the idea, okay, she was this rebel. She, I think that well, you just know with what the idea that she anymore. was just kind of, well, they said she was still we involved. Had an, we had an info dump that she took things to the next level of protesting where she was going around murdering freaking politicians to show them that we're not going to stand for this bullshit anymore, making the, the rest of the protesters look like this violent anarchist. And now we learned this issue right away. Oh, no, that shit wasn't real. And what's the weird <laughs> well, what thing about this? And it was kind of real. She ends up saying that what's, she what, was involved. Real, though? She says, I was involved, but the you stepmother was too. too. Yeah, but exactly. Like, and like, so, how much was one involved? Like the idea that we saw the deep fake stuff going on. Like, was Mika pulling half the triggers that we Mika's saw with Steve? Yeah, exactly. I think that what Mika's doing here. And why you have to go with this is that Mika all along is hard ass. I'm going to you know, blow shit up. At one point, Lucia seems to have learned that that's not the way. But the but way like that all other stepmothers, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, Lila, your mother, she ain't shit. Exactly. She ain't shit. That, and actually, I think that it's a weird play because I think it's more of the idea of, hey, listen, you might be upset about what I'm doing. I'm your mean stepmother. I'm doing that. But listen, I'm not even as bad as your real mother. So. It's so it's like what like, we always get mad about on Twitter where we would say this isn't right and then yeah, somebody would exactly. like say the reason that it is right because this other thing's worse. I'm like, no, that's this what is I think is going it doesn't on. make this good. That's what I think is going on. The idea that Mika's used this as a, hey, you know, you, you think that it's blowing up this is bad. Man, your mother, she blew up seven things. Or it might <laughs> even be, it might not even be that. It might just be, listen, it's not just me. I'm your stepmother. Yeah, I'm involved in this, but it's in your blood. Your mom's a piece of Look at this. And then maybe it's uh, Delilah wanting to like, okay, if my mom did it too, then okay. It's the weird deal. But I think that the real play here really for you, and I mean, I'm speaking for you, you speak for Green Arrow fans. So we'll Constantly. all go together. And with that, I think that you just liked it. Like you said, you said it, you like the concept. And I yeah. think you like the concept of finding out Jackson, a hero, accepted by Arthur, accepted by Mara, he has not just one bad father. It was always like, well, I'm I'm good because my mom. Finding out that his mom wasn't necessarily good or great, I think that that's what you like. The idea that it's expanding this idea that then it does make Jackson that much better because he was able to get past all that and stuff like But the way it's presented in all of this, I think you lose track of stuff. And then this one, really, you really, it's off the, the branch here. Well, you, even like, at the one point where we go off to see, you know, uh, Aqualad's rebellion boyfriend, Hotway, or like, you know, the, the guy's interested in, I'm not going to say his boyfriend right now because I don't know if they're picking labels yet. Potential but boyfriend. The idea that we spend two pages where he just has to sit down and tell you, Hotway, what we've already seen, what he's been going through I this know. entire time. Like, we don't need Hallway here. Like, can't you do some more stuff here? Like, you know, the idea that maybe you're going to battle, you want to kiss him, you want to hug him, you want to do something here, except for explain to him what we've already seen. So essentially explain to us. And I think that that was a weird scene that they just wanted to make sure, hey, listen, he does care for this guy. You want to show him in his like downtime, whatever. But it was just, you know, explain, explaining stuff we already know. So it kind of threw me off as well, but I, I kind it's like of get- a weird little recap page because just like, you know, in case you wanted Jackson Hyde like you, I want more Jackson Hyde. Maybe this is the first Jackson Hyde book for a lot of people where Howie's like, well, you're here now. You're a hero and you've been tested by your father and now even by your mother. You had so many chances to take the wrong path, Jackson, and at every turn you refuse. That's what so many of us do here in Zebel. Maybe there's more or uh, of you here more than you think. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to write the book, Eric. He actually, he's tuning into what I wanted more of, but still, 
even that, but I even think it is. away from that, it is one of the good parts of the book, though, to go on with the family connection, where he's all smiling, and his sister sees that and starts ribbing him a little bit because she knows that smile. I like these moments, but that two pages of just going over what we've done so far, the story so far, I didn't need that bit. I think that you throw that in for a bit. Okay, we're, we're kind of, that is the most Jackson part of it. But yeah, we kind of know. Maybe it is just to remind people that he is interested in this guy. And maybe it'll come to play as it goes on. But I do have to admit one thing. Even though I don't like this issue, I don't like this miniseries. And I don't like it not because this isn't my Aquaman, because whatever. Why I don't like it is it bores the shit out of me. I'll admit it. It is pretty much just, you know, sleeping pills for me when you're just having a lot of people talking about politics of something that's ill-defined, still ill-defined, and I don't really care. Zebel is not my thing. They, they just do your underwater you're buses city and stuff, right? I'm Dagon. But even then, like, I know that you say all we ever get is Zebel bad, hate it last. It's kind of enough for me. But still, <laughs> you end up with this <laughs> going like on. Star Island. What it do you is. expect I mean, here? I, I don't really love it. And so when you get this, one thing. One thing that I will tell you that us talking about it, not even really saying much about it, but me looking and whatnot, I'm starting to like his sister. Uh, I'll admit oh, that. Delilah's I'm pretty starting cool. to like Delilah. And She's I like ass. when finally you Heart do gold, get though. a little bit of, and a little naive, likes to follow the crowd. But still. She likes to follow family that's raised her and told her who they are and who she needs to be all the entire lies. time. And so with all of that, when when – he comes back when Jackson comes back and you get it's it's one page. It's like three battles. Hey, what are you smiling about there? Uh, never mind. Ooh, I know. I'm like, okay, that's what I want. Damn that's right. what I want to have. I want to have the interactions the of family. the family. And every every book is stronger with a family. Like I want it to be Thanksgiving and Zebel where everybody's getting together and freaking telling stories and making maybe fun of each this. other. Maybe it's this. I'm sitting there and there's Jackson. He's like, I'm going to look into my family. Right now I'm going to hang out with my mom and dad whatnot. It reminds me of just how shitty it would be for me to do that. I go over to my mom and like, hey, mom, what up? Uh, you piece is, of crap. It's you about useless the same here. His uh, mother's a freaking terrorist that murders people, and his father's a terrorist that murders people. At least his father's up front about it. So basically the same. I go yeah, over exactly to my house, and my mom is a piece of shit, and so and is my I dad. I'm from South Philly. And North, born and raised down in the Philly. Uh-uh. I, I don't even know what you uh, Anybody <laughs> have... Well, anybody have one of those steak sandwich meat pies? Have you been around here? Oh, oh my God, classic Mom. Philly. <laughs> oh, I, I never paid attention to you and your love of sports, but now I'm the biggest Eagles fan. Take that. I'm like, you bitch. Does Steven see her? <laughs> really? I don't know what the hell that guy does. That's my brother, by the way. I'm telling you, the idea, you want to see some crazy-ass family interaction. I kind of want to see this. This should be the comic. We'll just I want it to be like some kind of weird Ashton Kutcher punk where everybody's led to this one thing where Shoot you have to be locked in a room underwater. together. I'll show you some things. Uh, there's uh, The best would be in my thing. It's like, oh, look at this video of your mom when she was younger. I'm like, she's like being nice to me and hugging. and kept, like, Wait a minute. This is a deep fake. <laughs> what the hell's going on? What kind of woogie woogie black magic are you pulling here? Oh my goodness! Yeah, my my mom just again. I always have to preface it with the idea that they weren't physically nasty to you. They just never paid attention. So there you go. It'd be great. Oh, Stephen! I wonder what old Stephen is up to. You know, he's alive. Uh, you know, and really, legitimately, who cares? Eric? Who cares? But, I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. That'd be funny to have him on the podcast and like he would just come no. on like everything is true. That's all he has to say. 
Uh, I've never ever even talked to him about like, oh man, our parents were jerks. I I, I haven't talked to this at my brother in like twenty five years. Yeah, I don't think you've talked it's to us as we know each other. Yeah, no. Why would I? But yeah, in this issue, you end up where Jackson gets pissed. He's like, okay, they're gonna go and attack Mary. He even says Mary. Oh my god, and that. I'm gonna protect her. She's the only one who's been honest to me and nice to me. Yeah, and so again, you kind of lose track of some of that in the bits here. But he's gonna go and. Hey, mom, sister, I'm going to go but off. I do and love the kiss. idea that, you know, Delilah representing the people of Zebel here went through all of this trouble. It's not the right way to go about things, but making sure to get uh, Jackson away from Atlantis, you know, the higher ups you think they're better than everybody else, to bring him back to be the Aquaman of the people, the hero that Zebel needs, not Atlantis or and an, an, an Misty Bay. Can't talk, but yeah, I do like all the idea that she believes so much in uh, Jackson, even seeing what he does now at the Aquakinesis, stopping the school bus or the uh, armored truck that from hitting the school bus. It's like, we do need you. This is why I did all this bullshit. I want you as my brother side by side to help the people, and you should do this too. I know that, but then when you get the convoluted deal of thinking the mom is bad up until this point, having Still the, bad. You know, having that, having the stepmother being the bad thing, then I'm thinking like... That Mika reveal is terrible. That Mika deal, and then, then I'm thinking with Delilah, just like, oh, I gotta get... like There hasn't been a point here where it was like, okay... Uh, Zebel welcomes you, Jackson. I'd like everything seems to be on the side, and maybe what could come about later and stuff. And I'm still not getting that connection of Zebel. This is the the warrior we need to save Zebel because I don't know what the hell we're saving it from anymore, especially with this, from screw, this screwed up family. I mean, each way you turn, one person's worse than the next. So I wish it would have been just. Family. I actually just would have liked it if she has him there. It makes more sense that she just wants her brother back. And in the meantime, hey, shit's wrong. Let's fix it. This idea of him being the savior. And Hero, you end up having his almost boyfriend kind of saying the same thing. But we're not getting it. I'm not getting the sense of what greater Zebel thinks or does. Hey, I see they go to school and school buses. Probably put their <laughs> pants on one leg at a time. Uh, underwater pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Underwater pants, one underwater leg and underwater at a time. Uh, but I don't know. This ends up being a story, like we said, I said, with Fear State. A lot of these stories, they end up wanting to feel big, but you never see the overall reaction to anything. So it always feels very small. And I want it to be bigger, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. This is penultimate issue. But even then, it just carries on into the Aquaman book, where the big bullet points of Zebel, you know, sleeper agents, these sort of things, rebellions, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, they're, they're lazy. I mean, when you say sleeper agents, I've been one for about three years now. Right? I don't even know if anybody realizes that. But, you know, with that, though, the art's good. It's really good. It's uh, it just kind of bores me. There's a, especially this issue. A lot of people talking around to convolute the story up a bit and fudge up the words. Well, that's the thing. is Mika coming out pretty much saying the entire last issue that comes out this one fooled you. And for out of nowhere, it didn't make a lot of sense. And it's a terrible reveal. We get that right here. You know, Jackson having a moment to actually you know, swim off and be with this like pseudo boyfriend in Spider Highway. Just recap the story. It was a terrible way to do things. I'm interested in the story. Let's progress the story and actually do it in an interesting way. This is just a forced narrative to get us because we are in the penultimate. We're almost done. Oh shit, we got to pick up the pace. And it was not great to do. But it feels like the Jackson Hines stuff. I still continue to love the Delilah stuff. I still continue to love. And the idea that Lucia, well, maybe not innocent of everything going on. She's not as bad as we thought she was last month. And I'm okay with that. Moving towards the idea that maybe Delilah, Lucia, and Jackson can all have a relationship going forward. And then. No, suicide kick freaking black man in the face. 
Exactly. What would you give it? 6.8 out of 10. I'm 4.5. You actually convinced me to go up 0.5. Okay. Congratulations. But cool. with that, too, the funny thing about this swerve and the idea that Lucia wasn't as bad, we have the idea of cliffhangers. Oh, my God. Batman's dead. Oh, oh I, no. better, I better wait till I that. I haven't and heard. And then the next month when you end up, oh, what, the Justice League? Except you end up where the next issue, oh, Batman wasn't dead. Ha ha. They got me again. That's a cliffhanger. That's what you do. You know the trope. The idea of setting up an entire series based on an idea that the mom, Lucia, is this really over-the-top deal. That's not the same type of cliffhanger. When you end up showing the video, this should be just more evidence of, oh, my God, she's got a lot of explainer to do. You go to the next issue, and they treat it like a Batman's dead cliffhanger of, hey, guess what? I know that that was fake. Why didn't she say something? It's so weird that she just keeps it on the side only then to go and download stuff so that she can barely well, even the to idea that. when you have that situation like we have a, a face-to-face between lucia and mika where like mika's giving her like i told everybody that you were bad and i didn't and then lucia's like i know and i didn't say anything i'm out of here and we <laughs> jump to the situation later where like you know uh, Mika's trying to like rob this armored car and get it for their plans coming up with the assassination of Mare and stuff like that. And Lucia's just on the ship. I thought you left. I wanted you to think that. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's shitty. And, and even when she blows up the the drone and things like that, put the piece. It almost feels like you know that movie, uh, like Stepdad or whatever. That that one movie. It feels like it's like the battle of who's gonna prove that they're All better right. as the mind. Like weird. And it, it just ends up weird overall. That one Marky Mark and Wolf. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like just a contest of, oh, yeah, well, look at this. Well, it's so funny, too. I, I think that this is, you know, the devilish plan of Lucia. Like Mika's there, huh? I Devil showed, Ray-ish plan. I, yeah, well, I showed them that you were a piece of crap. Yep, and I knew it was wrong. But you didn't say anything. Yep. Sure did it. And, and then walks away and like, showed you, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kidnapping! <laughs> like, what did you, what did you accomplish here? I love the idea that that's like the kick line at the end. But even is the that, idea nope, she's doing all these things, like she's like she's playing coy because she's going to go and sneak attack Mika and get all the information. I'm like, hey, I thought you left. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Like, how, how did she get on this boat or the I, ship? I don't what? know. Hey, well, they're underwater. You know, and even then, I love when you get mad that there's like underwater open boats too. We don't have that here. But you love an underwater pirate ship, I know you do. Um, but one of the well, things, Captain Demo's fine. Why? Why wasn't there a part? This is just again, nobody's reading this book, but it intrigues me. Last issue when you saw this whole thing going down, the deep fake video. Why wasn't the play? Hey, that's not me. That's a, oh, well, mom, it looks like you. And they don't believe her. So now she has Poor to go Lucia. and download or upload the thing on that drive to prove that. Side because load. she seems to do that again. But uh, yeah, so we, I just love that idea. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. And walks away. Ooh, you bitch. Until I do. But yeah, <laughs> so 4.5. But we're going to go on. To the next book, another one that me and you. This is, uh, and I'm glad we're we're going about it in a more of a jokey way because I don't want to just I don't want to full out argue and something. That's kind of how we try to play this. I often get, you know, I don't know. Maybe uh, this is positive, Jimmy. Talk. I'm good. 2022, everybody. I just want to reveal this. Some Nyquil talking. A lot of people. Yeah, I did take a lot of Nyquil before this. (laughs) I love you, man. You end up with people listening to the podcast will know this, and it's kind of the funny deal. If I don't like a book and Eric likes it, 
That is a personal affront to me. Where do you get off? I get furious, and I get to the point where I think that I need to kill you. I, I want to oh strangle my. you. Because if you were here, if we actually had a studio, I probably would have physically hit you a bunch of times. <laughs> I don't know about this friendship. Because for some reason, I, I take it as a personal attack on me. And, and I'm trying to get over this. I'm trying to, also, I'm telling you, you'll know what I mean. Eric will say to me, I listened to this this week. I become furious that he's good. listened to something. Yeah. And I'm like, I will kill you if you mention that to me again. And then I have to go. I go on the defensive. I start saying crap. So I'm not going to do that here. I don't like this book, though, Eric. And I know that you do. I know that this is your this is your Wonder Woman book. Now, with that, you know, hey, is it, you know, the idea of the, you know, I don't want to offend people, but is it the, the tallest Jimmy at the surface? Well, that's the thing, I is you know. have a Wonder Woman book, even with the, I could even claim the Bantam Migdal backup of Wonder Woman might be my Wonder yeah, Woman book. Yeah, you like that too, is, I don't. You have Wonder Woman Evolution, you have Wonder Woman, you have the Bantam Migdal backup, you have Newbie and the Amazons going on. It is a good time to be an Amazon Themyscarin fan at this point. But even where I do like this movie in the Amazons, it's a lot like the uh, the Aquaman the Becoming book where this issue, even though it's not the penultimate yet, it, it fits right in with the idea like we're stalling for time right now because what we're trying to tell ultimately doesn't really matter until the end. So even a lot of this whole thing where you want to find out about the Well of Souls, you want to find out about Doom's Doorway and Medusa and the fucking Manicore of all things, like we got to sit down and t- politic about you know what the queen's up to and what she's not doing for a while and the idea of the interpersonal relationships of nubia on the island and like all right you like io i got you it's it's shitty to be a dooms doorway warrior but you know you gotta do what you gotta do i don't know for some reason this issue more than any other in my mind the last issue i was a little dead i think felt just a little bit long for what we're doing and even when we have a long issue where we're going to find dooms doorway and fight medusa which sounds pretty fucking badass I don't even understand what the hell Doom's Doorway is, long-ass stairwells, or why anything's getting out of this, or how. Okay, and and this is where, again, I think that we're going to have to realize that some of these books, it does end up being, you know, the the what the angle that you go into it as. What, what do you want from it? And it, this book reminds me so much, like Jackson and, you know, Aquaman and the Becoming, because I end up, again, wanting to know more about Nubia, seeing some things, and realize we're not really going to get totally hey, we, that. Hey, we saw her hit the streets in New York back in, like, the late 1970s. Yeah, and and so in this, you get Chicago, Chicago, you get a bunch yeah, of Chicago, things, Chicago, you know, and so even then, where I sit there and I read this, and I'm like, okay, we have this, this is just leading to trial of the Amazons, like the Jackson book that we just did, Aquaman and the Becoming, leading the Aquaman, but for some reason, I don't know. I I don't. I, I, it's the same. I'm going to say life don't hit it for you. Yeah, none of these don't because I'm not getting much character stuff. See, you it's are like just, I don't want to go to Zebel. Don't want to go to Themyscira. <laughs> Everybody's boring <laughs> there. Do I with their go? politics? Ephemes just being a bitch left and right. I don't need that. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I think I like Aquaman the Becoming more than this. And you ended up saying that it's a great time to be, you know, fans. Well, I say that just for the amount of books that you have. Quantity over quality. It, it certainly is. And yeah, at least there are options you can grab, but I'm sitting here and thinking it's not quite of the a book. Lie. <laughs> now, it isn't. I mean, it's you get a lot of picks. Yeah. But when I go with the Wonder Woman book, the Clone Red book, which I, I really think is just it's written garbage, by yeah. people who have no idea what they're doing. Then you get this book, which it's it's okay, but it's it's kind of boring. 
you're dealing with stuff that's very slow and I'm not getting much out of it. And even the Wonder Girl that keeps ending oh, up I being delayed. Girl, yeah. And so you have these going in and the backups and stuff like that. And just like how I feel of the mana, black mana book and the Aquaman the Becoming, not getting me excited at all for the Aquaman. This trial of the Amazons, the closer we're getting to it, the more I'm not looking forward to it. But I sit there, and the thing is, where I say about the angle that you go into things, I think you're doing the same thing as me, because when we talk about it, we're looking forward to the trial of the Amazons, hoping that it is going to solve all this nonsense, and we're going to get a good story. With the reveal of the death of the Just League coming up, like, we don't know who that's going to be. You say the Just League, that could be a fucking one of a million people or a million goddamn people. And it could mean a ton. Like, exactly. Things. What does it mean for one? She just play came the back. Game. Is she dead again? Because I know whether or not we're playing with future state timelines, each individual one seems to be doing their own thing. But in the backups of the Wonder Woman future states where you had Nubia as the current day Wonder Woman, the current day of the future, that is. She was queen, had a falling out with her, her sisters on the Themyscira, and left to go back to man's world. This feels like it's going to that, and that is a story that I do want to see. Queen Nubia is is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. I want to see kick-ass, badass freaking Nubia hitting the streets and hitting it hard, and we can get to that point, for especially for how everybody's fucking questioning what she's doing nowadays. Well, with all of that, uh, that'd be great. I, I wouldn't mind having a Nubia kicking Wonder ass woman, in man's Nubia. world, right? That'd be great, but are we going to have the same writers here? Because I'm not enjoying their story. I think it's very boring. I think that they end up throwing in too many characters where now they finally, we even said last issue, suddenly you end up having placards show up. It's not doing me any good. It really isn't. The idea of, okay, there's Castilla. You know, hey, there's Io. I, and some of the ones they end up pointing out, I know, but. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that I know. There's a lot that I don't know, and it's always been the problem with me and Wonder Woman books on the mascara. If I end up having a line of people here, and I, I don't want to make it seem like they're arrested or anything, but I end up going to you and saying, you know, we're going out, and there's a bunch of oh, people we're going to go out with, right? I will go to the pub, me and All right. the place you go. I'm down. And at the beginning, I end up going, hey, everybody line up. That's Jay, and maybe I tell you there were. Hey, that's Jay. He's a doctor. That's Sam. He's uh, something. You know, go down the line. And say, of course, Sam. And, and you're not going to remember at the end of the night who they are. Oh, now, no, I'm getting blackout drunk. Yeah. Now though, if we end up going out and I have a problem. just uh, and there's a unique. So, oh man, you you got to get this. Me and Jay, we were hanging out this one point. We did this crazy whack. You get a connection with the people, and that's where you start remembering people and their names. We're just being told names just to then have them say dialogue that sounds exactly like everybody else because it's just exposition. And then at the end, I'm just like, I didn't learn about any of them. I, I didn't learn anything with it. I mean, I made the funny thing about Aretto, the chief astrologist of Themyscira. I'm like, really? Like, seriously? Well, what's the thing is, let's just say if you're reborn through the well of souls, what's your ass doing in the society? Like, what are you bringing to the table? She knows stars. Okay, how about I'm there? And I know stars. I know Justin Bieber, and I know Blackpink. But here's yeah. what here's you're what the you TMZ do. of Themyscira. Look at you. Here, <laughs> that's what I am. I'm the TMZ. So I end up there, and if I'm writing that character, it may seem trope, it may seem cliche, at least have her talking a little astrology. It's Miss Cleo. But you end up having something that is unique to that character. And if you want to really push the idea of astrologist, whatever, make it unique to that as well. Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah, you know how it is. I Stuff do. like that. But instead, it's, 
you know, hey, they surely don't mean to cast doubt upon our queen, but how can we say differently or definitively, either way, what we face? No, no, seriously, you are getting a bunch of talking heads here for people who are either for or against Nubia and their own independent thoughts about what she's doing right or wrong. But the thing is, it doesn't really do much. Like, you have a themes like, you know, she's she's worried about feasts for the Well of Souls people coming around. We got Doom's Doorway problems going on. She's not worried about that. It's just... Themiscare in politics where people want to be close to the queen and tell them, you know, hey, I'm all for you or this bitch over here, she ain't for you at all. You should hang out, like stay away from her. But pretty much it's just Nubia wondering what is her next step. And the idea ultimately comes to all the time that she spent as the guard of Doom's doorway. She's the one who is best suited to go after uh, Medusa and put her back before that. With a subplot going on, the idea that Medusa herself being a villain all of these centuries because of what has happened to her, she is a victim for what Artemis did to her. I think it's Artemis. That's Athena. uh, Athena, thank you. I'll get into that. Uh, We didn't even tell. We didn't even say the credits. Maybe we should do those really quick. Nubia and the Amazons, number four, written by Stephanie Williams and Vita Ayala with Arfai Alitha, Martinez, Daryl Banks, Mark Morales, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Yeah, so there's what we got going. And, And so with that, I saw gave on the site and a lot of other people were laughing the idea that and i said i messaged you maybe two months ago and i said this trend in comics is certainly becoming the idea that nobody can be bad nobody yeah. can be a real villain you end up having batman he's hugging it out bitch. that manicar can still be bad right oh yeah but th- because you know we, we can't really talk to the manicar and that's bad enough as that is anyway but remember i said it was that one Batman Urban Legends story, that Tim Drake continuation story where Batman's hugging people to solve the deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they were just an angry mob and whatnot. But that's how you do. You got to hug it out sometimes. So you end up here and we're Not going Batman, through this. Though. Now, you have to sit there, and this is what bothers me with the Medusa thing is because there's a bunch of, as all mythology is, there's Medusa right now in the body of Andromeda, who is a close friend and somebody from Nubia's Former past. past. Yeah, deal. Exactly. That they're not supposed like to remember, that. but seem to. So, yes. With that Medusa, you have to go with a concept of which Medusa. The mythology changes the a lot. Gargan Medusa. And in my mind, I don't know why, I, I, always, I always go Greek, right? Yeah, I, it's all Greek you? to me. But the Greek story of Medusa, Medusa's just bad. There's not really much of a backstory. I know all Castlevania games. The Romans ended up adding some stuff. Now, this is the weird thing, and we still have more issues, and they could pull this out with Medusa. The idea... That what they play here is, and I think that the real version is really, it's a little harsh. I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to tell everybody, you know, spoiler alert, a little harsh. But the idea that you're there on Themyscira and you're putting out this villain who ended up in their version here, very kind of watered down, is the idea that Athena ended up seeing that Poseidon had some eyes for the Gorgon Medusa. That doesn't play out well with Themyscira. And the things like that. The real story, Eric, you know why Athena was mad? Athena was mad because Poseidon raped Medusa in Athena's temple and blamed Medusa. That is awful. And I think that you could play that better with this. I, I think I that that's like that more. Story. It's not. But the idea that she gets blamed because she was raped by Poseidon, I think, plays well into the whole idea of Themyscira and the women being. I think but you can't do that. But still. Oh, no, you got to tiptoe around like. Medusa unwittingly found herself caught in the powerful god's gaze, subsequently getting Athena's attention. The goddess's jealousy would become a gift and a curse for Medusa. So we tiptoe around the rape and t- terribleness. Jesus rape. No, but- that's the thing. It's like Medusa unwittingly found herself caught in the powerful god's gaze. That's Poseidon saying, I'm going to rape her. Yeah, and then that's t- what you know, happens. Athena being like, 
Oh shit, that bitch just made you do that? <laughs> so think of this. And this is what gets. And again, uh, yeah. But this is what kind of. You're bringing in mythology that is. It makes sense. It's it's the Wonder Especially Woman. It's Sarah's the guy, I'm sorry, it works well, too, going through the trial of the Amazons with what we've seen so far from Wonder Girl Yara Floor with Hera and the rest of the Pantheon and what they might be a part of in this. And that's the thing, though. This is a weird play. You want a play. Medusa on your side I, for that. I still think that it's a weird play, the idea that you are. You know, you're pushing a lot of these women were are there because they come through the well of souls, oh, especially yeah. now being open. Died terribly through the hands of man. Rape, murder, things like that. Abuse, yeah. And so what you're saying here, it, Poseidon, you're almost pushing it's Poseidon, but it is a weird idea. But where, even if you tiptoe around the rape and don't write out say, and even when even you want to retcon the situation, bad, if you want to retcon all of that and just say what this is in the story is the actual thing of Medusa, where she was then cursed and then was killed and then put in freaking Doom's doorway, and it was a victim this entire time just because fell in the fucking Poseidon's gaze, and what are you going to do? It's he's a fucking well, god that's, of the sea. That's the weird thing, though. The, still the, the, a victim. The weird thing about it, the victim, though, and it still works. The victim, though, is not from Poseidon. No, it's no, Athena. It's Athena. Yeah. And that kind of swerves it a little, I think, in the overall concept and story, because really, you're almost saying, too, of, well, look at that girl. She's wearing those sexy Don't trust the gods. You're blaming the victim constantly yeah. about this, but even Athena and I never get the idea that they're going to be going against like an Athena. I think that this is trying to. I think it might. I think it's trying to be Poseidon. I think that if you, I think that most people, if I ended up, if, let's take them all down. If you put it down, I said, who was the bad person? Hera has it coming too. Who was the bad god? And she's this? a victim too because Zeus can't keep it in his pants. He turns into a swans and fucks everybody. I think they try to wink, wink it to try to make it all Poseidon. Those, it's weird because it's not Poseidon, especially the way they're really playing. He just likes to love who he's going to love, Eric. You know, gays. Love his love. But you have a weird idea. And this is overall the deal is what we're getting at. I'm just kind of talking about the, But the idea that in this book you're, you're going through this whole deal to make Medusa. Medusa, a sympathetic character, is a weird Not in Clash kind of, the of Titan, thing. That's sure. Yeah, because that's, you know, a lot of the Greek stuff and, and things going on. So y- you do mix and match Greek and our own oh, yeah. thing. but. I don't know that we have to spend a whole story to try to make Medusa not a villain. So an anti-hero. I mean, you you end up having Medusa do this and she's bad. That's enough. That is a Wonder Woman story. I know that you're trying Put to give something the new. Commandos. But all of a sudden, oh, what? Well, hey, she ended up, you know, turning people to stone. Well, you got to realize that she is mad and maybe she should get, you know, deserve to be with us, whatnot. And I'm just like, I well, don't know. The thing is, she was over here, gaze got on her, and freaking, you know, turned into a snake-headed monster woman, was killed, put in Tartarus, escapes Doom's doorway, gets her head cut off and is used as a trophy. Like, who wants to be queen? Dangling <laughs> his head around. She's pissed. Here's my new story. Jeffrey Dahmer was treated like shit when he grew up, and now he did this so, hey, he's sympathetic. It, it is kind of a weird deal. She does have a track record after the fact. And hasn't been real good. But, you know, they're trying to do this. They're trying to tie it in. It's Again, okay. the Jeffrey Dahmer thing is weird because, like, you know, man, these people treated me bad. Maybe they did. I don't even actually know. But, like, the idea, I'm going to go eat some people. But then, but, like, a god actually cursed her into having snake But heads. she was also a gorgon. And, and a lot of the stories, she already had the. It's, well, it's that's all the whole thing, too. Like, Pegasus was born of her and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we like the Pegasus. How we go get the Pegasus without her blood and tears, Eric? I mean, seriously. I mean, really, go find Perseus and, and beat the shit out of him. He's the one who should be. He didn't look into it, right? He's, He's cool. What are you talking about? How dare you? And, and that the funniest thing is to think about it. What I really get a kick out of is the idea that, that comics 
are like a new mythology yeah. and the idea that it does seem like some of these things really if these were comics coming back in the day in, in greece and rome they're like wait what about this medusa oh well hey get the writers we're gonna do a prequel we're doing an origin story it's one of those weird things too with the idea of switching back and forth between roman and greek mythology because they are interchangeable they for the do most all. part of and a lot they of the do stories in, but like wonder woman the a thing lot. exactly because one of the things in this like say wonder woman's gonna go and fight hercules well she wouldn't because hercules is the roman heracles is the greek but heracles is not as fun as hercules yeah so you end up mixing that i understand that it's just it really took me because, you know, one of the things I liked as a kid and whatnot, and even my version is very, you know, quick. And, and also, whenever and I see Heracles, like, I have to say Heracles because I'm an idiot. Yeah, Heracles. Uh, there was a uh, a video game back in the day that my buddy Pete liked, and it was like the Trials of Heracles. But I always uh-huh. just said Hercules, and they made fun of me. <laughs> they made fun of me. I was so on the, in the know. Yeah, I was in the know. Uh, and actually, I think it was like like Heracles and the somethings. It was like one of those almost sounded like a Sinbad movie. But it was a Kevin Sorbo freaking thing. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, and uh, again, that whole thing is pushed aside. I just found it weird to go through all of this and set up the idea. Oh, my God. You know, Medusa bad. OK, that's cliche. That's what we usually get. And then to swerve it to say, oh, you know what? She's not so bad. She kind of was just pissed, whatever. But we'll go with that. But we also have these flashbacks to Chicago. Where you end up having this Andromeda, you know, connection with Nubia, who went and had a little hot vacation in Chicago. There was a manticore that escaped Doom's doorway on Nubia's watch, and somehow this manticore, his ass gets around, and it gets around fast because it escaped Doom's doorway on Themyscira, made its way to Chicago in the 1970s, and Nubia is tracking it down and kicking its ass and killing it, I guess putting it just back in the Tartarus when that happens. But it's such a weird idea because here we see... That Nubia goes and kills the Manticore. But in the Banamigdal backup of the Wonder Woman book, we have Atalanta saying that the Manticore has come to Banamigdal because she originally killed him. Like, well, if the Manticore escaped Doom's doorway like Medusa has, why wouldn't it try to get revenge on, you know, uh, Nubia first and then make its way to Banamigdal to take out Atalanta for killing it first? But this thing is getting around and it's pissing me off. Yeah, it is getting around. It seems to be like the symbol of, you know, troubles and. So you end up having... Manacore, more like Manabore. Yeah, (laughs) Manamore, it's everywhere. (laughs) So you end up where you have Nubia in Chicago then, right? And you get the idea of 70s stuff going around, right? So you end up having... I sat there, I'm like, is this late 70s or early 80s? Yeah, it looks like early 80s. That's what I thought. The one old guy, I swear to God, he's got a members-only jacket. I I know that look. You see, he's the last member, Eric. And you end up where you have this going on. I, I don't know the play here, and there's a weird play. I know that Gabe said this in his in his review, and I kind of was like, yeah, I'll see what it's like. But there are some things here where it makes Nubia seem very toxic in my mind and very much like a like a toxic guy. That we, If this would have been a guy doing this in the Wonder Woman. We had the Wonder Woman this week where, hey, m'lady, the shadow, what did m'lady. you say? At this point, you end up Nubia running into this and is going, hey. Thanks for clearing out the area. Beautiful. And I'm like, it's a little over the top. Again, the thing there. Is, it is the 70s. Over the top it is. It's, I'm telling you, I just looked it up too because I go to see Foxy Brown, which came out in 74. So I'm like, you know, things were a little bit more liberal back then with how they expressed themselves. This is a, a gal, Nubia, who hasn't really been advanced, like just going there and, and just seemed a little bit over the top. Well, not only stuff, that, not because Andromeda's original life, which we don't know her name in this when she was originally alive and stuff like that, because Andromeda's the name that she chose when she got to Themyscira, but. The idea that she's just so cool with this woman who's hanging around Chicago in lion freaking armor. I'm like, 
you're just cool with this. Like this is at a point in time where I don't know if a lot of people know about superheroes, depending on what time frame we're dealing with the JSA and what people know. But it just seems like you should be a little bit more put off the idea of this gigantic woman who you might find attractive, but who's running around Chicago in armor. I did get a chuckle that they like everybody's why is everybody looking at it? They think you were just doing a photo shoot for Jet Magazine. I'm like, I like <laughs> Jet Magazine. So you end up with that though. She says that. Hey, thanks for cleaning up the area, beautiful. Then one of the scenes coming up there where you had this guy who, I mean, back in the 70s, you, you just waited for people in the alley to rape them. I mean, wait, it's this just, is just it's a just, bad exploitation for this point. Hey, sweetie, where you heading in such a hurry? Don't touch me. Come on, don't be like that. I only want to talk as he's grabbing her arm. And they're like, honey, you'll have to act like, ah, another monster for me to dispatch. Honey, you'll have to wait your turn. There's plenty to go around, though. <laughs> so with that, I just want to tell everybody, Smack here's the deal. You know, laws will change and things become more accepting or not. People are always a piece of shit. They were yeah, pieces of shit in 74. The same history. as now, right? So with that... It, it wasn't it, like the idea of even people talking about like uh, a racism type deal. Usually racism oh, isn't no, the stuff that racism. Now, isn't isn't usually just somebody in the street yelling bad things. It's the stuff they do behind the scenes. It's very, you know, it's a invisible type deal that they try to keep. If somebody just doesn't sit there in an alley at any point like, hey, baby, looks like it's good night for raping and get going. And I don't know. I've seen videos of like women walking down streets in like cities and stuff like that where people are sitting on stoops and this is cat calling and saying some horrible, that, that, horrible but stuff like now, that. As, as of then, it, the, what I'm saying is people are always awful. It's not yes, just because I true. do. I do think that some the people, most honest thing you've ever said It is younger comic readers are like, holy crap, people just got raped. <laughs> this the is thing just is, the deal. Again, they're still not wrong. 70s terrible decade i don't care what anybody says dirty that dirty decade and, and scary decade i mean really what you get in this and what you the get rise a of the serial killer does this make sense to you what we're seeing the scene is is the fear that i had throughout that decade. Yes. like this is what i imagined things were going so i can go with it but the funny thing about all this is hey thanks for clearing up the area beautiful and then this guy happens to call nubia honey and she clocks him for it. I'm like, maybe you're clocking him for the other things there, but my name is not Honey. Well, her name isn't no, beautiful either. <laughs> I think that what we find out is Nubia and this dude go off for a drink later and they're comparing notes. But no, no, she's bagging a, a freaking Andromeda first date. Like, even the idea, it's like, you know what? You saved me from a manicure. Now you saved me from this sleaze bag here. You know what? You walk me home too. How about I make you something to eat? Are you, are you hungry? Famished. I'm like, She's staying for dessert. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I thought you were going to be real horrible with what she was going to eat. So you end up here where you're going. Wow. And <laughs> again, though, she's like, hey, there. <laughs> it just, it, it's just a little over the top. It just made me giggle. Also, at that point, when you look at her, kind of looks like she's like a Greek goddess version of Sergeant Peppers. I, I don't get that the shoulder pads here, but. Shoulder pads are a thing. Yeah, they end up going, and you know this is in, a, in another decade, but it's yeah, still a thing. Yeah, this is to connect everything that we had and that idea that they did. Like, I think I know her, stuff like that. It's a weird connection, yeah. and so with the Well of Souls they opening up like this, and with the Well of Souls until she was like forced this, to go back to Themyscira to continue her duties as the the freaking guard of Doom's doorway. The, the Well of Souls is open. 
why would it be somebody that has a specific connection with new? That's intriguing to me. That's the idea of like the new, the, the Weller Souls. Well, it's the got a mind of its own. Well, even the idea of a Thane talking about the idea where Nubia was the last person to come out of the Weller Souls before it shut down for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years at this point. Who knows? Like, you know, just let's just say hundreds. It's because I'm not good with time and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But the idea where a Thane's talking about, you know, all of these people have come out of the Well of Souls at the same point where Doom's doorway is open and all these things keep coming out. Is it connected? Is the Well of Soul poison? And is Nubia to blame? Because the fame is always going to say, yes, Nubia is to blame. So it's a weird connection about what's going on with that. And it's I don't even understand, though, because we have Medusa decide, I'm going to go back to Doom's doorway, even though she spent all this time getting out of Doom's doorway. But as she's going back there, it just seems like all these Amazons are just... I don't know, nailing planks of wood over the doorway, and I don't understand what they're doing, but she then goes in, takes out one of the guards, and there's a lot of people there, but then I guess she takes out everybody, but goes inside Doom's doorway to the point where Nubia, not knowing this, assumes that she's going back there. She goes and gets a weapon from Io, this really cool extending spear kind of deal, but she goes to Doom's doorway, and nobody says to her about the idea that Medusa knocked their asses out and went in the Doom's doorway. So I don't understand this progression. Also, I, like I said before, in the body of Andromeda, who is going back and forth with the idea that you know Andromeda's personality can come through and talk, and she's almost like a two-faced about it with the, like the, the personas that are coming out. I didn't out, mind so the way weird. they did it with the word bubble so that you, were, yeah. you weren't confused with it. But then all of this connects with this idea with Baya, one of the other new girls. That came through the well of souls saying, listen, you know, and, and almost doing that idea of like, huh, look at the new girl. What does she know? Oh, my God. She's looking at it in a different angle. It's the whole idea. Well, and she has prophecies. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I got this idea. These dreams I'm having. I'm, what happened to Medusa isn't so bad. I mean, she kind of is, you know, abused like us and stuff you like think that. out of the box. Oh, my God. I like the way the cut of your chip there, gal. And then they start thinking of it. And this gets to. Nubia and thinking yeah this might be right So realizes and I love The idea and I again it's played Out okay where Another writer might be just like you have Nubia come in hey Medusa here's Your head can we all be friends Hug it out and that's not the case You know Medusa's very confused About what's going on oh I didn't expect you to Come down and then I think that Nubia might do the worst thing Possible you gotta do this as A transaction kind of like you know, a tit for tat deal. You don't just say, "Hey, I got a plan," and throw the head which she wants at her, and then try to hope that she goes with it. I mean, yeah, which say, is such a weird idea because we're going to Doom's doorway. Then is an endless staircase down. Then and for Nubia well, to go after her because Eric. she wants Andromeda's <laughs> endless staircase. <laughs> but the idea that all right, now we have a bunch of the issue. Now that we've talked about politics and whether or not Nubia is capable of being queen of Themyscira like this, now it's time for your nonsensical action because we're going to go do this. But to get there, we have to fight harpies and freaking hydras. And I'm like, did we really need this in the story that we're telling just to freaking get to Medusa, who's back in Dooms in Tartarus right now, past Dooms doorway to say, here's your head. Let's talk it out, bitch. Yeah, not real good poker face here. It's just, hey, I, I have this thing that you most desire. Uh, maybe you release Andromeda, but here, I'll give you the head before you do that. Uh, yeah, I trust you. Ooh, but that might be cause I really hope. I really hope that with the head back, it is a little bit better than we had before because Medusa, you know, just being some kind of uh, non-corporeal entity that escaped and taking on the bodies of different Amazons, every time she leaves a body and body hops to somebody else, the person that she was in previously turns to stone then. So hopefully 
when she, you know, becomes corporeal again with her head there, Andromeda just doesn't instantly die and turn to stone. Must be endless staircase. Must be endless staircase. Why why is it that, you know, we get more of a dead man vibe from Medusa than dead man nowadays in these books? But that's the big thing. And I think that it was should have been kind of mentioned again. Because there's the cliffhanger, but the real cliffhanger would be, oh my god, what's gonna happen? When she does end up leaving Andromeda's body, is she going to turn to stone? This is the thing that Nubia, you know, is trying to stop and trying to save Andromeda because of their connection and just being, you know, an Amazon and all that as well. But it's just this this story. I had fun laughing at it, right? A little yeah. trip down memory lane, the awful 70s. Getting the history on Medusa. Yeah, but it's like, again, I want more Nubia. We get some past thing, but it's more through the idea of connecting Andromeda. The Nubia that you want to see, it's just pointless bullshit with harpies and hydras for no real reason. And a manacore. I sit here and wonder why. Manacore. Why? <laughs> manacore. <laughs> Oh my goodness, but what would you give it? I really enjoy the art in this book, and I like a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with, the idea of going to the trial of the Amazons and what that might mean with all the different Amazon, you know, tribes and like, you know, sisterhood that we have that might go against the Pantheon for what we see in the Yara 4 book with what Hera has planned, you know, Yara being a weapon for the Pantheon against whatever is coming. What I'm telling you, it's so mysterious what this is all about going forward because you have the Enki people with Altum going after Wonder Woman saying that the Themyscira is theirs. You have all this different shit and I have no idea how it's connected, but I just really hope from what we're getting with this book right now that Medusa is a victim, can become an anti-hero, and instead of the gods having your forest weapon, the Themyscira and Amazons have the freaking Medusa as a weapon against, like, you know, Athena and whoever else she needs to freaking turn an ass to stone. I don't know how it works on gods, but I look forward to monsters and gods fighting. But we're talking about that, and it doesn't, it, it's, like you said, I don't know what the trial of the Amazons, at this point, I wouldn't be so shocked if they're like, okay, let the court come to session, we are here, Amazons versus the Manicor, and the Manicor's <laughs> oh, the Manicor's gonna win for sure, he's been victimized. And I'm sitting there, he's there, they're like, okay, Manicor, did you or did you not chase Nubia through Chicago 1974? Like, as, right. has been, as has been seen from the video footage... Obviously, Nubia is the one doing the chasing, sir. That is true. Yeah, really. And and uh, how is how is the Manicor going to possibly be able to defend himself with a scorpion tail? Who obviously, is this, yeah, well, who is this lawyer going to be? I think that he's telling some tales. I, it's I Jerry, know. the Pegasus. That would be great. Jerry comes out. We have it all. We have it all. Then Medusa's yelling. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Everybody hates her, but then Jerry's like, "Mommy, <laughs> Grandma." Ah, uh, but at the end, I, I think I'm giving it a five out of ten, straight up. I like a lot of stuff with it. I think I'm going to go 6.5 out of 10 with this. I could go down to a 6, but even though this is a disappointing issue, like the idea of Jackson Hyde and Aquaman to be coming with just what we're presented here, I look forward to the story that's coming with it, but... Like I said, there was a weird situation in Aquaman The Becoming where we spent time just recapping and a lot of the stuff that we had with the fame continuing to bitch about who our queen is and going back and forth about Doom's doorway and stuff, it really almost did feel like a retread and a recap of what we've previously dealt with in this book and it just wasn't as much fun as I wanted it to be. Here you get some kick-ass freaking, you know, Nubia fighting monsters, but it just feels out of place and ends way too quick for what they're doing and doesn't really do anything for the story. Yeah, it's weird because you get that Jackson part with his boyfriend type deal and that's like, okay, we get recap. Yeah, we get recap, but it gives you that essence of what he is and lets everybody know and all that. He's a goofball. He just likes to smile. He's so happy. Oh my goodness. And and this one, it's okay, we need some action, so let's just throw in this thing to connect and drum and it just it's they're weird. Nubia versus Medusa though. I look forward to that. We end up where 
you know, Trial of the Amazons, Aquaman, and nothing's getting me that excited to get those stories. The War for Earth 3. Yeah, and, you know. Shadow War. Shadow War. Shadows of the Bat slash Tower. All these things. But we'll go to the last book of the night. This is a book that I, I haven't been having as much fun with as I thought I would. I think that most people who are reviewing it and reading it, I think they've tried to convince themselves. The that book's it's a, a basic book. bitch. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> there you go. It is blue and gold number five. I like this issue a little more, and I Me like too. it a little more because you actually get Booster and, and Ted kind of together and on the same page well, for the most part. Not even sad sack, Ted, but you get blue and gold being heroes and being optimistic about the future together. Exactly. I think that this is actually, and I'll also spell out, too, something you said during the Patreon spotlight I will end up talking about because there's, I don't know, maybe a hint. But with that, you're right. You end up having blue and gold for the first time in issue five. And I actually was really happy to see that and actually enjoyed this a lot more than I actually thought I would, even with the idea that I thought the nonsense of these people showing up. What I like about and it's written by Dan Jurgens. I'll just give you the credits now. It's blue and gold number five. Dan Jurgens writing, Ryan Sookart and cover, Steve Bucciolato on colors and Rob Lay on Letters, what I like about it is there's a lot of opportunity here, and I think it's still being played out, a little social commentary, a little satire. Like what, social media? No, I'm saying the idea of social media, but also the idea of what is in a world where there's comic book characters, what is a story that makes you think somebody's crazy? Because you have what appears to be a bunch of Looney Tunes, but are they? Because everything that they say could be right on the money because of what this world is. And I thought that that well, so far, was a the fun one take. Pe- the one person in line for the like, blue and gold freaking heroes for higher service who need help from superheroes, legitimate superheroes, like, you know, Terry's taking the name Old Trixie. She's all like, uh, let me get everybody's name. I'm Ultra the multi animal. Like, That's a whole mystery from space character. That's crazy. You're just going to say that. So, like, I mean, you don't get to see him. He's just yelling the name out. I'm like, I believe that guy. Let's help him. He's the freaking multi alien. Exactly. But even then, is he? Is he lying? Like, and you have, you know, you trust I mean, Ultra. The, He's the an old astronaut. Guy, we end up, hello. He's, I've got to get back to the 1842. Well, yeah. I don't believe him. I don't either, but you have a time traveler that you don't. I think he's just an old man with halitosis and a cowboy hat. Then you get what I really thought the play should have been. You get a Doctor Strange type character, but then he also turns into a bit of Doc Brown at one point. And I like, I wanted this old guy to just go full out through. He's, you know, Doctor Strange. Then he's Doctor Who. Then he's Doc Brown. I really thought he was the crazy doctor guy. And you just a mad scientist. It, yeah, but I'm saying like even just down the line because he does really come off as Doctor Strange at first, but has one of the lines that look like Doc Brown. But even then, that that's kind there of must fun. Must be returned to Dimension X as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, and that's even almost like the guy from the Black Hammer book. Actually, Doctor Weird. All these doctors, <laughs> and I thought it was fun. And I thought at the end it would have been a funny thing where you find out. This guy just was having a good old time. He's actually a doctor and goes up. He's a surgeon or something. But with that, you have all these people yelling. You have a pirate. Yeah. And and, and it's not, it's almost to the point where you think it's going to be overdone. You're like, oh, God. It's not, though, actually. I thought that it was a real But the social media tweets and plays with what's going on and live tweeting the battle between, you know, our heroes and villains. That's getting old, and it keeps can, continues to be old throughout since, since the first issue. Honestly, it's the weakest part of this book. There's less of that and, here, though. Well, no, the thing is, you, it's even more in your face here, in my opinion, just I because it was you had it throughout, where you have 
two characters who've been tweeting this whole time who happen to be at Booster and Blue Beetle's place, and they realize, holy shit, you're this person? Yeah, I'm this person. Oh my god, we're together. Isn't Booster great? No, Blue Beetle's great. And now, on top of the tweeting, we have it front and center. I'm like, I, I actually thought it was one of those of the idea of just get the hell out of the house. And maybe you can meet some friends and they become friends then. And, and how to live my life. But in that, I think that we got less. Of the, and I think that that was the play that it's kind of the, hey, you know, get out of the house. and You might meet some people and stuff like that. But even with that, it would be that they would show up uh, for that. But even beside that, you start off, you're always going to get me with Rip Hunter. But not just Rip Hunter. Eric. He has gone back and you have to go as a time traveler and a time master. You have to go and see the important moments of history. And he goes back to 1962 Cavern Club Liverpool, and he's watching the Beatles play. And this is right before, right before they hit. And it, for people who he's would, not even doing anything cool with time he's, travel, he's, 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 damn right he is. And I just <laughs> thought it was the idea then. And I really thought that the play—I mean, you can't because they're already the Beatles—but somehow they'd be inspired by Ted to call themselves the Beatles and a twist and turn things. But he is going to go help a Beatle, Eric, later. But with that, you can watch a video. Of where he is at this exact point. There is like one of the earliest deals of the Beatles being filmed before they were big. And it's it's exact. If you watch that video, I think you'd be Not impressed. Really. You'd be impressed, though, with the Ryan Sook art with how he does. I'm just that mad whole because deal. I constantly think to myself that when I die and I don't know what I believe in afterlife or after death and stuff like that, what will happen? Do you have a life review? Do you have your loved ones come to you and all everything like that? Is there nothing you become one with the almighty consciousness? I don't know, but I really do hope at one point. There's, I can hang out in my freaking limbo post-death and say, holy shit, um, almighty creator or whatever you may be, I want to go and be there at this one particular point to unsolve all the unsolved, solve all the mysteries that are unsolved that I hear out through all these different paranormal things. Like, did this UFO come over here? Did the Sasquatch carry this lady away? I want to be able to go and see this and find out about all these things. And here's Rip Hunter just fucking watching something you can see a video on YouTube about. That's the asshole. thing, though. I mean, really. I mean, would you have rather have been at the Juggalo Conference of 1992, Eric, or would you rather have been there, right? The Juggalo Conference of 92. Right? <laughs> no, 2002. I was at the gathering in 2001. You still talk about that stupid gathering because you were there. If you watched a video, I mean, I here's the in 2002, too. How about me and you sit there? Would I go back to the Coachella performance of Blackpink? Damn right i would eric i wasn't there so i'd like that i'm gonna find me a sasquatch i like with this though that but rip hunter he's got taste and it's not loony right so he's there and i like this it it, it really plays out that quick deal of time travel it's and again it, it, this is fan service for somebody like me that Dan oh, yeah, I think is rip doing, hunter but, does not have a lot to do with this except for kind of weirdly save the day but not really with this whole thing because Rip Hunter is here. He gets a signal from Skeets that, you know, Booster and Ted need help. So he leaves his thing and goes back to freaking like, you know, to the present day to stop this alien princess from kicking Ted and Booster's ass. Even that, it's the idea that Rip Hunter, as a time master himself, he is renowned. So she's going to stop her attack on this because, you know, she respects Rip Hunter. But then Booster and Ted are just like, you know, teleported away. So it really doesn't matter except for having Rip in the story. He might even be the thing where, like, he might be the linchpin to get our heroes. That's out what of I this, think. Ultimately, but for this issue, you're just getting a weird Beatles call out. I think that here's the thing: if you're going to do anything and you're going to go and and think of it as okay, what are they doing? You would expect that it is to introduce Rip to people who wouldn't know. Oh yeah, be, well, the son of Booster Gold from the future, who's older than Booster exactly, right now. and that he can time travel, yeah. and and also. I think in a subtler way, it's not it, but he can't change things. This isn't him going back and like, 
hey, John Lennon, I want you to meet this guy, Look, Paul we McCartney. All, we all know the only person that can change time and be okay with it is Reverse Flash Eobard Thawne. Everybody else got to follow rules. Yes, unless you're in Quantum Leap. Sam, he's allowed there. He's got to fix Well, he's it. on a mission from God. That is true. So you end up with this now. I like the other thing because Omnizan, who I, I really don't care, it's one of the weakest points of the book, is just the concept of the character and also that they sent her away. I like her a little more in this, and I like her where at least she's waiting in line at one point. She is. She's very respectable. I thought it was funny. As you're going down the things, and you're like, okay, there's a robot wants to find this human inventor. This lady's crazy. She sees, here's, you know, toys your in the region. attic. Toys in the attic. You have the children of the corn. We go all this down the line, right? I'm... And then you just have the Amazon. walks behind the rows. Watch out, Booster and I Ted. I am your regent. And it made me laugh that she's actually there and waiting at this point. Well, but at that point in time, I really thought this was going to be the continuation of the story where this is our person that we talk to for pretty much, I don't know, like um, HR to a degree for the people who are supposedly the owners of our planet and how we contact them about the discrepancies that we might have. When she said this, I didn't even realize it was Amazon with the hood up and stuff looking all raving about it. I thought that was funny. It. I thought this was our correspondent almost like, you know, that lady was in Beetlejuice for the Maitlands right there. Like, she was our, their agent and stuff like that. I thought it was funny, though, when she's That's not the case. Like, again, she's waiting politely. Case workers, the word I'm looking for. She's speaking what she say, <laughs> And then she's like, enough of this. I should be in the front. But you do end up where the blue and gold, they're excited. They got a shit ton of people. They have tons of people. And I like that well, idea, such good too. Press for this? I, I think it's the funniest thing of, hey, like, oh, man, it's almost Homer with the cable. Hey. Hey, uh, Dad, how can we afford this? What, afford nothing? I think that we can swing it. I like when you end up, yeah, they love that low, low price of nothing. And they go, but it's nice. And it, it pulls that idea then about where Booster and, and Blue Beetle here, they're actually nice guys, actually. Because even with that, they could go out and go, oh, these people are all insane. Screw them. But no, they end up like, why is it? You know, Booster, everything's crazy. We got to go through this. And I thought it was nice to go. And with that, and well, that's the thing is, like you talked about before, with the idea of Ted Cord here finally not being a sad sack with everything. And the thing is, we say sad sack because it's even a weird situation where he's a sad sack, but not because he is so void of emotion throughout this. For all the bad things we have doing, it feels very odd. But if you've been reading Blue Beetle for a while, doing different things, a lot of the times what you will get with this is Booster being Booster, obviously, and Ted being pissed off because he's just Blue Beetle. Like after Doomsday, almost kicked his ass. He was having, like, the yips so bad about doing superhero because he almost died. Doomsday tore him apart. And even leading into, like, you know, when Maxwell Lord killed him, he realized shit was wrong, but nobody would take him seriously because he's only fucking Blue Beetle. So Sad Sack Blue Beetle is a mainstay of the character, but like the idea that we've been talking about throughout all the reviews of this series, I don't want to be stuck in the past anymore. I want new things with these characters, not their greatest hits presented to you with a new package. Exactly. And, and I like when you end up like, hey, these people are nuts. And that's what Booster, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Explain. And then he says, and this could be the sad sack moment again, because he says, listen, I'm from the future. And until recently, you were flying around in a giant mechanical bug. Our, you know, so our answers, And he could have been upset because he doesn't have anything anymore. And that could have been no. a woe is me moment. But it isn't because then he says our own stories is as crazy as theirs. And I like this idea because Ted is the realistic guy. He's smart and all that. And he goes, in other words, who are we to have doubts? I'm like, all right. High five. Let's go. Yeah, I want them to. I want Booster in his crazy enthusiasm to actually convince Ted of things. Not, oh, Booster, you jerk. You did this and that, whatever. But there is the bit that I liked. And this is where I'll turn and I have to go back now to read it exactly. Or maybe it is forward. It's when Rip shows up. When Rip does show up to 
try to save them, but doesn't kind of because, you right, know, right. the big fight's going on. Amazon versus Blue and Gold. They're going because they're threatening these people. They have to step in. And so Rip comes in and says, and, and she says, you already said it. Oh, my God, Rip Hunter, like, he is known. He's, he's a big guy. And he's like, listen, hey, uh, she says, perhaps they aren't as insignificant as I assume to Rip about Blue and Gold. And he says, yeah. oh, they have been and will be far more important than you could know. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Eric was just Spoilers. talking about the idea that the Justice League being dead, are we going to go back to that almost JLI type I, I, feel yeah. and whatever? I'm Lesser like, characters making the main roster. Of my idea, like, is this because, yeah, this could just be in this series. He means yeah. it. It feels bigger than that. It could just that. be a throwaway line. It could be. But to me, it, it almost was like, oh, my God, maybe Eric is right. Maybe we're going to get and the idea of this whole series and even brought up again. Justice League doesn't think we're anything. They kicked us out. Maybe we do get that when the Justice League goes down, which would be cool because Blue and Gold should be on that team, even if it isn't a JLI team necessarily, but it'd be cool. But really, like you said, it doesn't really do much with Rip Hunter. Well, ends up getting like, my it doesn't control. matter what, what, like the last initial of whatever you're doing. It, the Justice League is always the Justice League, and you want to be a part of that group. Justice League bummer. But yeah, you may end Except up for Justice League Antarctica. You don't want to be a part of that. Detroit. You end up where you have I all these things. Things. Yeah, really. A lot of breakdancing. I, I don't break mind that. Vibe. I'm not good with breakdancing, Eric. I'd like to try, but I think that vibe would make fun of me. Well, at this age, you'll break a hip. Do you think vibe would actually teach me how to breakdance, or would he be afraid that I'd steal his thing and, like, really? rig it? Right? You think Vibe, a hero that we all deserve and need, is yeah. going to be jealous of like you? Like, I show up with my breaking board, right? I'm like, I got it from... A piece of cardboard. I got you. It's an f- unfolded box. I got the Alfonso Ribeiro one, Eric. Oh, okay. This is the thing. I'm a poser. No, exactly. Nobody trusts you anymore. I show up. Then, then he's like, hey, if you want to do this, you got to get the whole culture, culture. Do you know how to rap? I'm like, wait a minute. Let me get Alfonso's rap sheet out here. Alfonso had us covered back he in the did. day. He had the rap sheet and everything. And, and all it was was like, this rhymes with that. Hey, I'm Jim, and I'm back in the day. Hey, what do you have to Look, the thing say. is, you say that like it was It was just this. I look up rhymes to words all the time trying too. to create something for like head, like the headers to our reviews or something like that. Like, I do it for what parody is this rhyme songs. With? Exactly. And I look up things for parody songs and give you ideas for oh, things. It's so the worst I'm constantly doing this. I'll be like, blue and gold. Okay, what rhymes with Mighty gold? gold. <laughs> <laughs> and then the worst then, I'm like, okay, oh, okay, the what songs have old in the touch? Like, it's a whole oh, round ring. Yeah, that's the game. Uh, but I still, I, I can do some freestyle. And this is not the title. Or, maybe it's in the chorus. Exactly. And that's all you need is the chorus. You know, I, I like to consider myself, a, a, you know, a, a modern day rapper. Eric, I like that. <laughs> is that what you do, huh? Yeah. You know. You like, know, father, husband. But no, modern day rapper you are. I don't know what's going on with Booster. I think that he is a Schuster. One of the creators of Superman? Yeah, that's what I meant, Eric. <laughs> See, okay, let me go back. Hey, what's up with, with that guy, Booster? I don't think he was made by Schuster and Siegel. I messed it up, Eric. Oh, man, I'm not as much of a rapper as I thought I was. I ended up seeing something the other day where it was like, uh, this guy r- reveals. It's like one of those where you'd see, hey, look at that. And uh, you can't call people bums anymore, I think, Eric. Like, and no. you don't even. How about hobos? Now, you'll find out this week in Nightwing, uh, well, we would have found about earlier, Eric, the idea that it's unhomed is the unhoused is the new term for homeless. Not homeless. No, unhomed. not homeless. Unhomed. Like, because you have to give the 
theory, they might get a home later. I don't know. But like, kind of like I'm unsuccessful, not successful less. Exactly. So if you know, you always see those deals behind that, maybe they're like, hey, this unhome guy sings like an angel. You know, you've seen these videos where there's a guy in the subway and they're like, hey, buddy. And he starts you singing. You say that. I, I've seen a whole movie where Jamie Foxx is playing a freaking homeless guy who can cello like nobody playing else. the cello, right? Is that what he's playing? And they're like, hey Maybe. there. They're like, do you have a dime? And then the person's like, well, what are you going to give me? Because I'm an asshole. Well, how about this? You know, yeah, that, well, they had a video like that was. There, hey, there's this guy, and man, he can rap. You would never know. So I'm like, all right, you got me. I hit it. This guy was the worst. I mean, he was like me. Hey, my name is a bum, and I'm here to say. I'm like, no, no, no. I get made fun of that. Stop it, buddy. These are the things I watch, Eric. I should be I watching know. real stuff. Oh, my goodness gracious. And Blackpink videos. Keep watching more Peacemaker. Don't watch those. I'm up to uh, the current episode. I have to watch oh, yeah, the yeah. new episode. Yeah, I love it. I actually was like, Man, I'm going to get Logan to, oh my God, look at that sex going on. Look at that vagina picture. Yeah, so I, I ended up not pushing it that way. But plus they have to watch Suicide Squad still. How old is he now? He's 15. Uh. He's 15, but you know, he did go and see Deadpool in the theater when it came out. How many years ago? He was like six. <laughs> no, oh my God. And again, Time the, the thing about this is, is the, I don't want to push. Look, you can see stuff. all the violence you want, but no naked ladies. He can watch. I told him about it, but I'm not going to watch it with him. That would make me very, very uncomfortable. It's like when you, you're a kid and, and like some nude lady comes on HBO and you pretend you're hiding your face because you want your parents to think that you're a good boy, but then they get the wrong idea. Right? <laughs> Look at this kid. What is he doing over there? Oh, my goodness gracious. But you end up with Rip Hunter coming in and like, hey, I'm down with this and the Booster Golds and the, the Teds. And you end up on Truth the side. told. Um, this on ends up, you know, mind controlling him deal and then zaps him out, goes back to their her home planet. And that's the idea of this. And it becomes, again, this could be a lot of sat and not even satire. It could be a lot of commentary and it's there, but it's not done in a way that's overbearing. The idea of colonization and the idea it's of this, this planet. It's such a weird idea went, for like, you know, like people of our world throughout history claiming things to be their own. Almost like, you know, how we have the, the flag on the moon because, you know, America got there first and stuff like that. But like, oh, dibs. Pretty much that's all it is. You know, 70,000 years ago, the king of this planet goes and called dibs or something like that. And now, who's mankind to say that he doesn't own? Because that bitch was there first. Now, am I going to be canceled, Eric, and saying that I kind of agree with (laughs) This is the idea in in our day and age. I'm not kneeling down to this asshole. Well, what I'm saying, I wouldn't either. But what I'm saying is you're trying to play it off as if, you know, hey, look at the Europeans came and wiped out the Indians. That's a different story. They were already here. You know, you came. The idea. This guy's just looking for a present. He came before humanity called dibs. You kind of have to give him dibs, but also you have to go with the idea. Maybe you should learn about us and talk about us. And you kind of left us here anyway, right? So, you know, you're the clockwork god. You are. But honestly, the thing is, all he's looking for right now is the saying, okay, you're our ruler. Here's a present. And he's cool. This guy and and his his daughter, they, they. pretty much been gone for that many years if, if yeah what all right have they? Well, I, I just feel like whatever you kind of look like the fugionaut so i kind of dig that look so it's you're funny in. too i say i'm not kneeling to this asshole or anything like yeah, that me like, and you would be on our knees quicker than you would ever is, believe. I, I just don't want to be bothered do whatever you want take over the world fuck it i don't care <laughs> me and you are there I, I'll, I'll be ted you you're more of a booster just right? don't bother me i'm playing did, switch right did now that playoff that's supposed to sound like giffen i but you end up where hey kneel to me and say i'm the ruler uh, uh, all right 
Whatever. You're but he's kind of bad, cool, and Kiffin. I don't know if I'm going to do yeah, that. I, seriously, that I might not get back up. Help me back up. <laughs> I need him. Like, I have to reassure that. Part of the deal is you got to get your ass over here and pull me up. But yeah, at the end, I'm like, eh, it doesn't seem I that just bad. imagine the idea, though, because Moose is going to be all blowhard about it. Like, we ain't kneeling to nobody, buddy. And like, the whole thing is like, okay, you two shall fight to the death then. So it's just going to be like Kirk and Spock fighting. They're going to have to figure out a way to get out of there and not kill each other. Put it in my review, Eric. <laughs> I specifically said, Kirk and Spock, and it better and the thing be. Is, I'm here for it because it's silly, but I do still want to say and it. And the funny thing is, I thought that right away. That That is fun. But then when I read it again for the podcast, I'm like, are they just going to have to fight something else? Because I really dun, dun, want them to dun, fight. Dun, to get, dun, I want dun, them to dun, fight dun, like Kirk dun, and Spock. Dun, dun, dun. But I think they might be thrown into the thing where they have to fight together against something else. This better be a two-man enter, one-man leave Thunderdome situation. That's what I, I want. don't want this. Here's the thing what's weird. It's like, hey, I told your father they'd be unreasonable. Okay, in that case, I sentence you both to death by combat. Now, he is sentencing to death. So what happens if they win? I mean, do you just... How do you it, win? Oh, I'm sorry. In your scenario, that's yeah, the thing. I'm it's, saying okay. either. I mean, even if the idea... Say... You Look, know, I'm not a good king. I'm Lord Kiffin over here. Like, I make Ted Cord kill Booster Gold, and I'm shooting him in the head Maxwell Well, that's Lord what style. I'm saying. Why not just kill him Fool now? You. I mean, you're going to have some fun for a little, but it doesn't seem like he wants to show. It just kind of is like, that'll prove his point. It's a little weird, but we'll see how it goes down. But I do like, again... I said I would kneel quicker than Superman on wash day. Is, is that a saying, Eric? Superman on what? Is he, like, washing down by the river? Like, what are we doing no, here? I'm I'm folding, though, but I, I made it. It was a joke. Eric. Okay, it didn't play all right. But you end up where I'm ready to just give up. I would. And I'd like seeing Booster actually, in a legit way, not goofy here. He's pissed. And he says there's no way. Still kind of goofy. Yeah, well, he says we don't kneel to anyone, dude, ever. And then Ted's like, well, maybe you should talk about it. And he's like, no, no, it's a hard no, dude. Buddy, this one time we have to stand our ground. Then it ends up like, ooh, can I have a reset? You know, a Zach, you know, timeout deal. But I thought that it was good to see them all fired up like that. And, and you're getting more of a blue and gold feel in this whole issue than we have. We had a lot of fun with it, but a little veering off to in different directions. But, yeah, I liked it. And I thought that the idea, even with the social media, especially, you get off Earth. So don't you care don't have to have, We don't have much of it in this. This is the least that we've had overall. And I think that the idea with the two girls meeting, they were most of the social media. I think they're done now. They're just going to hang out together. And so that gets it out. It's a little late to be like, yeah, this thing isn't working. But I'm just glad that we didn't get a lot of it. And you're not going to get that. It'd be funny if you got it on Omnison's planet there where they have oh their own Oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mind because it's going to be like crushing Lobo or just social media in space. Space social media <laughs> is what you have there, Eric. You, you don't understand. There's a lot of space things. And uh, with that, though, I did enjoy this. I no, did enjoy I like it more. I this one a lot for the, like, the first time. I actually have no idea what, what I gave the other ones, but I feel like I'm going to give it the same thing I always give, even though I enjoyed this more just because I can't remember what I give. But I feel like this is a straight seven for me. Like, you yeah, know, I'm it's a seven a, five. It's a, it's a decent book, so maybe I'm, gonna say, nah, I'm not going to seven five, but it's not bad. The art's good. I can almost get to eight. But not quite, but I'm a sem five, you know, between there and whatnot. It's but yeah, down I like the line. It. It's one of the better issues in this series, though, and I do appreciate it because it feels like we're finally doing some booster blue and gold kind of stuff. And it's just, I don't know, the story still just hasn't grabbed me. Like the Amazon thing was just like, you know, put off to the side, like, I'm going to teleport you to Louisiana or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that's like, what it's seen. Look, like, we had a problem with that just because the idea you have blue and gold. They even here, bring it like, up here. You, you teleported her away. 
whoever she kills on the way back is yeah, it's on you now in my mind, but I, like I don't here, care. They end up saying, well, can't we get, you know, teleport to, Mars? Teleport to Mars? Like, no, she's just going to come back. Like, oh, now you have to deal with it, do you? And it seemed like this is a weird series. It's five issues into an eight-issue miniseries, and yet it feels like it's had three resets. Yeah. And, and I'm talking resets as an editorial swims in it. Like, no, you can't do that. Or we got to do this. We got to get onto that. It shouldn't feel like that. This actually feels like pretty much the first issue of me enjoying this to the point where, all right, me I too. like a blue and gold book. Yeah, and so I want fun. a blue and gold book. So, yeah, I just it like the idea. The it is. And, uh, you know, it's like Machine Head. You end up where it just feels like this is what we wanted all along. And even the fun of the people showing up. It and if we continue on and we have Ted and Michael friggin' going at a Kirk and Spock style, I'm all about that, too. And seriously, that would be the next issue, right, Eric? And I've yeah. seen the solicits. I'm not going to spoil too much. But Jaime Reyes shows up in issue seven. Holy shit. All I've seen really is the cover. And it is it's a booster. They're hugging Jaime with Ted Jealous in the background because that's not <laughs> me. That's not the blue beard. So that it, it looks like that'd be some fun, too. And we love Jaime. So and finally getting some more Jaime Reyes in a freaking book. Seriously, that's cool. So with all of that, yeah, I am pretty more I'm, I'm positive about this and looking forward to the next issue for the first time in a while. So with that, though, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Nightwing. My book of the week is the Batman The Night, number one. A Z Night, Eric. I'm still Z-Night. talking to the friend. Hey, it's Z Night when I find you in the alleyways, man. You're still talking about You didn't do it the entire section of books. Hello, my ladies. It just kind of came back, Eric. You know how things go, wink, wink. Hey, everybody. Here's the books that we're going to be talking about next week. I wonder which ones will be on the Patreon spotlight, but I also wish which one's going to be Eric's book of the week. Who would ever think it? I don't know. But here they are. Two of these will be on the Patreon spotlight where the badasses of the Get Fresh crew pick two books because, you know, Eric, they're weirdos. That's what they are there. Boing. You end up having Action Comics number 1039. I don't know about you, but Eric told me that that book is bad to the bone. Oh, my God. I, I never said that. That was a delay. Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target number four. I don't know about you, but Eric said that one's bad to the bone. He bad to the bone so much. <laughs> uh, that one's not bad to the bone, Eric. And that's one where, again, Action Comics 1039, I think that if you are a DC fan, and you're reading a bunch of books. I think that's one that should be on your pull list. That's I agree. just me personally. I think that it's a very well done story. Upping the Annie and pretty much bad to the bone. <laughs> Uncleman Green <sighs> Green Arrow Deep Target. Yeah. Green Arrow Deep Target. You could keep that, you know, down there. What's Doctor Dinosaur up to next week? We'll find that one. Well, he, Doctor Dinosaur. He's mad about his fingers. I Who mean, we it? already know this. I wouldn't want dinosaur fingers myself. I'd be very upset, Eric. If you were going to get some sort of animal fingers, what I'm would you like? Man. Would you? You're oh, a wolfman. Animal fingers. Oh. I just want to be a wolfman. I don't even have the the sound. <laughs> you just you just want to be a wolfman. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't say made up things. I I wanted you to like. It's like, hey, what animal would you like to be? Dracula. What if it's a wolfman's a legitimate thing? He is a wolfman. He is not. That is that is a made up thing. <laughs> well, so and the wolfman does have wolf kind of night. wolfman. Well, you could be that. I want to be one by afternoon. Oh, it's uh, a day but walker. With that, I think that of the animal fingers, I'd like elephant fingers because in my mind they're trunks. 
And then I get <laughs> I like don't think you understand how things work. I don't know how things work, Eric. I don't. You're the trunk fingers. If you would, we'll go back to the idea. Of, like, would you rather have snakes for hair? Or hair for snakes, Eric. That is one to ponder for this week. We'll talk hair about for that snakes. next week. Yes, that's my new beauty product. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. DC versus vampires number four. Correct. Again, if you're somebody like one Eric Shea who shies away from the hypertime slash elseworld stories, I think that this one, like Eric Shea, you could enjoy, and we're really liking it. So that's another thing. And where we talk about some books and talk about the idea that you know, DC has to kick some things in. Let's get some sales. There are some real books that we really bangers. like right now. There are bangers. I even had that as a black pink uh, noise uh, sound effect, and I got rid of that because you don't like that. Deathstroke Inc. Like number five. Deathstroke Inc. number five. Uh, again, a book that I don't really feel like people have figured out that they need to read yet. And I think it's a book that a lot of people, if you ended up quizzing some, they wouldn't even know it's a book. It feels like that weird deal to me. I agree. The idea, you know what I mean? Like it's like it's out there, but not many people are aware. And I think that that's another one that we like enough. It's getting better as it goes. It's a solid seven to a seven point five. It is, and for some people, that would be enough to you know end up buying it. I'm in. I like it, so we'll see. And I think it's going to be more and more important, especially when we get to that whole deal. The Shadow War is that what they call it? Yes, coming up with the War. Batman stuff. It should be more and more important. And he ended up even having the idea that Joshua Williamson stuff should all be pretty important. Detective Comics number 1050, that Shadows of the Bat Part 4, The Tower Part and 4. And the boy. And things with the boy. Let the baby. Let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. We'll see I'll how try. that goes. We'll see what's happening there. Bang. It is a banger. Harley Quinn number 11. It's a book that kind of lost on me now. We get Kevin, which we like, right? But that's a book that, you know, I, I need to know what we're going to be doing better. going forward. Now that we're that's out what of fear state and tied up the Harley Quinn poison ivy stuff, like, where do we go from here? That's kind of what I meant. It's like a book that I don't really know what, what to say about and what's going on. But you're right. It needs a solid direction now after fear state. So we'll see if that gets it going. Justice League number 71. All right. Um, we're getting close I, to I, the end, everybody. I wonder how that it's a Justice League book. It should be big, right? You yes. end up having some things going on in that, but we know, you know as well flush as I guy, do. Jim. Oh, yeah, I'm going to flush that. I'll use the plunger on that, too. And with that, I don't want to, like, you sit the on the... flush sound effect, too. I, do, I don't want to have it here. <laughs> I, I don't want to end up where I sit down and my balls are hitting the toilet paper, though. And the toilet paper, yes, that means the king is there. I, right? I don't know what's happening. Do you got that? He's, you know... Uh, but with that, what I was going to ask you seriously, Eric, seriously, is the idea of, we talk about it all the time and it always blows our mind. But when a book is announced to be canceled or change, you know, creative teams or whatever, you usually see a real drop off oh, of yeah. the sales. Now, with this, it's a weird deal where they've announced that the issue after Brian Michael Bendis leaves is the huge thing. And it'll 75. End it. So what happens from here? Like, how much of a jump are you going to have for a weird last issue? Because it's going to be huge. Because nobody. But I think people are just going to say, "Well, this doesn't mean anything." In the last couple issues of this, they just completely bail. But we'll see. If they're still around to begin with. Yeah, that's the thing. We we haven't been really liking it or, or and with that anyway. But with that, I'm going down back there. up. Is that still going on? Or is it done? I now? don't know. That's why I said. I, I think this. If it isn't. 
because that annual that annual came out and that was issues ahead from what we were yeah. previously and we might have this caught might up to be that the now. last one i don't know yeah i don't know either it might be over i have no idea we have a couple other things going on superman and robin special number one the fucking vampires they might be i think that this is more of the super sons all growed up i i don't Task Force Z, number four. We like it. Yeah. We, we dig it. We talk about I it. I want right? to continue to see Jason Todd kill Bane. It is kind of funny that it just keeps on coming out. I think you got to separate that from the week with DC versus Vampires. But, you know, you get them together. Teen Titans Academy, number 11. Oh, my. Who, who is that is Red, Red X? X? <laughs> Are we ever going to find out? Do we know if there well, is an issue? How is going to unleash I, the unkindness? I even read the Solicits. I have a Solicits podcast on Patreon, and I can't tell you that there's been, like, the moment you've all been waiting for, we reveal who Red X is. I think that this just keeps on me. Like, we just about. talked about before during the Green Lantern book that, you know, we have to do something. We have to move into a direction, get a new writer or something to get a Green Lantern fans back on track. Got to do the same goddamn thing with Teen Titans. And we talked about it. I talked about it earlier. Flash 778 coming out. And I'm really interested in that. Not because of a clip. So and Maxine Baker. And the glaive. You know what that is? Sounds like a the dance cosmic club. Glaive on I said the cosmic glaive sounds like some. Breaker. It's a dance club that I end up doing rave stuff, and I have one of them binkies in there. And Just I the idea my hair. that I say these things. Eclipso came down in a cosmic glaive. A bunch of people came after, but you know who Eclipso possessed? You know the old Justice League villain Starbreaker, the cosmic vampire, and then they went off the gem world to turn the entire planet into an antenna to make Eclipso's influence go multiversal wide. Rave, Eric. And with that, what we are interested in, we ended up having Maxine Baker, the daughter. And probably still Avatar of the Red in this book, you know, Buddy's daughter. And yeah, and and with that, well, she is, but she's kind of pushed aside there until she's old enough. It's almost like he's the interim deal, and you get, but that's cool. And we were looking forward to see what's going on. I want to find out if Cliff is alive yet again, still. Yeah, I want to know with Cliff as well. Socks, all those things going on. And we did have, and there was talk about it in the Slack, even with the idea that there was that. You know, menacing shadow. And we said, boy, that looks like Blockbuster. And then later I realized it's probably Mammoth. Me and you were talking about it because it doesn't make sense for it to be Blockbuster, which we said. Oh, no, no, I'm saying it it made no sense to be Blockbuster. But the size of that character is like this can be four people. It can be, I think it was like it's Blockbuster, Solomon, Grundy, Mammoth, or somebody else that I told you. Dark Side. Something crazy. Yeah, you can't have those in the end with that. It would be funny, Solomon Grundy would be kind of neat. And he's just there. Because he saw a girl with the flower down near the maybe pond, he's doing right? Stuff in Harley, maybe that is true. I like him in Harley, though. I hope that he continues with that. That reminds me a lot of when you would have Croc show up and say, like the Catwoman book or Genevieve Valentine. Run. Well, you he see that for some the- reason it reminds me of like you know Solomon Grundy in the sewer talking to Harley and actually getting through to her because it's just Solomon Grundy not really saying anything. It's like Calabra and Talon in the Suicide Squad. That book. That is true. That is true. It was funny because I was going to make a joke. Because of the idea of this new team coming up, one of the things on the solicits with Zaz being in the Task Force Z. Yeah. And I messed, I messed it up with the actual Suicide Squad book when people were saying, oh, man, he'll have to get more tallies. I was going to make this great joke with Talon being the tally because that's ah. what yeah, Calebra calls him. Yep. It didn't work, though. Cause it the same book. And then I realized that's a different one. What am I, a dummy like Darren? And yes. yeah, you end up yes, having all. So we'll see because we have a ton of books and we have Jess's birthday coming up. Lady Jessica is turning, I don't know, 73. And we can't, wow. we can't record on, on one of the days and we have a ton of books and we have been planning on doing Human Target. We're all caught up with that. We're ready to go. 
I don't know if we're going to be able to with all the books, but Human Target number four comes out. And then if we don't do it this time, we'll, we'll hit the number five. Wonder Girl number seven comes out there. Final there issue. you go, Wonder Girl. Yeah, doing that. And then you, it's funny, too, because, again, like the idea of, oh, no more Justice League. And we said, well, they could play the game or whatever. Final issue of Wonder Girl. You're going to have the next issue that was already solicited come in as a backup. But then you legitimately have Joel Jones writing and write, writing and, and drawing the Trial of the Amazons, Wonder Girl number one and two or something like that. So they, it's not she's not going away. It's just, just the, the, the idea of that book. And maybe what will happen is something will come out of the Trial of the Amazons that I think will put her in a ongoing just as a side character. We'll have to see. Who knows? Because all this stuff really hinges on what they're doing with this death of the Justice League. Are they going to do, like you have said, maybe that purge again that they did back in the day? Or are they just going to go with the books as usual but change characters in them? I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what the real The implosion of DC Comics led to some really good stuff after that in the 70s. And they're at a point where there's a lot of stuff at the bottom level of sales, and maybe they have to get rid of some of the things to come back bigger and better. But I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. The big tell, if anybody, you know, is interested, will be the next bunch of solicits to see if things are canceled or if they're changing up and things like that. But that's for next month's problems. That's future Jim and Eric sure there. Is. But with all that, again, two of those will be on the Patreon. Yes, with the at patreon.com slash weird science where you can get our weekly spotlight podcast that I did put one up from earlier at the beginning of this month. I put it up this week on the regular feed. If you haven't listened to that, it's us talking about Crush Lobo number eight, the finale to that series, and also the Dark Knights of Steel number three, just to give people a little idea of what we do over on the Patreon. It's kind of the same thing, but we do end up being a little more expansive in the talk. I think that was those two books. It was like an hour and 30 minutes or something nonsense. But with all of that, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody who mailed in all of that. Thanks for listening. As always, if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, really help us out. Yeah, it would. And we like to see that. It, it makes us like it's very much that vacuum that we talk at a point you don't know who's listening or whatnot, and that ends up getting us like, oh man, somebody is listening. There right. are three people. That's awesome. So yeah, we always like that, and we we would like to think that we put in the time and effort to get that right. I, I think so, Eric. But with all of that, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the regular books. Head up to potential futures with all new looks. But I'm looking forward to march back to the regular DC line. When I leave future state behind. I've seen all the Batman stuff with the peacekeepers and the magistrate. I don't mind the next Batman, but he 